Welcome to the Pulp MX Show, presented by Motosport.com, Fly Racing and Decal Works. Coming to you live from Las Vegas, right outside the Lion's Den, with your host, Steve Mathis. And now, strap in and get ready. It's showtime. I just don't like the guy. The guy's just a douchebag. Yeah. Welcome, everybody, to the Pulp and Beck Show, presented by Motorsport.com. Decal Works Fly Racing coming at you. 2024 is here. It's Tuesday, January 2nd. We're entering the 14th year of doing this little thing called the Pulp MX Show. And I'm excited, man. Really happy for my in-studio guest tonight, too. Uh, he's a, a past Supercross champion, good friend of mine, a grade-A bench racer. So really looking forward to having him to talk about the Anaheim 1 kicking off this weekend. We got the, the great Tim Ferry calling in. We got the great Rick Johnson calling in and the great Jeff Ward calling in as well. 702-586-7857 is the number to call. Anaheim 1 coming right up, man. And there's lots to get into. When you look at the list of guys lining up for the 450 main event, like some dude is going to get like 11th and he's going to be so mad and so angry. And there's no none of these guys that is sitting there being like, I hope I get 11th at Anaheim 1. But the field is that deep. There's that many guys. When you do start doing the math, you start thinking, wow. So we're going to try to get into that tonight on the show. 702-586-7857. Give us a call. And uh, we can talk some Anaheim 1 and whatever else is on your mind. But really, Anaheim 1 should be all that's on your mind. Um, I'm Steve Mathis. Motorsport.com. Fly Racing. Decal Works. X-Brand Goggles. Race Tech Suspension and Engines. Renthal. Michelin Motorcycle Tires. Acherbys. Firepower Batteries and Chains. Maxima USA. Pro Filter. ORW. OGO Power Sports. FMF. Guts Racing. Atlas Neck Brace. MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com. Works Connection, Get Data, WUSA, Wisco Piston, EVS, MTX Braking. I want to welcome on Factory Chassis Parts. I want to welcome on LiftedTrucksForSale.com. They're joining our little band of uh, rebels here on the Pulp Mech Show, and we appreciate it. We'll tell you more about them later. There's also links on the PulpMechShow.com website with all the codes to save, whether it's Works Connection, whether it's OGO, Maxima, uh, all of these guys. They got There's codes most of these guys. There's codes there to save. And, uh, yeah, we appreciate you guys. Uh, Great radio. You know, listening and tuning in and all of that. If you're watching on YouTube, we appreciate it. If you're listening on the podcast, we appreciate it. The show brought to you by ExpressVPN, by the way, uh, presented without comment on that. Uh, thank you for listening. My in-studio guest, this gentleman uh, is 125 Supercross champion. He's former factory rider. He has his own uh, uh, fantasy motocross game. He started uh, in the industry as an agent, as a goggle guy. Uh, he's done it all. He's a arena cross god as well. Denny Stevenson, what's up, Debo? How are you? 
I'm great. Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks for having me out. First yeah. show of the year. Yeah, no pressure, but we're starting off you yeah, know, with you. No one else yeah. is here. I think it's the first time I've ever been in studio by myself. I'm in the uh, palatial home of the Mathis family yep. in the Pulpamex. Uh, Upper middle class house. Very nice, beautiful home. I love the, all the keepsakes, all the jerseys. We've been talking about it all, yeah. already. I feel like we've already done a show. You know, I've been here for a couple hours catching yeah. up. I haven't yeah. seen you in a while, so yeah. thank you again for having me. And It's uh, great to have you, man. Yeah. Absolutely. You, uh, like I said, besides, you know, like... You're a factory rider, a Supercross champion. You raced all these arena cross stuff. You did the Supercross on TV one year. Like, besides all that, like, you are a huge fan and a huge bench racer of the sport. Like, you love it. Absolutely. You know, I mean, um, that's why I love hanging out and talking with you is, is you're the same uh, – we joke that, you know, that we don't want to be known as only racers, but this is what we've done. The industry, yeah. I'm a huge fan. I'm watching every Saturday night with my dad. Yeah. Um, I'm on websites. I'm on social media. It's a great fucking sport, man. Yeah. And uh, I'm addicted to it. Uh, I think that was a big problem when I was racing. I was still a fan when I was racing. Yeah, you so, sometimes probably like... Bale would pass you, and you'd be like, "I can't beat him." That's John yeah. Michelle Bale. Like, I think someone called it one time Jersey watching. Yeah, you know? yeah. I'd yeah. be like, "Well, I don't want to mess anyone's race up here." Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. This is gonna be a great year of racing. I'm stoked. Um, we people like to say it's probably the most stacked, but uh, every year it's the most stacked. Yeah, I, I, I'm not saying that, but it is stacked. It's but stacked. I'm not. But who knows if it's the most ever? And yeah. I love the first round. I love being here before the first round because, yeah. as everyone said, everyone still thinks they got a shot. Yep. And about two rounds in, they realize where they're going to be, yep. eighth through twelfth. Yep. Um, but this first round of any series, outdoors, indoors, arena cross, whatever yep. it might be, everybody believes right now they've yep. worked the hardest. They got the best bike. Last year at Anaheim, he's a good friend of mine, Christian Craig. He was quickest in the first session, which doesn't count, but he was quickest in the first session. Right. Then he crashed in the second session, and then that night he got 12th or something, and he was shook after the race. You know, you, and you've been there. You, you put the boot camp in. Yeah. Maybe not with the boot camp with you, but, no, but, but you put the work in, <clears throat> Yeah, and you show up. Race speed's completely different in practice. Speed. And you get 12th, yeah. you know, and someone is going to do that this weekend. Like, there's going to be a guy who's like, ah, I'm a top five guy, and yep. he's going to get his doors blown off at A1. Absolutely. And be like, holy shit. And that was a big, you know, Craig is a great example. I really thought he'd come in with guns a-blazing uh, with his speed. He's done on Honda in the previous, on 450s, yeah. and Yamaha. And uh, my buddy Checkers, uh, race tech guy, is was adamant. He wasn't going to do what he's going to what I anticipated Craig doing. Uh, new team and stuff, but again, yeah, it's it's, it's tough. Supercross is a gnarly yeah. sport, and to survive now twenty minutes plus one lap, yeah, it's fucking gnarly, man. We uh, were throwing it back today with our guests. We were kicking around ideas on text for guests, yeah, and and then it <clears throat> kind of came to me like, you know what? Let's make this an all like old school throw because like what if we if we call up a rider right now. They're just going to be like, yeah, man, uh, my bike's awesome. I've never been in better shape. I can't wait. They've got nothing else to say other than the corporate yeah, stuff. Yeah, right we're going to wait yeah. and see Anaheim. So Believe in the process. <laughs> Rick Johnson, Jeff Ward, I mean, awesome icons. Yes. Uh, guys, like, guys I had on my wall as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And guys who are, aren't afraid to shoot it straight now, right? So looking forward to having those two on. And then there's Absolutely. this guy named Tim Ferry. Red Dog. Uh, I know him well. Yep. Uh, he's an icon in my eyes. He's not quite Ross Pedersen. But you know he's up there. He's up there. He's up there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I've got a I've got a great idea for a game for you later. Uh, I think it's like, I think it's good. You know, we did the rent to Danny. Yeah, that was great. That went well. <laughs> um, we did that. Uh, this this is going to be like a a three degrees of Danny. Three degrees three degrees separation of Danny. Oh yeah. Because I feel 
I'm going to throw you some names later on. And I feel like you have a degree to anybody I'm going to throw at you of some sort. Of some sort. The 90s were fun, whether it was on the track or off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, of course, the last time you were in studio was with Chicken. Yeah, I didn't even realize that. You were here with Ping? I hear Ping. Came here with Ping. I came here with Cody Gilmore one time. Cody Gilmore, okay. And um, I think I was in another time, but then Chicken and I were in the last one, which was an insane process. And it was all time. Yeah, he got married for the eighth time to the same uh, woman. Um, Ruby. 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 We we met in Japan and Fukuoka when we were over there and raced. And Chicken lived up to the standard of Jeff. Uh, Happily, he made it here. And uh, the chaos and the and the wedding that went on before we he, came into he, the show. He yeah. was unbelievable. You and him were great. It was amazing. And, yeah, he's a brother for and life. he showed up. And he, he uh, put it, it am- in. Yeah. yeah. It was great. He gave us a few good drops, too, yeah. as well. Check out my boat, dude. <laughs> when Jeff, uh, like you said, we don't you don't know how it's going to start, but once it's rolling, mm-hmm. look out. And he's not afraid to tell stories, no. which is awesome because some guys like to edit themselves because they're a little bit more corporate. But Jeff's like, fuck it. This is what I did, dude. Yeah. Uh, taking the calls over there in the corner, holding things down. He's going to start 2024 off with a bang. Best ever. The Talent Taylor. What's up, Talent? What's up? So your, your cable was unplugged for the sun drops? Okay. That, that was me. Oh, okay. Which uh, one's Baba I... Booey? Uh, that, <laughs> the, that guy with the hat. That's oh, Baba Booey. Yeah. Uh, what's up, Talent? Everything good? Yeah, we're good. Oh, Starting 2024 off. Yeah, let's... Let's let's try to strive and be better than ever. Deal. Okay. Uh, working the camera over there, the Travis Marks. What's up, Marks? Hello. What's going on? Just happy to be here with my good friend Denny. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Well, we we squashed all the beefs. We that squashed was... it. Hugged, we've talked before, yeah. and then uh, yeah. hugged it out. Right. There was a little we social media. It. We hugged it out like men do. It was, it was a drunken uh, rage night on me, and uh, <laughs> yeah. I admit it. Yeah. 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 Uh, I can, yeah. You if I'm gonna say in. stupid shit. I'll take I'll take the blame. For and you that. called in, and we hashed it on. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. On yeah. There. I remember that. Yeah. It was great. Nothing um, but love. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, looking forward to having Wardy, Ferry, Rick Johnson on. Johnson's got some sort of deal where you can watch the races with him and Bailey. Uh, going to watch the 86, 86 Anaheim, Anaheim. Yeah. Um, so yeah, looking forward to to talking about that. Um, Pulp Fantasy, you saw the news last week. It's not great on our end. It's not great on your end, on the people that can't uh, play. But be nice. We understand it. It's not something we wanted to do. Uh, we did a podcast, though, uh, on the Steve Mathis Show feed, uh, brought to you by the folks at Renthal. Maybe explains a little more. Myself, Paul Parabinos, and Travis jumped on it as well. And so there's a lot of answers to the questions in there. And signups are going to be open real soon for Anaheim 1. Uh, and we're working on it. And we're working on adding more states. And be patient. And let's try to get this thing going. Uh, but we just know that we we feel bad. But it is what it is. And we're moving on. And, yeah, pulpmexfantasy.com. Keep rolling. <clears throat> it's a... Get yourself. A, a, game, get, a game we created. Compose yourself. You don't have to get choked up we about it. It's a game we created <laughs> that apparently a lot of people were really mad about that couldn't play. So uh, that was, you know, eye-opening a little bit. People are passionate about Moto, and especially yeah. when it comes to get fantasy and games. I mean, we were talking earlier about fantasy football. We've all played a little yeah. bit, and uh, 
we like cussing people out. It's just not nice to be, yeah. you know, take the bullet for something you're, you don't have uh, yeah. any control over, you know. Fantasy yeah. football's easy. No, oh, really. <laughs> this fucking guy plays fantasy football for the first time. He's he never wins. played ever, right? No. Not, not even, does no. he even watch football? I don't I, know. I never really watched football He's a baseball this fan, season. probably, right? Or, nah, I mean. No, but never watched hockey. it even. Come in. Well, no. He's clearly smart with numbers, yeah. and it's all about numbers. Yeah. You know, I'm well, a numbers guy. I love I, numbers. I took, down, I took down Steve in round one. I took down Benny in round two, and I took down Cade for the championship. Yeah, cool. You, you kind of, uh, you, st- you st- uh, sketch. Stanked him, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right in the throat. I punted Just him. Took him right off over the berm. Him. Uh, hey, thanks to the folks at EVS Sports. By the way, we are launching next week. EVS Sports presents LVK More Than Moto Pod. Lewis uh, Phillips and Kellen Brower, a couple of co-hosts that have been in here. We're going to start a podcast with those two guys debating moto, uh, debating some off moto stuff as well. Really looking forward to having those two guys. And EVS stepped up for that show as well. So thanks to the folks at EVS Sports. Is that Pulp- still Todd Lentz? Yep, still yep. Todd's still doing something in there. Awesome. Yep. Nice. Uh, Pulp 30 is the code to save on anything from knee pads to shoulder braces, EVS Sports. We are protection. RJ Hampshire, Kyle Chisholm, Axel Hodges, Pastrana, all wear EVS and have established themselves as the leaders in innovation and technology when it comes to designing protection gear for today's motocross riders. So Kellen and Lewis's new podcast titled by EVS. Thank you to those guys. And use the code Pulp30 to save. And Danny Stevenson brought to you by the folks at Decal Works. You know, Omaha, Illinois, not not that far away. Not that. It's Midwest. Uh, so thanks to the folks at Decal Works. Uh, PulpMX24 is the code to save at decalmx.com. Official gear, official graphics, I should say, of the Red Bull KTM guys. So we had Sexton on a couple weeks ago, and he immediately talked about his roots at Decal Works and using Decal Works. And oh, yeah. Great company, great guys, and the, they can design anything they, they want. And use the code PulpMX24 to save. Decal Works bringing you Denny Stevenson tonight on the show. All right, Denny, let's let's bench race a little bit here about this about this weekend. First of all, as you know, a lot of times, not every time, but a lot of times, Anaheim one is weird. Like you can't leave Anaheim thinking like, oh, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen because we've seen it. It, it, it. We've got weirdo winners, weirdo it, results. It's an anomaly. It is. Yeah. Um, take me back though. Whether it's an arena cross opener or a super cross opener in, for you yeah. in either class, like <clears throat> nerves are high, expectations are, you know. Right. Well, in 90, you know, I was going to, you know, I, I, in 88 was my first year riding 125 East Supercross. I got a fifth behind um, Mike Jones and uh, Todd DeHoop and some of the guys. I believe Valancourt was right around you. Uh, Chris Coleman, mm-hmm. you know, New Jersey guy. Um Valancourt. Valancourt was right around you. Yep, yep. 89 was um, Damon and and Kudrowski. I got third behind them. Yep. So 90, I was with Factor Suzuki. I'm going to light the world on fire. The bike was incredible. ton of testing. The bike was unreal. And the opening round, actually, I rode some 250 rounds before it got to the east. And I kind of grenaded myself a couple times and, you know, in practice. Okay. And, and I'm like, you know, I should probably get my shit together and not kill myself on this yeah. 250. I'm not even, you know, that's not why I'm hired. But Suzuki was cool enough to allow me to do it. And then opening round was Houston for the East Series. And it was an East-West yeah. together. It wasn't called shootouts back then. It was just normal. So um, I'm ready to make stuff happen. And it's crazy, you know, you test. You, you had to have been thinking coming off your third and Damon and... Mike are gone. Gone. You're the like, east. East was, uh, you know, a little bit lighter than probably the West talent at the time, and I, but I'm still ready. You know, I, I grew up at the point speeding fro, guys like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm ready to go for it. And I just kind of, you get the nerves. Your yeah. arms are going to get pumped up regardless. <laughs> right. I don't care how much you rode. Your mind's racing. Uh, again, nothing's like practice. Yeah. You know, that gate drops. Your heart spikes to 180. Yeah. 
And I'm, I think I was probably fifth or sixth trying to come through the pack. And I always, you know, Jeff does this. Uh, I'm coming up on Emig, and Jeff does kind of one of his floaters mm. over the triple. You yep. know, he kind of does a swoop. Right. So I hit the brakes, and I just double. Well, I double the triple, you know. So I case the shit out of the second one, almost fall off the bike, roll right underneath Mike Craig, and Mike Craig lands on me, but lands like on the side of mm-hmm. me. And he goes cartwheeling. I get up, my hand's all in blood. I cut my hand real bad when I landed, and I get an 18th. That's how I start yeah. my season, yeah. you know. And I didn't realize it at the time, but... Um, this is how you started your championship season. That's how I started my 1991st race, ah, 18th. Yeah. And... Weeds remembered this and presented Barry Carson with a red plate, yes, at, yeah. which I thought was awesome. I didn't realize Barry that. was third, I think, at the opener. I think he got like third or fourth, yeah. yeah. And he let, so he went into round two as the, as the points leader, right. you know, which we didn't have the red plate back yeah. then. So I had, had mentioned to uh, Weeds how that was pretty rad, you know. That yeah, Weeds has been waiting and, and wait for that for a long time. <laughs> and uh, Barry Dog, you know, Barry's awesome, obviously, yeah. uh, a, a legend in uh, New Jersey, Suzuki guy. And so he came into round two, which I believe was Atlanta. Yeah. Um, and it was at that point where I'm just like, you know, come on, get your shit together. Yeah. And I think, again, didn't that get, get that great a start. And I just kind of came to the pack and ended up winning my first round. Yeah. And then that, then the train start, started. Then it. the train started rolling. Yeah. You know, then you realize. So you talk about an opening round at Anaheim 1, like, you, if you want to <clears> yeah. talk about that. Like, yeah. So it was just, you know, the gloves were off. And, you know, then you're mad at yourself that the first round when you put yourself in that kind of hole. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, then I think I just want to run probably, like, I think eight in a row or something yep. like that. And um, Barry lost the red plate. Barry lost the red plate, yeah, and you know, and, and they had a lot of East-West rounds. Yeah. So, like I said, there was kind of a just a, a, a little difference in town in the West and the East. But I could, you yep. know, win the West the shootouts together, yep. and then make up some pretty astronomical points on Jonesy and, and, and Buell and stuff at the time, and um, and then things just went well. And so. then Mike Jones decided at some point to just try to kill you. Well, that was yeah, that, that the, was the at Dallas some point. Su- round three or four. Jones is like, okay, I just have to try to destroy Denny. Well, there was a Cotton Bowl. Um, it was an east-west round. Again, I came from like seventh and came through the pack, you know, past Craig, past Jair, past Fro, past Budman, I think. And I got to Jones. I think Grayson Goodman's leading the race, yeah. you know, local guy, a yeah. uh, friend of mine at the time I'm still. And I just kind of went to a corner and, and knocked Jones down. And I didn't even, you know, I'm just yeah. focusing going forward. Didn't even know what, was, what was the deal was. So, so then we went to Pontiac the next weekend, and I proceed to, uh, on the parade lap, I see it bounce a double before you go into the tunnel, yeah. you know, as they have. And my gas was off. Oh. And I dived to the bars. Good job, Don. On the parade lap. And so they're panicking, trying to get my bike going. You know, I think I kind of messed up one of the levers. So I'm like, shit, here we go. So we just gate drops. We go up in the Paris, up in the stands mm-hmm. like we do, and Talon Bowen falls right in front of me. Yeah. So I'm like, well, yeah. this is a great way to start this thing off. So I'm dead last. I remember that. I remember you trying to pull your bike back. Yeah, yeah. up on the hill, trying to get going right. up in the stand. So I come back, and I just start kind of picking everybody off. And I get to Jonesy, who's out front. And I, you know, unbeknownst to me, he's bad. He's, yeah. he's ready to seek he's some upset jo- about the cotton ball. And Jonesy's a big boy. Yeah. And so he proceeds to uh, make all-out carnage, you yeah. know, as we get through the, the passing. And he's center punching me. And finally hits me so hard, he, he blows up his own radiator. And uh, I end up getting the win. But uh, and then I went on years later to race with Jonesy and Arena Cross, and we watched yeah. him in freestyle, and we became very good friends later in life. But uh, yeah, so um, that's why I don't. That, that's why when people knock people down and you know carnage and, yeah. and chaos and knock, yeah. them, I'm like, man, that's baby shit. Listen, <laughs> you never race with I mean, Jonesy. JT and I get into it a lot because he hates any kind of contact. Right. Supercross is a contact sport to me. It is. And so if you're not coming at somebody in a T-bone or for aiming for the front wheel. Like you, if you have no intention of making the exit, 
I'm not down with that. Right. But if you're coming underneath the guy and you're standing him up yeah. and hitting him, I'm all good with that. You know, that's that to me is, a, is an aggressive pass. Yep. And you should expect it to receive it if you're going to dish it out. Absolutely. But I have no problem with it. It's a little bit of frontier justice in, in the sport that I love. Yep. You know? And I said that about, you know, Freeze. You know, I yeah. don't mind what Freeze does when he's knocking people down in a sense. I don't like his cross jumping. I don't like yeah. his, you know, that type of stuff. Yeah. That That's dangerous. But um, if you're aiming for it, you leave the door open and that front wheel's there, I, I would always take it. That would just, my dad kind of always taught me as younger. I, would, I rode that way in a mini. And it's a skill. It's an art. People yeah. are like, oh, it doesn't take something, nothing to knock someone down. Watch the difference of somebody who knows how to do it like Barsha yeah. against yeah. somebody who doesn't and doesn't know. They try it in every corner. Yeah. Like, you wait for a corner that right. you know. Right, that you can get it. And you do it. Oh. And uh, and if you can knock the guy down, then you just sure the hell don't have to worry about him later. Yeah. Maybe the next round or yeah. something. But um, it's, uh, a diff- it's different. You definitely don't want to piss off too many guys because if you're win- trying yeah. to go for a title, it, it'll hurt you. It'll hurt you. Okay, so uh, I probably should have prepped you a little bit before the show, but last show we did before the break, uh, we had Kiefer, Weege, and JT in here. And I asked them the number one question they had for Supercross 2024. And JT, of course, waffled, and it got really weird with this question. <laughs> but, like, and again, I should have prepped you, but, you know, from, from Jet to Chase to, to, to Eli to Coop, Anderson, whatever, like, what's your, what's your number one question that you're most curious about when it comes to Supercross 2024? Like, what are you, what are you, where are you at? Well, there's obviously a handful of them. You know, first, can Jet duplicate what he did outdoors? Can Anderson get back to where he was? But I think the biggest thing has got to be Eli. Okay. You know, I mean, even Sexton, is he going to be better on the as on the KTM than he was? Is he going to stop tucking the front wheel? I think it's more mental than his mechanical, personally, yeah. with Chase, uh-huh. uh, just from what watching and going back and watching races and stuff. But the big one's Eli. You know, I personally thought when he, at Denver, he was done. You know, yep. it's such a gnarly injury. I would have bet money on it, too. Yeah, yep. I think everyone did. And uh, he earned the right to ride off in the sunset. You know, mm-hmm. he had a stellar year with Yamaha, uh, donations, everything. And then to have it end at home with the points lead, it, didn't, it was his. Yeah. And so the mental aspect had to be gnarly. But we've so seen – for you, coming back to where he's at, where he was? Is like, he going to be able to do it? Is that your question? Yes. Is he going to be able to show <laughs> up? I remember last year at Anaheim. Man, he was kind of methodical, on, came to the pack, crashed. Yeah. Yep, crashed. Um, and just picked him off. And but that's where we got into where we, we left Anaheim 1 last year being like, holy shit, Eli's yeah. better than ever. Like, watch out. Yamaha agrees with him. Yeah. And then he turned into Ryan Dungey game manager, you know, as the series went on. He didn't jump all the rhythms. We he, crashed. Remember, he crashed real big. Jumped off the side, yep. hit the hay bale, right, flipped. Right. And, and I think his mentality at that point changed. Yeah. So he, at Anaheim. That was Anaheim 2. Yes. Uh, the, the round 3, right? So we saw an Eli. We didn't see beast mode. No. We didn't see crazy balls, Eli. We saw a guy that was really just taking what came to him, didn't jump all the jumps, and before you know it, had a nice points lead. Yeah. Um, so he was a different Eli Tomac and one that was going to win the title except for the tragedy. I believe we're going to see that Eli again. Like I think we're going to see a series managing Eli Tomac and, again, not jump all the rhythms. Right. Play the long game. <clears throat> Absolutely. And I think we're going to see that again. I don't think the Achilles, and I'm not a doctor. I did stay at a Holiday Inn the other night, but <laughs> not a doctor. I don't think the Achilles on a moto guy is a big deal. I don't think it's going to be. 
I mean, unless, you know, the foot placement is so gnarly today. It's, you know, I, I watched a lot of the videos. People are breaking it down where uh, Eli was on his, you know, on the toes when it, when he did it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's a, a, something that is, he's got to be conscious of, of where he's putting his feet again, or is it back hundred yeah. percent? I mean, the procedure. I think you ride how you ride though. Don't you think? It's hard to, to, you know, it, it, it's muscle memory. Yeah. You know, when yeah. people are watching these videos, they're like, well, you know, watch him move his feet purposely. I'm like, you're not purposely moving your feet. You're, you're, you just do it because you've done you it. Ride. I yeah. Mean, Successful racers, not me, because I ride right on my arch because right. I'm a slow, fat guy. <laughs> Successful racers do not ride on the arches. They ride on the, on the, on the balls it's of the It's moving and, yeah. it all, you know, the shifting and all that stuff. And it, it's, it's changed dramatically even when I've raced. Uh, it's become a little bit more scientific. Yeah. But like you said with Eli, to put on a much smaller scale, that was what Budman used to do with an arena cross. I mean, the tracks are, what, 18 seconds, yeah. four lanes. And there'd always be one big rhythm section that we always, you know, try and triple-double out of. And Budman... Wouldn't even deal with it because he's like, man, you're going to do it. For, you're going to make it half the moto yeah. or half the main events. Yeah. I'm going to take the inside double, double, single every lap and it'll break you. And I'm going to break you that way. Yeah. And obviously, Dungey's done it on a much grander scale of, of being a podium, 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 podium. Even Chad Reed, same thing. Uh, I think Eli comes with age. He's yeah. smarter. He doesn't have to go beast mode. I think he can. Even though his beast mode was more known outdoors, I think, than Supercross. Oh, no. There were some Supercross ones on a Cowie that were. Cowie days, yeah. That's he, what I meant. They were next level. Yeah, like, like he would just. And that goes back to raw speed that I've always said that mm-hmm. I argued with some people about. That I always felt that Dungey never quite ever tapped into that or yeah. didn't feel like he yeah. needed to. But when you can drop all of a sudden two to three seconds on some guys because yeah. you're like, going, okay, I need to do this. That's an unbelievable talent and skill yeah. set. That's unreal. Um. So Jet, uh, you know, look, uh, he's going to darling. <laughs> he's going to win races, yeah. right? Are you on me? Are you are you with me on that? He's like, going to win races. Okay, so yeah. we're going to agree on that. Yeah, I don't have him for the title, just because. What Jeremy won in '93, Dunge won in O, 2010, almost kind of backed into it a little bit in 2010, but still won <clears> as right. a rookie. Um, uh, I think that was it for rookies. I think that's there it. Might have been one more. I don't know. But um, point is, really, really hard to win as a rookie, whether you're James Stewart or Carmichael or whoever. Right. And although Jet is on that level as a all-timer, still very, very hard to win. So I don't have him win this championship. But just because of maybe a couple of dumb mistakes along the way. Yeah. Not kind of like kind of like Chase last year. Yeah. Those those, he, those crashes can take you out. Yeah. So not because he doesn't have the speed. He is no. going to be immediately. Yeah. Okay. So and he's going to be on that? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I always talk about the summer of pain. Outdoors is gnarly. You know, I mean, the, 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 just more of the burn, the, the, the heat, the length of the motos, yep. the roost, everything. You see him come off the track. They're depleted. Um, Supercross is just so methodical, and they're jumping so big today. Um that I think that, that it's easier to reach up and grab you and make a mistake and mm-hmm. throw you on the ground. We saw that you know, with Chase multiple times. We've seen it with Eli a couple times. I think Jet, as methodical as he is racing, and, and you know, he's really good at putting that bike where he wants, it's real easy uh, for it to just go wrong suddenly. And I think being a rookie, I think that's what makes it so difficult. There's a lot of guys, like you said, the field's deep. Yeah. You know, I, don't, I watch the starts at Paris. I know it's just Paris. But he wasn't racing a lot of super talented guys there, and he was starting mid-pack, and he had to come through the pack. I don't think he's going to come through the pack from 12th yeah. if he gets that kind of a shit start and chase down Chase, Coop, Anderson, Ferrandis, 
Eli, whoever the fuck he's got to come through. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, Anaheim's so different. The track layout's different. Yeah. Uh, it's way busier. Um, it doesn't have a lot of rhythm, which I think most of the tracks should be that way. Instead of having these hundred yard rhythm sections, they jump in three leaps or something like that. Um, kind of change it up. So I'm looking forward to, and I, I can't even predict who's going to win this open round. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I'm not going to make any great assumptions hard to get from, from Anaheim 1, right? Yeah. But uh, last year we were like, Eli Tomac's going to run away with this thing. And he did actually maybe had his one of his worst seasons as far as wins in, yeah. in a number of years, right? He was still really good. But um, what about Sex and Switch? Where are you at with that? What do you – I was kind of shocked think? he went that direction. Um, I know it was a more of a – you know, just from some of his interviews I've seen that he talked about that Honda would – wasn't quite as reciprocal in some of the things he was saying about the bike and maybe in meetings and stuff like that. Um, he's going from a Honda that was, it is very good in whoops. Uh, the aluminum frame is, I think gets them through quicker. That's KTM has yet to prove that they can get through whoops as well as, as the other bikes, even watching Mookie Malcolm went on, uh, definitely is not going to the whoops as fast as he did on. Yeah, other him bikes. and Craig lost whoop speed and they're both tre- tremendous. Yeah, Obviously right. Craig could probably done better on his two fifty last year, I think. <laughs> and, um, so, Everybody's talking about that the Honda was his, his tucking his front wheel was the issues. But if you want go back and watch a lot of the, the tape, there's a lot of times where Chase was by himself and tucked the front yeah, end. Yeah. I think that becomes when you get out front. We all know when it goes, when you get out front, it's, you know, yeah. I think Moseman spoke one time. He was, get mind would wander. He's thinking about, you know, watching Transformers tonight before he said that. Lily quoted that. Um, and it's hard to keep that attention. And Supercross, as big as they're jumping right now, your attention detail has to be on it every time. And I think a lot of the chase mistakes were more, me- more mental than mechanical. Do, do you think he gets better on KTM? He's the same. It gets worse. I think he's – I personally think if he comes out and struggles on the bike, almost like Webb on the Yamaha years back, it's going to snowball badly. Starts going badly. It's going to go badly. I think yep. mentally he's going to like go, what the hell? And I think I've been listening to some of you guys that maybe he was not so – I think it was you and JT were talking. Maybe he wasn't so, wow, this bike's awesome. You know, he kind of had some questions and hesitancy when he was talking there, about the bike. I'll tell you what. From people I talk to, deep, deep, deep. Undercover. Undercover. <laughs> uh, he's not had a great offseason. He's not flying at the test track. They're still working things out. Yeah. I'm not saying that, like, uh, hey, he's going he's gonna to get 18th at the opener like Denny Stevenson in, in, in 90. Sure. Let's hope not. But, but he, yeah, from people I know and trust – it is not going that well. It's he'll be fast, he'll be good, all of that. Right, but he's an outstanding rider. It has not been an outstanding out season, off season for Chase on KTM. Getting that down, could it change? Absolutely. But right. I'm if I'm a Chase Sexton fan and you're listening to this, keep your expectations a little low for the opening rounds. I think I think there's still uh, figuring room, that thing room out. to move, room to improve. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So that's from people I know and trust. Um, but I would be foolish to sit here and be like, oh, yeah, no, he, you know, he ain't going to do nothing. And that goes back to the mental aspect. If he lets it rattle him, I'm not comfortable yeah. on the bike. Yeah. I can't do things I right. want to do on the bike. Then you start questioning what you're going to do. Uh, that can snowball. When, when uh, your buddy's with Jeff Emig, when sure. 98 came and he just started terribly, Right. he went backwards, all of that. Was that a mental thing? Was that partying in the off season? Was that a bike thing? Because... Remember in the media, there was a lot of like, oh, he's equi- his equilibrium is off. He went right. on the F-16 fighter. Like, did Jeff start with every intention of defending that thing? And then 
you know, I, I wasn't around Jeff as much at that point because okay. I was doing arena cross yeah. and, and uh, I wasn't you know around him as much as I was in '96 and '95 uh, and '98. '98 was bad. I think a lot of it was, you know, Jeff achieved some goals, you know, and I think mm-hmm. again, other riders have spoke of that. Once you've reached the mountaintop, yep. How do you? Was it what you expected? Yeah. Do you want it more still, or yeah. do you want it like okay, I've done it, and obviously, Jeff and you know, and us and all, we enjoyed life offside yeah. the bike as yeah. well. But Jeff was very serious, and and he he broke it down very scientifically. You know, I think that's was was good mm-hmm. for him. And he was a great starter. He was not one to know and really come through the pack. And I think also Jeff had he wasn't as sharp. I think he was a little bit off. Yeah. And once again. Once it starts. Once it starts, then you start questioning yourself. There was a Seattle one earlier in the year. He went first to ninth. Yeah. And and and, 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 and once you become a revolving door, what does it stop? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like you said last year at, at, at round one. It's like, okay, things did not go well. I, I, I thought it – like Craig, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, do you are you able to wipe that your the slate yeah, clean? You have to go right. back to the drawing board with your team. Was it bike? Is it mental? Is it what you're doing? Your your uh, your yeah. skill? Your uh, tech? Your way you're riding the bike? One thing about our sport is yeah, it's a seven days, seven days, seven days. There's no there's no there's no stopping to no. reset everything. No. And out of, out of those five days in between the event, you're riding twice or whatever, and you're trying to figure it out, right? So you're trying to figure it out as quickly yeah. as you can, right? Um, and the team's trying to do what they can. You know, obviously the 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 technology in the bikes is so much further advanced than when I was riding. You know, yeah. <clears throat> I remember my first year two D Supercross, and I've mentioned before, and Suki was a phenomenal team, but they were more of a, a 125 team really than a 250. Well, actually, let's hold that thought because speaking of 125s. Oh, yeah. On the line. Uh, what? On the line. Oh. Renthal, the undisputed global leader in manufacturing design since 69. Renthal has become notorious for a nice. relentless obsession of detail and quality through the commitment to produce the finest products on the market today. Uh, you look at Red Bull KTM, you look at Monster Energy Kawasaki, you look at uh, Factory Honda using Renthal. I mean, Honda started Renthal in 86, and they're still running it. So whether it's bars, sprockets, chains, grips, mountain bike products, Renthal.com, a uh, couple of millimeters, fraction of a second, a few grams, it all counts. Welcome to the winning world of Renthal. Renthal bringing you our first guest of the night, just like Denny Stevenson, a past Suzuki 125 Supercross champion and uh, an icon of the sport, Tim Ferry. What's up, Red Dog? What's up? What's up, guys? How you doing? Do you guys have a secret handshake, like 125 Supercross champs? It's you, very secret. It's very underground. When you guys see each other, yeah. like it's yeah. a little... I hadn't seen uh, Tim in a long time, and uh, we ran each other. I was down in Loretta's in 22, yep. and he was down there, and uh, we had a chance to talk and kind of catch up with things and talk about his son going through everything that Evan's dealing with now, and uh, it was nice catching up, because yeah. uh, Red Dog... Red Dog is funny. Red Dog was was a very was very innocent and uh, and quiet and hard worker when he came in. Yeah, and maybe him and Bud became friends. And then I, you know, we we cr- tried to do our best to derail Tim. Let's right, be honest. Right. Well, <laughs> Timmy was under Rossini Racing, yeah. you know, strict strict uh, program. <laughs> um, and then of course, Timmy, you won the '97 title. I think you've told me a few times your bonus was twenty five thousand. From Suzuki? No, no, my no. Ninety-seven was uh, it was fifty thousand. Oh, oh, so um, Danny's think, was twenty-five. Mine was twenty-five. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, th- I think the, the year before mine was um, in ninety-six, ninety-five or ninety-six. It was only twenty-five. So yeah, it was fifty thousand won the championship for, for about thirty years. Suzuki just paid their one twenty-five guys thirty k a year, with <laughs> like twenty-five k bonuses. Yeah, I didn't even get that. I, my first contract was eighteen grand. 
$2,500 a win and 25 grand a bonus. I, 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 when I was working doing agent thing with Grant and Gennard, yeah. I looked at their contract. Basically, you could just add a zero to everything I was doing to what they were doing later. And I'm like, yeah. damn it. I was, yeah. We were born too soon, Timmy. They, they, uh, Suzuki just, I mean, the number of great guys and a number of racers that jumped on a Suzuki 125 over the years. Yeah. You know, and started there. And they're, then, they're, they're fire breathers, weren't they, Tim? Yeah, they were. My first salary there was was twenty four thousand, and uh, obviously I was excited. I got, my, got to do my own gear and stuff too. So, um, but yeah, that ninety five Suzuki was so good. Like it was, I could get on podiums before, but then all of a sudden I won a couple of Supercrosses. But I didn't really change anything that I had done. It's just the bike was and the equipment was better. So, um, yeah, that that was the bike to be on back then. So you were there ninety four. Ninety four. I was. Um... Like ninety ninety one was factory ninety two ninety three was kind of supported. Okay, yeah, uh, they'd give me bikes and you know I could sell them and stuff like that. And still kind of got some good decent support. Yep. And then ninety four, I think I was more. Um, I think I, I was kind of on my own a little bit more, but still, yeah, they were helping me out kind of backdoor. Ninety five, I was pretty much FNS Suzuki out of Troy, yeah. Ohio. And then you were like, they hired this. Rossini kid for factory Suzuki. <laughs> yeah. And, and Timmy was, I think, you know, my dad kind of helped, you know, a little bit, you know, when I think, I think that was Ramsey. Ramsey kind of was coming at the same time yeah. and helping uh, Bundy with stuff. And, uh, you know, yeah. back then it was, you know, box fans. So everybody yeah. was working together and kind of yeah. all just, you know, we weren't so separated as they are nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was definitely a totally different environment. Um, Leroy was my mechanic and uh, he obviously was, I think it was Phil Lawrence's mechanic the year before. And then he was mine. And then, after me was I think Pastrana, so he had a, a slew of really, but, you know, pretty pretty good run, good, good riders. Those are the days though. Like you look at you two guys, you're, you won the Supercross titles, right? And those are the days where like, yeah, we'll just see you on Saturday. Like just see you at the race. Like if you're <laughs> Roger DeCoster or whatever, like just see you Saturday. We don't know what you're doing during the week. We don't know what your program is. We've got you some practice bikes, so we we hope you're riding them, <laughs> and then we'll yeah, just my, see you on the weekends. Yeah, my in the beginning they just sent me some stock bikes, and I had actually had Rossini actually build my bikes for practice. So it wasn't until like right before the season they gave us like you know the you know race cylinder or this or that. Yeah. So, uh, I don't really remember like uh, an organized test schedule. I remember <laughs> one time we went to Ezra's, um, and it was a bunch of us went all went, but I don't know that it was that organ. It was like we had cylinders A, B, C. Yeah. Just pick them. That yeah. Was, yeah, that's what I was telling Steve. Same thing. You you have these many things to try. And that's what, like my first year, 250 Supercross. We tested Supercross at Adelanto. Our chats track was sand. Yep. You know, here's a, here's a couple heads. Here's a cylinder, a couple mm-hmm. pipes. What do you like? Okay, we'll see you, we'll see you in, in, uh, at the first round. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> like you look at the, the time and the resources now for, you know, if you took, you took the 2023 uh Denny Stevenson or Tim Ferry, which Jordan Smith or, you know, somebody, RJ Hampshire, somebody's going to show up at the races right now. They're structured. They're, they're, everything's programmed. Testing never ends. Yeah. Right? Every Testing day. never ends. You live with the team. Right. And which would have been nice. I would have so loved different. that. Yeah. Well, a little bit maybe. But. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was different times. But, yeah, I don't, I don't remember. I remember Denny always coming. I wasn't sure what year he was on Suzuki, but he, him and Budman would always come down around Daytona. Daytona Gatorback, and then I was living with Tishner at the time, so they're always there for a few weeks. And then, oh boy, yeah, they tried to they tried to derail me a little bit, but I, I kept my head down. <laughs> I remember, I don't remember what year it was. Uh, I crashed in the first turn at Gainesville, and I thought I broke my wrist. Mm-hmm. I got a huge hematoma on it, and I ran to the hospital real quick to get an X-ray. But I was like, man, we're going to Tishner's. We're having a huge party at Tishner's Sunday night. <laughs> 
I got to get to the party. So I remember going to the emergency room. I'm like, let's get this thing x-rayed. We got to go. Yeah, we got to go. And they told me and it was, the x-rays were negative. My dad's with me and stuff. And he's like, okay, well, let's go back to the hotel. I'm like, nope. I'm heading to uh, Clearwater. We're going to go hang out at Tishner's, and uh, we're going to raid some Hunch a Punch, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and party for a couple of days. And uh, and I think Timmy was there as well for it. And Timmy's like, yeah, I was yeah. I was I was renting a room from from Tishner back then for a hundred dollars a month, um, and I was living there. He was going back and forth to Japan at the time, but oh, that's right, yeah, uh, yeah. He was yeah, he was kind of like the first like my first kind of mentor that kind of yeah you know kind of brought me in. And then Budman actually did a lot of stuff where he would. A lot of times he didn't have a bike, so I would he would go riding with me, and he would have kind of help coach me. So um, it's kind of it's it's kind of funny. I'm yeah. on the phone now talking about this stuff. You know what? I I've often I I said this to somebody. Oh, I have Tishner's helmet in studio, uh, right there. That twelve, right? The oh, BFE. Yeah. Yep. So someone was like, "Hey, who who's <clears throat> whose helmet is that?" I'm like, it's Tishner's, and they're like, "Huh? Yeah, I heard the name." Like, and I'm just like. <laughs> I'm like, dude, Tishner was good. Like He was national number six. I mean, he earned that number. I feel like if Tishner had gotten off Suzuki and, like, Cowie or Honda got him, he could have won. Ronnie was awesome. Ronnie, uh, Ronnie's peak, like, in that year that he was six, the dude led Miami forever. Um, crashed in the triple. Yeah, like, cool. I feel like Tishner is really underrated as a rider. Well, and I think he, you know, so now when I look back at it, I want to say maybe at like 22 years old, he went to Japan because he had such a big deal to go over there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he it was like he couldn't turn it down, so he just left and went over there. I think I want to say he was making he was making a couple hundred grand over there. I'm making twenty four thousand. Right. Um, but uh, so he went over there, and it was it was it was the right move. It's funny that we talk about this. Suzuki going into '96 offered me the same twenty four thousand. And I won two Supercrosses. I broke my jaw, um, so I missed the rest of them. I won some motos outdoors, won an overall. So they offered me the same thing the next year. And then and me and um, – actually, I went to Big Ron's. And me and Big Ron, like, hand wrote a letter to, um, I think, to Tosh. Okay, about Tosh. Why, I need, why, I, why I needed a raise. And he helped me actually write this letter. Yeah. And um, I sent it to him. And uh, they gave me fifty thousand the next year, so I was pumped. Oh wow! So you, they yeah, doubled so your they doubled, doubled your money. They and, doubled my money, yeah, to fifty thousand. And 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 Huckabuck of Big Ron was is awesome. Uh, one, yeah, one of the coolest all time. Yeah. And then the fact you got Tosh to break, I hear stories from my dad about Tosh. You know, obviously. Yeah. And he was he's he's old school Japanese. You know, I mean, like. Yep. Fuck you! Like this is the way we're gonna do it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like he and he's with his uh, broken English and Japanese accent, but it just a just a badass. Right. You know, you want to do well for him because he just he commanded respect, and yeah, you're yeah. like, all right, man. Yeah. Well, I don't want to I don't want to let this guy down because right. he might have me killed. <laughs> this yeah. could be a yeah, samurai but... death if I don't perform for yeah. this Japanese company. <laughs> death by death by samurai. <laughs> yeah. Timmy, do you remember uh, Mount Morris? The year Budman broke his jaw, and we ended up at some bar there in Morgantown. And we were playing Thumper. Oh, yeah. And Budman yeah, these guys, Budman broke his jaw, but he told his wife, you know, I'm going to tell. I don't give a shit. Yeah. He was going home because he broke his jaw, literally. So yeah. he had his mouth almost wired shut, but it wasn't wired. But he could drink beer through a straw. Okay. And we're playing like a... <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't actually remember that, that he was, had broken his jaw, though. Yeah, he crashed, I think, through uh, the rollers down through the hill, maybe. But I remember... What he year had, is this? What are we talking about? Got it. I, I don't even remember what you were been racing at that time. Um I don't even. I'm not sure. I I do remember him breaking his jaw, and uh, I just don't remember what year it was. I don't remember this time, but 
But it was um, only the first time. I the only time I ever played Thumper. You know, with Thumper. Where no, you're, you're, I don't a, even know what that it's is. It's a big table. Okay. And you're, everybody's smacking the table. You know, da 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 da. da and you're like, why do we play this game? It's called Thumper. Let's play to get fucked up. And then we all slam beers. I don't really know the point of the game. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's first time. Great heard, game. It's a college town, so okay. maybe somebody got us playing in there. Yeah, you know, we're, Davey, at, probably Davy did at a college bar, and there's literally 20 of us around this table. Okay. And uh, and I remember Timmy being with us, and and Timmy always very you know kind of yeah. reserved and quiet. And, yeah. I saw a new side of Timmy that day. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was, that's when I think we became Red Dog right there. Right, right, right. <laughs> no. Red, Red Dog started in 94, actually, with Budman. That might have been it then. Cause, well, Budman was always good to give my yeah. nicknames, like J-Bone. I think oh, it, I thought Nate Dog gave yeah. you the name Red Dog. No, no. Budman gave it to me in 94. Oh, okay. Um, Red Dog. It might have been 94. Cause I, I, oh, yeah, because I, I take him riding, and... Uh, so I'd always make him listen to like Snoop Dogg, and I had these cassettes in my in my car, or CDs, cassettes maybe. And, uh, and he always liked rock and roll music, so I was I was driving as my truck, so I always made him listen to like Snoop Dogg and stuff. <laughs> and uh, so then he started calling me Red Dog because I had red hair. So that's kind of where the Red Dog name came from. Uh, Master P, dude, yeah. you used to love Master P back in the day. Good <laughs> oh, yeah. God, dude, you loved yourself yeah. some Master somebody, P. Somebody, I think JT sent me that one of those things on Instagram the other day. I actually follow him on Instagram. Yeah. God, I remember being like, oh, "Who is this? Yeah. Like this guy, this dude from Florida with red hair and white skin loves Nate. rap. Yeah, rap." Um, <laughs> hey, Red Dog, let's talk a little more uh, recent stuff. Um, yeah, the news is out. Obviously, Triumph, right? You moved up to Georgia, Evan, your son racing uh, for Triumph on the East Coast. How's that been going? What? What? Take us through that program and your thoughts on how Evan's looking. Mike Brown is whipping him into shape, I, I assume. And, How's it going? And, and what's it like being a part of something so new and fresh like Triumph? I mean, it's it's definitely I I didn't see a you know because I've never really been that close to a first year brand. I wasn't around when Dudgy went to KTM or mm-hmm. anything like that. So um, the whole process really started um, shortly after the Husky stint ended. Um, there was some talk, and then we would, we wrote for NSA Yamaha through Loretta's. Had a rough Loretta's. He got COVID right before it. Just didn't have a good one. Then he got second at the combine behind Hymas. So then, like, literally, like, the next week, um, we went up to ride the Triumph bike. So, um, and that's kind of when it started. That was, that was September, September-ish of last year. So it's been a, it's been a, a long process, obviously. Um, but, yeah, finally, finally happy to have it all kind of come out. And I think we moved up here right around New Year's last year, so just about a year ago. So how how's everything going? How does Evan look? How, how's what's your thoughts? He's he's starting to come around. He's um he's been on that bike since October, just a standard bike, and then I want to say sometime in November they got on the Supercross track. Okay. So um so not as early as what we expected. We kind of came early. Um, he was slated to be on the bike in March, um, but things just kind of got pushed back, pushed push back. So. Um, so since November, the speed's starting to come up a little bit. Um, you know, obviously, I think right now, Julie's a little bit faster, but, you know, Jeremy Martin's been overriding some. Nicoletti, I think, is a picture of him. Um, so he's had a few fast guys to ride with, mm-hmm. and um, I feel like he's closing the gap in, but, you know, obviously they got a ton of experience. So, um, and, in the, and in the meantime, they're still, like, like, like Danny was saying a minute ago, there's always testing. So, you know, they're, every week they're testing parts and bike stuff and, so it's kind of a combo of getting used to Supercross and, you know, testing the bike and, mm-hmm. you know, trying to, to get all that, you know, all that stuff together as a rookie, kind of, you know, kind of a little bit last minute. 
listen, you 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 uh, you had a great career. You know, you you work you work with Trey Kennard, worked with Jalik for a long time, a lot of guys. So you know what you're doing, and you know what it takes to be successful at the sport. So are you working with Evan, or do you let Mike Brown do it? Because sometimes there's a little things weird with the father son. You know how how does that go? Um, I mean, I, honestly, it's been good so far. Like, so Mike's been here since November. Mm-hmm. Um, so he called beforehand. Um, you know, we had a few conversations and stuff, and he's like, hey, I don't want to, you know, overstep. You know, I know you know what you're doing. There's a yep. mutual respect there, um, which I think has worked out really good. And and then and Evan actually works with our old, but you know, Dean, our my old coach. Oh, yeah. Yep. Who was also, was also with um, – you know, with Trey, when I was with Trey for like six, seven years. So, okay, so um, he's so handling all, the train. He's, he's, yeah. Yeah, he's at Red Bull. So, um, so we went out in October, did a bunch of testing stuff there. And um, so I, I just felt like that was a super important part. And then, um, so we're trying to mesh it all together and make it all make sense. And obviously, Mike's a, like you said, Mike's, Mike's a stand up guy. And, yeah. you know, he's, Still to this day, you know, holes on a, you know holes on a dirt bike. So, yeah, so far, so far, it's been good. It's been a little bit odd, you know, because I will, you know, when we had our compound in Florida before, before we sold that a couple of years ago, you know, I pretty much did everything. So, um, you know, now he's got a mechanic, and you know, he's got a team, and yeah. you know, all those things behind him. So, um, so yeah, it's been a little bit of a different transition, but you know, I'm relieved too to not also be in charge of everything so sure yeah um, money financially so that, that, wise too <laughs> yeah yeah financially wise yeah it's been a it's been a, a long road as anybody that's listening has ever rode dirt bikes it's not uh yeah yeah it's not cheap even when you got support it's still not cheap and uh there's a lot of travel and it's a lot of time spent at races all good times but well you still have that 90s times. money so i'm, I'm sure yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i mean i'm money. still living a high on the horse in that 130 i won so yeah yeah, but, yeah, but you brought up a good $50,000 bonus <laughs> from uh, 97. So. Um, but you brought up a good point, too. You know, I mean, not only is Evan a rookie, has to figure out the speed, the technique, the newness of being a rookie in Supercross, but also developing the new bike. That has got to be, um, I mean, he's got to be learning things that he's never had to kind of, had to kind of break down probably mentally and verbally with the team. And yeah. is that something that's new to him? And, and that he's, that he's, it's either helped him or has it been kind of a, a double-edged sword of being cool with the new team, but also being a rookie and having to do both things at once. You know, I definitely think that, the, you know, there's a, you know, he feels a, a huge amount of pressure, obviously, because now he's on a factory team. But luckily, you know, when we were at Husky, we were at Husky for two and a half years. So Scuba was at Husky. Scuba's here at Triumph. So um, Pat is his mechanic. He was his mechanic at all the amateur nationals when he was at Husky. He's also here as his mechanic. So, so there is some things that are familiar that are probably making it a little easier. Um, but it's still a big transition that you know the team's assembling an entire crew and you know putting together an entire facility. You know, we came here last year, and when we got here, I think Scuba was the only person here. Okay. So, so now since then, you know there's been other people come, come, they've moved here. You know, there's obviously engine guys, suspension guys, mechanics. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the biggest hurdle I feel like that's gonna, that's gonna happen is, you know, we spent a lot of time last year, um, not racing. And I think just getting back out and getting used to racing he, as a kid, he raced, we live right next to Dade city. So Saturday nights, winter AMs, we were used to racing a lot. So, we spent this past year really not racing. The goal for the team was really just to get his Supercross points, 
Um, he wasn't even going to do Loretta's. Um, he was casted to be a stunt guy in the Outer Bank show. And then when the strike happened, um, last minute, like a week before we decided the strike happened, then um, we went when did Loretta's, and it, it didn't go as good as obviously we, we were hoping for, but we just weren't prepared. So, um, yeah, he had a couple surgeries last year right after he started riding the Triumph. So there's just a lot of unknowns um, that, you know, he just hasn't said or nobody's really said, too. Right. So, um, uh, Renthal, bringing you Tim Ferry on the show, the great Tim Ferry, 97, 125 champion. Bad man. Uh, Renthal.com for more information. Two-time motocross, the nation's champion. Also. Yeah, that's awesome. I kind of forget about that. You know, well, I, there was one he lost too. Well, I mean, that's a pretty <laughs> fucking, that's a pretty to. fucking awesome thing. You know? so and I'm, you were and you were, and you were there with me. And that's the one I worked for, Matt. We and that's lost. that's what all I hear from Steve is why the nations is terrible because um, you know you two were on an island. Yeah, we there. were. Um, hey, uh, <laughs> we got some phone calls for you as well. Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. You want to talk to uh, Tim Ferry? Red Dog, as you know, no one listens to the show, right? No one listens. It's it's a it's a, not a, not a very popular show. So give us the real deal. Like, is the Triumph, is this a race-winning bike first time we hit the track? Or are we, I mean, and it's totally expected and it's totally understandable. Or are we going to, you know, have to develop this thing a little bit? Man, I, don't, I mean, I don't even know if that's even my my place to say, really. Well, it's your opinion um, to give. You know, obviously, yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I would say right now I just, and I've heard, you know, some of the guys, the you know, the key players say, you know, this is a this is a three to five year like stepping stone to get to where they want to be. So, sure. yeah. Um, so I think what you're saying is, is realistic. I don't, you know, the other guys have, you know, had a lot of the other teams have way more riders than we do. Yeah. So, no, I don't think um, it's a it's a bad thing to say like, hey, they they got to develop it. We, we yeah. got to get our feet wet. Yeah. 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 I, and I will say, you know, we. The first time I seen him ride the bike, so September, you know, shortly after, yep. say combine of twenty two, I guess that was. Um, immediately, what I noticed is I started to see him scrub jumps and do things that I felt like were like his strong point mm-hmm. because um, you know, every rider has you know stuff that they're good at, whether it's whoops or turns or jumps and. And there for a little bit after the Husky thing, I felt like Evan lost like some of the things that he was really good at, like staying low on the jumps and scrubbing mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so immediately I saw some of those things. So that kind of like perked us up and like, I could tell right away, like his first initial reaction response was like, I could tell he was excited. I can tell by the way that he got it. Yeah. Just rides the bike, you know, cause I watched him ride since he was, you know, four or five years old. So I know when he's riding good and when he's riding bad, I can watch him for two or three turns and know, if he's comfortable or he's not. So, mm-hmm. and I, and that's one thing that got me excited about it right away. Obviously scuba was there. Um, and then there's just some of the people that were already planning on coming were, we already had a relationship with. So, yep. um, so I think, man, you know, I don't think people realize how hard it is to have, to get on a factory team, to get a ride out of amateurs, um, to land where you want to land. Like it's, it's, and I, I should know because I already did it. I did pro what eighteen years, and I was coaching Kennard and Hampshire and Davalos and right. Will Swole and Mel Ross, all these guys coming through. But when you have your kid doing, you don't really realize how hard it is to nail one of those rides. Like so, because you need that support, yeah. you know, to really, you know, go to that next level. Like me, I went from making podiums with RRP to going to factory Suzuki in '95, and I won my first Supercross, the first race. 
Yep. So, um, so it makes such a big difference to have a, have a good team. So, um, I feel very very fortunate that he, you know, that he landed somewhere in twenty four and twenty five. Um, you know, that he can at least you know give the same yeah. shot. Yeah. When you sit back and <clears throat> when it's all over or whatever, you you know you can be like, we we got a shot. We got a fair shot on a good team. You know, good support. Like you got it. And right? good people. Good people around. Yeah. You. That's people, a big thing. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's it's. It's just super difficult, and you know we've seen a lot of good riders come in, and you know I watched the the, the pre race show on AC, man. I thought nobody was going to beat AC, and uh, and obviously he's done great, but like yeah, you know Jet Reynolds was a guy in our class that you know he he never lost anything. Yeah, he like, was can't we, miss. We, yep. we wouldn't even see him or see LeBlanc at the at the races unless they came to Florida and rode sand, and uh, so and then to see like LeBlanc is already done. Um, you know, and see some of those guys go in a year or two. They go in a little early, and then all of a sudden they just they struggle to to impress people enough. So then they just move on to the next guy. And I think, you know, I feel like in back in the day, maybe Denny's time, my time, like you stuck around a little longer. Nowadays, it's like, oh, is he going to make the cut? Nope, nope. he's gone. Like, yeah. And uh, so it's and it's really difficult to I think uh, not only come back come back from that but also mentally come back from those things. Obviously, injuries have played a big key, but I've had so many people tell me that if you had gone back five years and said, "Hey, man, Jet Reynolds is not going to have a great pro career to start," they would have said, "You're crazy. You right. are crazy." Since Cobras, yeah. right? You he was winning I mean? a yeah, good yeah, yeah. And, so, and look, he's had injuries and he's had club MX and he could still make something of him. I'm not trying to write Jet no, Reynolds no. off here, but but. If you had gone back and told these people at OEMs, these smart people, guys I respect, they yeah. would have said that's not possible. He's the next thing. Well, I, I, I was with Trey out in California. He was doing a test session. We're at Milestone. And he was on a supercross track, and there was a kid ripping around on the outdoor track. And that was like a seven to eight. He was on a Cobra. Mm-hmm. And Evan was Evan's almost a year younger than him, um, but rode the same age group. And then... I had to go over and watch this kid ride because I'm not kidding you. He was passing 450s. He was holding a wide open. <laughs> then I went over and I talked to his dad, and you know, we always kind of communicated and talked throughout the years. Super good guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I could not believe. I'm like, I don't even want Evan to go that fast on a 50. <laughs> I don't know if I want him to go that fast. Period. But yeah. he he was that good at that young age, and right. and this the injuries kind of caught him right yeah. there at the end of the his amateur career. Now everybody's doubting him, but. I mean, he may come back and have a, a great long career. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can't. Well, that's kind of the sure, double-edged but... sword of, of skidding that first ride would be star or something. It's like, okay, if you don't succeed there, yeah, you're going to be, okay, you got the dream ride at the time, you know, when yeah. the, and all of a sudden, I mean, I don't know how many guys have wa- gone there and yeah. put in six months or a year, yeah. and then psh, you're gone. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then, yeah, and, then, yeah. and then no one else gives them a shot because they feel like, oh, if you didn't succeed there. Yep. You're not going to see it anywhere. So it's but such yeah. a such a brutal double-edged sword. I mean, it can LeBlanc, be. LeBlanc is out of the sport, from what I know. He doesn't race anymore. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Yeah, he, he doesn't was... race anymore. And he was a great talent. Like, yeah. I mean, just a really good rider. Right. Um, I hear he's super happy now. Like he's got like a normal job, and right. he's pumped. So if if he's happy, then that's all hey, that matters. It, you know exactly. Then he's and that's great. Mitch said something to me like a year ago. He goes, I don't know why all these guys just want to come in at like sixteen, seventeen. He goes, none of my guys ever went until at like 21. Yeah. And uh, he goes, everybody's in such a hurry to get in. And like, so in the Evan Tusky deal, the whole goal was to go pro at 24 um, and 25. And, you know, they made him stay down in super minis when he probably should have been on 125s. Yeah. They made him stay on 125s when everybody else went at 250s. But we were waiting for him to grow and mature. And like, you know, we knew that, you know, 
watching Justin Brayton at 36 years old rip around the track, and everybody wants to like do something at 16 or 17, but your big money is not going to well, come until you're on 450s and you're older. Yeah, well, look, just 16. look at the difference between AC at 16. Was he five foot? Yeah, I mean six three now. <laughs> well, even I mean he was a child at even, that time. You know, even just look at like your because of these ridiculous 125 supercross rules, 250 supercross rules now. You look like R.J. Hampshire is 30 years old. This is he's 27, 20 year. I think this is his like he's on a factory maybe. bike. Yeah. He's got so much experience. Yeah, he's physically stronger. I, I can't want to watch him on a 450. Like. The, it's such an advantage over some kid coming yeah. in. And I, and I learned this year, too, just recently, that you, it, Loretta's, I think, and are allowing B riders an extra year. It's, I think you they, know, yeah. if you win, you yeah. can still come back and ride B the next year because they don't want to be responsible for uh, yeah. maybe pushing there's, there's too There's been quickly. a lot of that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and that's yeah, good. And, there, and there's, there's some kids that, you know, like a Jet, um, Jet Lawrence came in and, Man, he did great. Like, but he, I mean, Jed Lawrence was on a 250, I think, 14 years old in Europe. So, you know, by the time he got here and he was 16, he was already two years into 250s. At 16, Evan was only on 125. It was like first year on 125. So, you know, there's a there's a big you know big difference. And Jet's a big kid, and everybody's got their different you know reasons that they want to go up. And and uh, so, but anymore, it's very rare. I think that. You know, those young kids at 16, like I turned pro at 16, come in and do, like, you know, really stellar. You know, it's just, yeah. like you said, it's hard. Yeah. Evan was riding with Jeremy Martin the other day, and uh, and I'm watching Jeremy Martin, and then I pull him up on Instagram, and I follow him, and I'm like, dude, he won two championships. Like, stuff I wasn't even thinking about. Like, yeah. and Evan's riding on the track with him, and I'm like, dude, he's got to race this guy. Yeah. And no, it's a big yeah. difference going from a mini to a 125 and going from a mini to a 254 stroke. Yeah. I mean, you got to big, yeah. be bigger, stronger. I mean, it's basically going from, you know, not even having 125s yeah. when we were kids. Imagine just going from, you know, 15 year old, 12 to 15, 105 to a 250 class. Yep. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, Renthal bringing you Tim Ferry on the show. Timmy, we've got a call here from Morgan. Morgan, uh, yeah. welcome to the uh, Pulp MX show. What's your question for the great Tim Ferry? Hey, uh, thanks, Steve, for taking my call. I want to say thank you to, to Talon and, and Travis Marks, and these guys are doing a great job oh, behind the go. scenes. Oh. I know you're the front runner and everything, yeah, but yeah, uh, these guys are doing a great job. Love this guy right here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you just saved that whole comment. Uh, yeah. Um, but, Timmy, man, I, I even rode at your compound, you know, love that track. And, uh, you know, Timmy, great guy that he is. He even took some time, did some pointers and things like that. And uh, so, so great, great to have him on. I just wanted to, um, first of all, I have two questions. One is, who now owns the track or the house or whatever you compound, whatever you want to call it there, that you used to live at in Florida? Um, so that's funny you say that because so that's been two years ago um and Jan- january two years ago we actually sold it i didn't really tell anybody and you know what was happening was florida was just booming after the COVID thing hit and housing developments were going in like crazy so actually developers actually own my property um my old neighbor steve that i sold 10 acres to um another guy bill that was there since since he was a second neighbor in my area. So developers own that property and the area is just kind of booming. So right now it's just, it's sitting there. We were actually riding there just over a year ago, right before we moved, you know, up to Georgia. And uh, cause we were in a rental house and me and my wife were like, that's kind of nice in Georgia. And then we kind of hung out with scuba and his, you know, wife and kids are about my kid's age, my younger kid's age. And so, um, 
yeah, it's development now. Hopefully, uh, hopefully one day there, I'll it, be able to go drive by there and see what it looks like. Is but the yeah, house, right now, is the house just, still standing? Still sitting. Seth Barrick walked over the other day. He goes, "Hey, man, can I go over there?" Oh. And I'm like, "Yeah, go ahead. Just yeah. if anybody says anything, because I I do still know the developers." And okay. Um, I still have communication, and then Evan went to Florida because he had to go down a couple weeks ago, and uh, him and his buddies who drove by and looked at it and stuff. So okay. just sitting there right yeah, now. Yeah. yeah. Kind of, it's kind of it's kind of sad. I get kind of bummed out when I talk about it because that was a that was a neat place. That was a hell of a place. Yeah, it was super cool for sure. Yeah. So then I should just go ride there then if nobody's there, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, just, go, just tell him since Terry said you can go ride there. Yeah, there you go. Hey, you, you can't you hey, can't even my, see the track. He said. Okay. So, my second yeah. question uh, is, uh, you know, for the the legends of the sport, you know, the, the great Tim Ferry and. Uh, Steve Mathis, you know, I, you considered to be a legend because of your media and you know your mechanical stuff, whatever. But um, I just want to know how somebody that have this relationship that you two have or had or whatever, how can you, Timmy, not to Steve every Monday night? <laughs> I just, I, I don't, I, I figured, I actually texted Steve earlier because I was like, what are you going to talk to me about? Because he texted me, you know, yesterday, maybe yeah. you want to come on the show. I'm like, sure. And I was like, Oh man, he's going to ask me stuff about the racing and stuff. And some <laughs> stuff I just don't keep, I don't keep up with. So, um, I don't know. I, so I was yeah. just watching it right before I came on and I'm like, I don't I was thinking to myself, I don't know why I don't watch it. I just, yeah, it's just not a, like, <laughs> listen, when Timmy was, it, I've told this story before when he was, Tim Ferry, factory Yamaha, you know, potential race winner, podium guy. JT and I, one time, in his garage, asked him to name 10 250 riders. That he raced or previous? That were racing right now. Oh. In the current races. He barely got it. And he only got it because he named the Sewell brothers, (laughs) which counted as two. So, Timmy's never been, like, a huge fan. He's not Denny Stevenson, where, like... You're watching the races. You're, right. you're plugged into what's going on. He, he, Timmy's never been like that. Uh, uh, he's never really known what's been going on. I mean, I always respected Red Dog that you did know the greatness of RJ and Jeff Ward and these dudes. You know, you got that. Yeah, those are my, those are my heroes for right. sure. Right, but but as far as like, yeah, like you've never been a guy that's just lived and died with the sport. You know. Well, it's just, it's funny you say it because like when I was racing, you know, say I'm I didn't I won some races, but you know I was more of a podium guy. And then, but like, I didn't really, I didn't follow like summer cross. We won summer cross. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't follow anything in the GPs. I didn't know the GP guys. I didn't know. I didn't follow like their, I I mean, I know it was different times, but just, I wasn't like a, now I follow them because it's easy because of social media. But um, back then I just, I I never even heard of Chad Reed literally until he landed here. I no lie. I swear to God. I never heard of him until he was at the Yamaha track. When he was riding for YOT, I've never seen him ride. Never. Heard you were like, "Hey, this guy's not bad." Did you know at any of the riders you were racing donations like against? Did you know any of the Euros I, that you were going to be battling I, with, or was it like, "Who the hell is this guy? He just blew past me, or I blew past him"? Honestly, yeah, you, you can't tell because they they wear those goofy jerseys over there a lot right. of times and weird numbers and then, now. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of times you're ba- you're you're not necessarily battling with like say Everts or somebody. You're battling with some other guy that you really just don't know who he is, yeah. and he's just super fast, and he's from. Estonia or, or somewhere you never know. So, yeah. So, um, so yeah, Morgan. Like, I, 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 yeah. I, I lived. I lived it. You know, when I was racing, and then, you know, then I was. I was training guys for 
at my compound until up to two years ago. And then in the afternoons, when Evan was going to regular school, because he didn't go to homeschool to like high school. So um, I was with him at, at, at a track on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday nights at Date City. So like a lot of times I just didn't, didn't have the time. We were traveling, racing on the weekend. So I just didn't follow it like yeah. that. Like I will say I would always watch the race. Like um, yeah, I'd be laying in my motor home at a winter am and I would be the only person awake at two o'clock in the morning watching the race. So, cause it was on the West coast. So I've always watched that side of it, but I don't get caught up into, you know, what, what people think, you know, what they, you know, if I yeah. if I do really want to know what's going on or figure something out, I'll just, I'll click on like vital or something. And, and then within like five minutes, I've heard every gossip and then I can go on with my day. <laughs> there you go, Morgan. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, Steve. I just wanted to open the can and, and see the worms come out. That's nah, all. he. I. I uh, hey, at one point, he said to me, "Does anybody watch your show?" Like maybe a year ago or so. Like, just, oh, anybody... oh, that, so that was the lead-in. Why you said that then? No, yeah, no. He just texted me out of the blue. Like, does anybody watch your show? And I'm like, yeah, Timmy. Like, it's good. Like, people. Yeah. Uh, this is what I do. Yep. And uh, Timmy's I... like, huh? Okay, that's nice. Well yep. done, Steve. Yeah. And, and, and then like, no. Text. Do you do anything else? Right. Right. So. So I, I've, yeah. I've never watched a whiskey throttle. I've never watched anything other than like a clip of like, say, you know, swap swaps thing. Like I'll watch a little clip on there, but I'll never click to the link and go and sit there and watch it. I'll watch, if they say something, they had Bowen on, I think today. Mm-hmm. And I was wanting to hear what he said. And I thought he was going to, he was talking about a 125 in Europe. And then I'm like, I wanted to hear what he said because they haven't raced with him a bunch. And then I never took the time to click over to it and actually go listen to it. It's just that. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, not. So, so, so since, you, since you said speaking of whiskey, is is uh, Ping and uh, Denny? Are we good? Yeah, they're good. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, no, they're fine. Hey, man, I just wanted to um, say uh, thank you, uh, Evan. I'm really pumped for Evan. It's going to be really fun to watch uh, to me, and, and I'm happy for you. And uh, Steve, thank you for everything you do, Thanks, man. Morgan. And uh, I'll continue to listen. Thank you. I appreciate it. Even if Timmy doesn't, Morgan will. So I appreciate it. <laughs> um, Hey, Red Dog, let's get some Anaheim One thoughts from you because, uh, I mean, you, I do know that you're aware of, you know, Tomac and Sexton and Roxon and these guys. I do know that. Um, yep. By the way, uh, how's Regis? How's our buddy Regis? Is, is he doing all right? Regis is good. Yeah, yeah Regis is good. We uh, was at a shop all day today. And okay. He's working on a new project and a different way to shoot, you know, yeah. um, some action. So, Are you, are you uh, getting in he, on that? Are you, is he getting you a job as a stunt guy? Is that something you so can do? I'm not, I don't know that I'm going to be a stunt guy. I've been a stunt guy my whole life. Okay, um, good point. <laughs> or trying not to be a stunt guy my whole life. Um, I did drive for him on two um, two commercials in Atlanta. Okay. And then I spent two weeks with him at Outer Banks because um, he had an arm car there, a side-by-side. And then um, Mark, it, one of his Australian buddies, that now is one of my buddies, he uh, – he was driving it, and then Regis was, which I only know him as Andy. I didn't even know his name was Regis. But uh, yeah, I was going to say uh, he was Andy to me, you know, forever. Yeah, he was Andy to me. So like, he, and then when I saw him at Monster a year ago on New Year's, because me and Beckett, my younger one, always go riding on New Year's. Mm-hmm. So um, I was at Scuba's house, and I'm like, dude, I'm not staying up drinking beer with you guys all night. I like, I'm going riding in the morning. So like at, at midnight, I bailed out, went home, and uh, me and Beckett went to to Monster. And then he come walking up. He's like, dude, I'm Regis. Like, and Andy, Eric, and I'm like, dude, what are you doing here? So we end up living like nine miles apart and didn't know it. Yeah, that's hilarious, and, uh, right? Yeah. yeah, so then that, so now we're, you know, hanging out all the time. And then 
yesterday I took Beckett and um, one of his football buddies riding, and then Regis bought, brought his um, his two boys riding. And they don't normally ever ride, so it was, it was kind of cool. We all just went on New Year's Day again, and, uh, you think and we rode with our families. You still got top ten speed, you think, Timmy? <laughs> Dude, I've lost it, man. How old, how old are you now, Tim? I am 48. I'll be 49 in March. And uh, I was, dude, we were crushing it. So that the strike happened. So Regis and his buddy Robert and Mark, we started just motoing. So we were like breaking a track in at Triumph for Evan because Evan was riding alone all year. Uh-huh. So we were riding a ton. And then Regis went to England with me. We had a great time. I rode great over there. He rode good. But I hurt my thumb. I think I broke my thumb in England. So then I went to Southwick to Keith Johnson's race. And I just struggled. Southwick kicked my butt. Yeah, I heard Galdi beat you in a moto. I, I don't. I refuse to acknowledge <laughs> that. But I, I honestly, dude, I, I got passed by a dude. I no lie, he had a mullet, and he was a, he was a three digit guy. He passed me, went all the way to sixth place, and I got like ninth. And I'd never heard of this guy ever. And then when I tell the you know Cody Williams and Keith mm-hmm. who the guy was, and they know exactly who he was. He's a local dude. He just rips. Yeah. So yeah. And, um, and that's Southwick. That's been that way that's forever. Yeah, yeah. But Timmy's a good Southwick sandwich. <laughs> but there's always those mystery guys, yeah. you know, yeah. who shows up with a bib overalls, an open right. face helmet, yep. you know, scratched up goggles. I mean, and when Galdi, Galdi's like, hey, man, yeah, I beat Timmy. I'm like, no, you didn't, dude. Like, <laughs> I Galdi's think a did. Gr- I think. I think he beat me the last moto. Yeah, and, he said um, he did. He, and Galdi's a great rider, but he's not Tim Ferry. <laughs> he did not yeah, win summer cross. Thank you. He did win summer cross. But, uh, yeah, it was. I just, like I said, I hurt my thumb, and then I was like, right before I was going, I was ready. I'm like, man, I already have my airline ticket. I'm like, I wanted to back out. But Keith, I was supposed to go the year before, and then a hurricane hit Florida. Mm-hmm. And then, so I'm like, Keith, I can't leave my, my family in Florida. Luckily, I did it. We're right over our house, our rental house that we had. And then, so this year, I'm like, I can't back out, but my thumb was messed up. So, like, I didn't even ride practice. Like, I just went, like, straight to the motos, practically. So, um I'm like, I just had to tough it out. But it was still fun. We hung out. You know, at the end of the day, I think we still got third. Our old team race got third. Yeah. Jimmy Dakota's freaking ripped around the outside of me one time. Like, literally almost, like, scared me. He was just wide open. <laughs> um, Startled So, there was just super – yeah, there were super fast guys. And, yeah. you know, they were in, like, the 30s. I'm 48 years old. So, the level of riding is yeah. a lot different. They're still doing pro racing. Well, listen, so, you so were, the riders next year then, right? Yeah. I need to start training now. Um <laughs> Yeah, it, uh, you know, going back to Southwick, there's a story when I worked for Timmy, when he was factory Yamaha, I was saying, hey, man, watch out for Dowd. At this point, Dowd was 40-something. He was part-time racer, and I'm like, watch out for Dowd. Right. And he's like, he's like, I can beat Dowd with an eye patch on. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, man, because it's yeah. John fucking Dowd. Sure enough, second moto, Timmy goes off the track, swaps, goes off the track through a banner. Here comes John Dowd right by him. Trugging. Yep. yep. Chug, and, chug. and he couldn't get him back, and so I took a pair of goggles and colored them with like a half of the goggle with a Sharpie. It's like, here's your eye patch, because the fucking 45-year-old guy just got you. <laughs> Dude, he was so fast. Dude, those guys up there are so fast. One thing I love, oh, I saw JoJo Keller there. Um, uh, JoJo's a legend. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Doug Henry was there. Um, <clears throat> Treadwell. I actually went to dinner. Uh, Treadwell wasn't there. Treadwell oh. was off doing a job. I oh, texted okay. him, like, where are you at? He goes, Dude, I'm, I'm working. And uh, so he was out of town, and then we hung out with Dow, went to dinner with Dow. Dow was there during the weekend. He does the track work with Keith and stuff. So th- there's there's something kind of, like, unique and cool about those, yeah. those those guys. And even, like, hanging out with Keith and Cody Williams and Jimmy Dakotas, we're all parked together. Like, they like moto, like, different than 
That's the that's the NESC, man. It's yeah, it's uh, they're passionate. I remember racing a local there, the week before the national one year. And you're like, it's a local, you know, but a bunch of us like Suzuki, I stayed back and uh, and rode. And, yeah, and, I did that race as a mechanic. And, and I remember yeah. a guy blew past me yeah. and I'd never even like feet off the pegs, just wide fucking open and yeah. coming to the pits and yeah. shaking my head. And everybody, my dad's like, what was that about? I'm like, did you see how fast he was going? And I think yeah, I probably I, mentioned to Keith and John, yeah. like, oh, yeah, like you said, yeah. Tim, they're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's Jimmy uh, Bob. He's here every weekend. He rips. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's, a, he's an he's an optometrist. He's a garbage yeah, he's man. On, his bike's five years old. I hope you feel good about that. <laughs> I got beat every moto by somebody I'd never heard of, um, and they were like they were like pumped. Like I I, I feel like I I deserved it because um, back when Alessi was racing and they do those moto fight clubs or whatever, well then RV kept getting beat, and I would text RV. I'm like, dude. You lose more than anybody I know as a retired guy. Just kind of bust his yeah. ball. Yeah, yeah. But but now I feel like I'm in the same spot. Like every time I go to a race, I'm getting beat by somebody. I, I have no idea who they are. Wow. But and like, then like the, RV the, the taxi cab driver in England, I, I got called out on that because I, I talked about it on the show. Dude, mm-hmm. he was so he 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 wants to come next year to the Southwick race. Okay, um, was he not? He was did, he mad at me for making fun of him? Or no, no, no dude, he, dude, he he loved it. He's from Wales. Okay, and uh, he 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 loved it. And uh, Timmy got beat so, in Farley by a larger gentleman who drives a taxi cab for a living. He he, he drove <laughs> a taxi saw, cab, but he, oh. he doesn't drive a taxi cab now. Okay, at one time Ben Griff said he drove a taxi cab. So okay. and. And he, and he did. He goes, yeah, I used to drive a taxi cab. And we were hanging out at the beer tent after the first day this year. And we were taking pictures, and he was walking around. And I posted it. He has a book, and it's an excuse book. And I wrote every excuse in there that I had for the day. And then everybody else wrote their excuses and stuff. And uh, But I've never been so happy to beat somebody. I actually rode good there. The next day, I actually beat him in two of the motos. Yeah. So and I, I came on the so show. I, I came on the show and was like, listen, I don't know what's happening in England, but Red Dog just got beat by this guy. Larger gentleman drove, drives a taxi cab, and it just worked, Timmy. And I kind of made fun of the guy, and he uh, heard about it, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" Got like, back to him. Got back. It's, to it's him. a small world these days. Yeah, but but I'm no, glad he, he was okay he took, with it. Yeah. No, he he took, he he was. I mean, there, obviously, there's when you're not in America, like he's he's a fan too. So he grew up racing, and he just never did the travel thing from yeah. everything you know our conversations. And yeah, you know, he told me that you know he had Reed beat a couple of weeks before that at Farley oh, and he fell on the last lap. Dude, the guy just, he, he hauls on a dirt bike Yeah, yeah. and yeah. he's, he's super good at like, uh, he said, I grew up on these kind of tracks where it's kind of grassy and like sweepy moto old school GP style tracks. Right. He goes, ah, it's just, it's just what I grew up on. And he rips his kicks 500. Like you would not believe. I, uh, well, it's like, yeah, it's like no. Jojo. Remember how big that yeah. he was awesome on the bike. Jojo, yeah, I think I, in 96, when Jojo was well past his prime, I was looking at results one time in cycle news. Jojo got like tenth overall at Unadilla. Yes, like he was. He had a borrowed bike, I think, even. Dude, yeah, like, and I remember that because he, the bike was just. He was such a big guy. The bike just he put it where he wanted to. Like it was not going to kick him off. Yeah, yeah. Don't care how bad it handled. It didn't matter. Jojo was just yeah. was going to win that battle yeah. with that bike. Yeah, Jojo was a legend. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, Glenn Phillips, the, the KX five hundred yeah. guy. Um, we hung out there for a while, then we finally went back to the hotel. We had some beers at the beer tent, kind of just. It was just a cool camaraderie thing, and then took pictures, and 
But I guess he stayed. He stayed there late, and then the next day, the second two motos, he was suffering at the was, end. Oh. I was like, "Yes, <laughs> I passed him at the end of the moto." Yes. Like, <laughs> uh, so it he, was it was it was good banter. We I went to the. I told Denny before the show that he's got to get to the uh, Fox Hill race that I went to last year. It was an absolute blast. You know, you you go to the Farley one, same same idea. Uh, I had yeah. a great time. Kiefer had a great time. RV I was there. He was the ambassador. He was like a mascot signing autographs, and. It was a great time, man, and Danny, Danny would love it. Danny would be, yes. Well, I'm good friends with Wobbs. I love Wobbs, right. and I worked with him at Smith, and he's, right. he's kind of tried yep. to get me, get me to come over right. the last couple years, and um, I told him I really have no interest in riding a bike. Can we, can we have some <clears throat> beers, or where are we at on that? Yeah, like, uh, well, it's going to be England, so it, it, it's going to be very stout. It could be okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's a different country, right, so right. Okay. yeah, it's completely different issues. I just, you know, I, I know sometimes yeah. booze, well, Danny, you know, yeah, like, yeah. I, well, I... <laughs> Just don't bring me home in a body bag or, you know, okay, exactly. Yes, don't right. lose track of me because I could get lost in England. Who's somewhere. got Denny? I got exactly. him. Exactly. Keep right. me on a short leash. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. That, that, they say that race is amazing. I watched some videos on that race and then um, obviously follow on Instagram. That race kind of took off from Farley. And then yeah. it's just kind of like exploded into its own thing. So David King's been kind of messaging me. He wants me to go over for that one. That one looks K- super Keith's, intense. Yeah, that looks gnarly. He some... stayed for the weekend. Keith went from that one to Farley. He stayed yeah. back. And yeah. so uh, that one is intense, but there's a lot of classes that aren't intense. Tim. Like, Red Dog, I don't think you would ride the main one. That's probably too much for you. Like, literally, RV bowed out of it because he's like, I'm not ready yeah. to go that fast. Yeah. Because those guys That's Tommy Searle and Zacco. <clears throat> right. And, you know, yeah, no, no. super fast no, no. dudes. I, yeah. Then they're 40, yeah, like I, late 30s, early yeah, 40s. There's 130, 140, 150. That's the, the rules. One yeah, guy in the thirties, like, one guy in his forties. Oh, one guy oh, in his 50s. oh! Yeah, wow. So. Yeah, the the Farley one's just a. It's just a cool track. There's no jumps. Like, yeah, it's just a. That's you know, what it gets Steve rough. Said, yeah. It's super rough, and then the roost is gnarly. But it's just a. You know, you anybody can ride the track. There's no big jumps. There's a couple little drop offs. Right. Um, now the Fox Hill ones. Yeah, I have to get in a class where I'm comfortable. Like I said, I was riding a ton like all summer, and I rode great at Farley. Like I felt good. I was on 96 RM 250. Um, the guy's fathead bought me a bike, and then I had a night an '86 CR250 for the other class, but the stator kept going out. Mm. Um, Kiefer had, that a, Kiefer had a bike problem nope. every time out. That's that's the bit of an issue with those bikes. But Wob, they look yeah. they look fantastic, but they, there is still they're old bikes. At the still end of the day. stuff trying that goes to go wrong. as fast. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The brakes aren't great. Right. The suspension. Drum aren't brakes. Great. Right. <laughs> trying to rip around like a like a new bike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's a. Um, it, that, it's kind of cool because, I mean, I feel like, you know, everybody kind of gets Brownie a hard time because he is still racing, like, the amateur races and stuff. But at the end of the day, like, what do you do, like, when you're done racing? Yeah. Like, you've been racing since you've been five years old. You become, say, if you're lucky, you're in your 30s and you're done racing as a pro, you know, early to mid-30s. Like, what do you do? Like, you don't – there's nowhere to go. So, like, some of these events are really cool. Like, the fact that RV goes over to this event – that's awesome. Just to hang out. It's yeah. cool. Like that's yep. that's what that's what the fans like and I think you know that's the way I've always looked at the sport and I've loved the sport and and I've tried to instill that in my kids just to to enjoy it not to not to try not to get caught up in the the the, the downside of it, yeah, right? So the damn at the end of the day when Damn media. Yeah, the media and just you know what people think and then the fans nowadays the fans are brutal nowadays like you know they either like you know, because they can voice their opinion, like mm-hmm. they say whatever they want nowadays. So it's it's kind of a weird little vibe. So like, that's one thing I kind of hope, hope that my kids, you know, still enjoy. And I know with Evan, like he always, you know, everybody gets a hard time about the Insta bangers and stuff. But like, mm-hmm. he enjoys he, he at the end of the day, he enjoys to ride. 
And, you know, I want him to have that enthusiasm when he's 30 and 35 years old because, yeah. I mean, I don't want you why do you want to be burnt out when you're you know, done racing and never want to look at a bike again like some of these kids? So yeah, um, it's a great I point. Want him to have, I we, want him to still have that that outlet. Like you know, that's that wasn't me, but that's always been him. Like he's you know got funny videos and he makes stuff. He cut he edits a lot of his own stuff and you know he's just into that side of the stuff. You know, the branding of him and and I kind of want to keep you know him to keep that kind of going. I think that's that's cool. Deegan's done a good job with. You know, some of his, you know, his media stuff and, and give a different personality. You're always going to have your serious guy. You're going to have your, you know, your Denny, Denny Stevenson. You're going to have mm-hmm. your, you know, your, your Bud Man, your Amig, or, you know, your Rick Johnson. You're always going to have different personalities. I think yeah. that's important. And, and then again, like you said, I mean, this is, it's a time of your life. You're having, you're experiencing things you may never experience again. Yeah. You're traveling the country, the racing, this competitiveness, the camaraderie, the everything. And like you said, to, to leave that, bitterly and, and burn out it, it sucks that yeah. would suck because it, it, it's something you love so much and then you, you burned out so bad you hate it that's that sucks and, and and when you look at your life like your life as a whole yeah the racing whatever however long it goes for timmy it was 18 years but for many it's shorter that's a blip in your life yeah you know that's a blip yeah. and, and dirt bikes have always been there before your blip and after your they should stay there after you know yeah yeah exactly so yeah i kind of this this past year like i said i've i've been in georgia and i've you know, Cowies, Cowies always still give me a bike, you know, every year. Um, so they always loan me a bike, which they do that. Cowie or Rude? More. Kurt Rude. Which is it? Is it Cowie uh, or is it Kurt Rude? I always get it through Kurt. Kurt always is the one that kind of hands the bikes out. But I, I don't know, think you have quite that, the Cowie connection that Chicken has. Yeah. Yeah. yeah chicken you know, is. No, yeah. Yeah. Japan basically Kitch- sends him a factory bike each week, I think. No, in kitch- Kitchen. But, like, if you're if I was in California, like, that's just how Cowie treats you. Like, and that, that's one thing I've always loved about riding for them. And that's why I still ride a Cowie today. Like they just treat, you know, their ex riders really well. Like there's, it's not like you're so dispensable. Like mm-hmm. I feel like with Cowie. So, um, so yeah, I still got a bike this year. I, I didn't really have anything going on when we moved to Georgia. So I rode more this year than I probably rode in the last five years put together. So, um, wow. yeah, now, now my thumb's healed up. I'm, I rode yesterday. I got to get back on it again too. You, uh, I don't know if uh, Regis ever told you this, but I did work for Regis for one race. He put his oh, shoulder. Oh yeah, he out. tells he tells yeah. me he yeah. tells me all the time. He, right. I've heard his story. I I didn't really. Re- I do remember him coming to my house when he was with you and Kelly Smith. I think. Yep. Kelly Smith. Yep. Kelly Smith. So myself, I, Regis, and I think we had with Shane King show up. I don't remember, but yeah, we had the KTM. But Shane King didn't show up, but you let me ride his bike. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, maybe maybe we shouldn't say that. Um, keep that under wraps. <laughs> yeah, keep that. Under, uh, but yeah, uh, listen, Red Dog. Um, thanks for the time tonight. I appreciate it. I'm I'm keeping your career alive. You know, I just want you. Oh, to know we, that. we didn't we didn't we didn't go over my the prediction for Anaheim. Oh yeah yeah. So Anaheim won. It's coming up. What 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 do you think? Man, I I think I would Denny. I was listening before. You know, Tomac's the unknown. Um, I kind of hope he comes back healthy and you know we you know is back to his old, old self. I think that's the big question mark. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Sexton's obviously good. Jets, Jets on a high right now. So, um, Hunter's kind of a sleeper. I think Hunter's going to be good too. So, Hunter, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, Hunter's, I'm excited to see Hunter. I mean, obviously it was Paris, but he he looked yeah. good, and he yeah. and he's one of those guys that just is kind of a machine, and he's been through hell. And I think his style, kind of like RJ, I think it's. I'm looking forward to Hampshire getting a 450 one day because I think their style suits a 450. Okay, so here's what I said in our Racer X preview shows about Hunter, and I agree. I was at Paris. He was great. He was yeah. better than I thought. Yeah. When you look at Hunter, 
little older, becomes a two-time champion, right, indoors and out, after a few tries at it. He's in a spot where Zach Osborne was, where Aaron Plessinger was, where probably some other guys that I'm not thinking of, where you you climb the mountain, you win both the titles, <clears throat> and you go up into the into the class, into the 450 class. And, you know, Osborne and Plessinger have did nice careers. It didn't work out as far as race winners. So it's, my whole thing with Hunter is do you put him – is he an AP or Zach Osborne? Or is he more elite than that? Is he a Jet slash RV slash Tomac slash Roxon? I don't have him in that elite group. I have him as a another Aaron Plessinger, another Zach Osborne, and there's nothing wrong with that. Though I'm not saying that. But not on the elite 450 Supercross race winning, regularly race winning guy. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I I can I can go with you. You know, I think he's man. Just having Jet be on such a roll, you know, that he's got full of confidence too. Um, you know, you got Tomac and Sexton. Sexton won the championship last year, a bunch of races. So yeah, it's kind of hard to jump into that league, you know. So I'm I'm kind of with you a little bit with Hunter, but. I was impressed by the Paris thing, so oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm hopeful for that. He's a super nice guy, too. He's a, he came to our house. Him and Jet uh, both come to our house and rode some during COVID. We rode with them quite a bit, so right. just super, super cool family. Uh, all right, let's get some phone calls here. Uh, first up, it's Dennis. What's up, Dennis? What's your question for Tim Ferry? Dennis, you there? Yeah, I'm here. All right, what's your question? Hey, man? I have a Grant Oster from uh, Unido at 90 uh, Five uh, from when he back when he was on Suzuki. Uh, great to see that he had a great career. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it, Dennis. You're uh, welcome. Uh, this is Steve on three. Uh, he's got an invite for you, Denny Stevenson. Oh, Go ahead, goodness. Steve. Hey, Denny. I, I so I, I hear your son lives in Arizona. No, my mom lives in Arizona, and I'm out visiting her right now. Uh, my son lives in, in Nebraska. He goes to Lincoln University. Um, yeah, he's a he's a college student in Lincoln. All right. Hey, so so do you remember Craig Canoy? I do know Craig. I remember him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Craig Craig's my business partner. We just opened up a new motocross track here in uh, in uh, Arizona, and so we're one of three actually. So we want to get you out on the track. Oh, you got to come out here and ride oh with us. Oh boy, Danny hasn't ridden for a while, right? It's been a while. Yeah, yeah it's been since well, I've ridden once since well, eight, uh, eighteen, I think seventeen, okay. probably. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, no, I, I, I out here in Arizona. I'm in Gilbert, Gilbert, right off the two hundred two out there, and uh, you know, I went out and checked out the, the Arizona Open. Uh, yeah. The couple, couple about a month oh, ago, yeah. or whatever. Saw Bud Men out there and stuff, and obviously I know Craig from the years and uh, Facebook friends with him and kind of follow Craig, all this. Craig Canoy was national number ninety nine one year. Yeah, I remember I do that. Remember that? Yep. Yeah. And he was fast as hell in minis, and he was one of the kind of kids when I – he was in California. Has he always been in Arizona, or was he in California originally? Yeah, yeah. No, Craig's a California guy, obviously. But, yeah, uh, yeah get – so, and, and, you know, Craig's still racing a little bit, uh, a little bit of off-road stuff. So, uh, right. yeah, What's we'd love track? to have you out. What's the and, track? Uh, show you the track and uh, right. have, have you do a little bit of riding with us. DM, DM him on Instagram. Yep, Instagram or Twitter or something. Uh, we'll yeah. do it. Hey, love your love your Facebook stuff too. So uh, yeah, great to hear you tonight. Appreciate it, brother. Thanks, Thank man. you.
Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, all right, Red Dog. Well, listen, I'm yeah, doing my best to keep your career alive. I want you to know that. I'm working hard. <laughs> um, also, I want you to know that in Detroit, first round of the East, it's going to be a very tough time emotionally for me because of Evan Racing. <laughs> Dean Baker, I used to just rag on Dean Baker because he worked for Christian and Mike Craig. And I would tell Dean, Dean, dude, fucking quit, man. You work for the kid and the dad. Like, just stop. You know what I mean? That's, like, a, that's a long time. Right. Like, that's, that's a sure sign. Pull the plug. That you need to just go find something else to do. And not that I'm going to work for Evan because, obviously, Triumph's got him. But I'm going to cover the sport with Evan in it. And I held him when he was a baby. And it's just going to be a tough time, man. Like, Are you going to be emotional? It's going to be a tough time of, like... I'm fucking old, and I'm a oh, loser. That's all. That's, no. that's the emotional state. The emotional side is for me. We talk about you're 50 now. I'm 53. Like, like so. Dean Baker. Like yeah. I'm Dean Baker, and I used to tell <laughs> Dean Baker, like, Dean, what yeah. the fuck, man? You work for Christian and Mike Craig. Stop hanging on the sport, man. Go do something else. Thank you. <laughs> and so that's going to be me in Detroit. <laughs> oh, man. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be funny. So, man, you've grown up quick, right? So, I need a hug. I, I need something. I got to, yeah, something. I, I saw a video the other day that when he was uh, – oh, sorry, Becky wanted me to mention this. We went back and looked at the YouTube videos, the Racer X one, where uh, you and JT, you spoofed like you were going to be mean. I was yes. cut off injury. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah. 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 I, I put your gear on. I was, like, super tight. <laughs> like, you were coming back from injury. You were a little heavy. Right? Yeah. 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 Me and Beckett watched that, and we watched an old, like, uh, Anaheim, I think, in 08. I got third. And – uh so we could watch some old YouTube stuff. But, nice. yeah, Evan's, Evan's got one where he's, like, he's making fun of you, and he's holding a rabbit. Yeah. He's, like, he's, like, literally, like, six or seven years old, seven years old probably. And he's, like, I don't know who you are. Like, yeah. it's just a funny video. Yeah, we had to, like, coach him through it. And, like, Evan. Yeah, Evan. And, yeah, we. Like, Dad, who are these clowns? Timmy let me ride his bike. <laughs> like, I got on his factory cowie and was, like, hey, I'm back. I'm coming back. I'm a little heavier, but, you know, I'm coming back from injury. And, and, and we, I was jogging behind the mule. They were filming me like a Rocky thing, you right. know? And then I got on Timmy's cowie and was, like, doing corners. Wow. Yeah, I have to watch that. It's really good. funny video. That was before social media, really, right? Yeah, yeah. And you, Evie, were, you were, again, head of your day. Evie was, like, looking at me. Like, I was talking to her, like, as if I was Timmy. And she's looking at me, like, you know. So the whole video was, like, we're not letting you in on the joke. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so. it, it's a pretty. Uh, it's 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 funny. Yeah, hey, if you can get back, if you could get on Racer X Films back in the day, you know, you were. Yeah. It, it was just really like it was almost like an honor, right? So yeah. Nowadays, all the kids post their own stuff. Yeah. So, but back then, if you got Racer X filmed you, like it was a big deal. So well, that was that was a funny video. I'm uh, I'm gonna be tough at Detroit. It's gonna be a tough one. You have to watch Evan out there and be like, Hey, Evan, how was your suspension? How was your setup? Like just like you're gonna have to just you're just gonna slip into that mode again, aren't you? I know, right? Yeah. Yeah, With a be... tear just down your cheek like an Indian. Like just <laughs> get out of the sport, Mathis. Yeah, get out. Just quit. You're, you're, hang, you're, you're hanging on, nowhere. dude. <laughs> hanging on. You've been you've been around so long that the sport can't get rid of you. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, tell everybody I said hi, uh, your lovely wife and your children. Yes. And, and even the lovely Regis with the back tattoo, the lower back tattoo. Yeah, the, the yep. tramp stamp. The tramp stamp. <laughs> yep. That's he's funny. probably listening right now. I don't understand. Yeah. He, he's a Hollywood guy. You know he's loaded, right? Because he's, he does, he's done he really well. He invented that camera, right. right? He invented that camera. And deal. he can't get tattoo removal? Yeah. Like, well, what the fuck? It, it's, I think that's who he is now. It's probably like the guys on set probably go, hey, tramp stamp. Yeah, yeah. 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 Check yeah. it out. Yeah. It's funny because like I I call him Andy everywhere we go and people look at like right. they only know him as Regis yeah and like I never even knew that was his name like that's I didn't his either. real name yeah his real name I, is Regis I didn't, right? as, 
I just do it with Andy. So like everybody talks to him when you go on set, they always say Regis and like, it's just, it's just kind of odd to me because I only knew him as Andy, but yeah, yeah he's a, he's, I've he's never a known him as Andy at all. I just, I feel like he has enough money to get that thing removed, you know, but I guess not. Uh, I w- maybe I'll, I want to talk to him about that tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Please do. <laughs> yeah. Tell him I said hello. I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah. Hey, it, it comes out pretty much every time there's like any kind of gathering and there's a few beers going like. Yeah, he's, he's always showing somebody it like as a joke. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. It's a topic of conversation. I think. Uh, I bet it is. I heard it had its own Instagram. As long as as long as it's not a target. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, Red Dog. Yeah, Timmy, it. Tell your dad I said hi. Tell Evie I said hello. And uh, I'll do it, man. Absolutely, brother. Good seeing you. Good, good, talk. good talking to you. We'll yeah. talk soon. Yeah. Good talking to both of you. All right. Yeah. Thank you. That's uh, the great Tim Fair, everybody. Yeah, I've known his wife Evie since she was like. A little child, like she, of Ryan, because Ryan, brother, yeah. So yeah. she was at all the all the amateur Ryan races. Was pretty good, right? Pretty Ryan good. Yep, good great family. Uh, her, her nanny at the time, Mary. Uh, great. I mean, yep. we were like a family. These amateur races, you go to so many of them back then. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah, she was always around, and it's great, great um, family. All right, everybody. I want to thank the folks at Michelin. I talked to my buddy Randy Richardson yesterday. FMIP. Uh, Michelinman.com forward slash motorcycle to learn more about the complete offering of Michelin motorcycle tires. Uh, I'm going to go dirt bike riding tomorrow with my Michelin Starcross 6s. That's impressed by that. And uh, we're going to see, go and air out some jumps on the uh, on the Michelin. The 60-foot tabletop? <clears throat> yeah. We'll see if I can Which is it. not a double? Uh, six versions. Sand, mud, medium soft, medium hard, hard versions with a naming designation corresponding to the type of terrains and conditions. Check out Michelin Starcross 6s at motorsport.com. Also, check out the great mountain bike tires as well. I run the DH... DH24 is out here. Uh, so please check it out. Thanks to the Michelin for all that they do for the sport. And uh, they've, yeah, sported GNCC over the years. Done a lot of things at Michelin. So we thank, we thank the guys at Michelin for coming on board. All right, commercial break here. We have Jason Thomas coming up. Some guy named Rick Johnson. Some guy named Jeff Ward. I don't know. Are they, I, are they fast? Were they fast? I they were all right. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll see what they have to say about it. Actually, we'll get into it after the commercial break. But I do have a question for you about RJ and, All right. and Wardy. Yep. And uh, Danny Stevenson here in studio. Uh, we're going to talk some more Anaheim. 250 Supercross West. I want to get Danny to preview that a little bit. We think we know who's racing it. It's, uh, it's kind of basic uh, math at this point on who's lining up. But, uh, yeah, we'll be right back after this commercial, everybody. At motorsport.com, our ride started in 1999 with a commitment to making your next ride your best ride. We take pride in having a huge selection of gear, accessories, and OEM parts for moto, street, off-road, ATV, and UTV. Riding is what connects us and makes us a family. From the track to the trail, tarmac to open roads, we're all connected because we ride. And that's what motorsport.com is all about. We've got your back. Our unrivaled and dedicated team of gearheads are willing to go that extra mile. No gimmicks, just high-quality parts, the best customer service in the industry, and free shipping on all orders over $79. Our passion at Motosport.com is to ensure your next ride is your best ride. This is our invitation to you, from riders for riders. Visit us at Motosport.com. Maxima Racing Oils was created for world-class racers who challenge the limits of possibility. Their demands on equipment drive us to look beyond conventional ideas and to exceed industry standards. It's in our DNA to identify problems, formulate solutions, and execute at the highest levels of competition. Case in point, the championship-winning factory Kawasaki race team 
longtime Maxima partners who extensively use Maxima throughout the bike. Maxima's USA-made products exceed JSO requirements and can be used in all motorcycle brands. Kawasaki, Honda, Yamaha, Suzuki, KTM, Husqvarna, and more. Maxima Racing Oils. Experience the difference. Visit MaximaUSA.com for more information. It's time to elevate your life. At LiftedTrucksForSale.com, we put you in the driver's seat of your dream truck today. LiftedTrucksForSale.com is your one-stop shop for brand new custom trucks from every major manufacturer. Full factory warranty, available financing, and a hassle-free ownership experience. What are you waiting for? Visit LiftedTrucksForSale.com today. Hi, it's Tomax Superfan Dylan here. The only thing I love more than seeing Eli win... Whoa, wait, Dylan. Sorry to cut you off like Steve does his callers and guests, but a lot has changed. Similar to your favorite rider being on a new team, the new Michelin Starcross 6 tire range provides significantly improved performance and durability. Designed to win. The new Michelin Starcross 6 tire range offers up to 16% more traction when new and up to 19% more traction when worn in comparison to the previous generation. This means consumers will not only benefit from improved performance on their first few rides, but that this performance increase will continue throughout the extended life of the tire. Michelin is a legendary innovator in motorcycle tire technology, and thanks to Michelin Silica technology, the Michelin Starcross 6 tire range provides up to 11% more durability than the previous generation. This means consumers will enjoy the significantly improved performance throughout the increased life of the tire. Take it from me as I too have to buy my own tires, this added value is great news. The new Michelin Starcross 6 tire range is available in six versions, specifically sand, mud, medium soft, medium hard, and hard versions, with the naming designation corresponding to the type of terrains and conditions where the tires were designed to win. Another innovation is the Michelin adaptive design, with specific positioning of the tread blocks in three zones, central, intermediate, and lateral zones, with the single goal to offer exceptional grip for the front tire and exceptional grip traction, and longevity for the rear. To learn more about the new Michelin Starcross 6 tire line and all the quality products that Michelin offers for motorcycle segments that Steve cares nothing about, visit michelinman.com motorcycle. And then visit your local dealer or online retailer to choose Michelin product to maximize your riding experiences. Also, too, make sure to follow at Michelin Motorcycle on Instagram and Facebook. Love the guys at Works Connection. They continue as a 10-year sponsor of this show because, yeah, just like you, they're committed to the sport. For 33 years, they've been designing and distributing leading-edge performance products like the Elite Axle Blocks, Elite Clutch Perch, Pro Launch Start Device for performance, radiator braces and skid plates for protection, along with a shock pump, attack, hour meter, and more for maintenance. Works Connection, great guys up there in NorCal, and super cool company. I'm more stoked to be uh, associated with them. When you take a look around the AMA pitch, you'll see Worst Connection proving ground for products under the canopies of Team Honda, HRC, Star Racing, and other top teams. And the best part of this whole deal is if you use a code PULPAMX20, you get 20% off your order. Visit your local dealer, check out motorsport.com, and uh, ask them to see the Worst Connection product line for 2022. Great company, great products. Check it out. Thanks to Worst Connection for coming on the show. PULPAMX20, the code to save. FMF Racing is proud to celebrate over 45 years of fun, building every FMF exhaust right here in the USA. 
Owner and founder Don Emler may have started FMF Racing in his garage 45 years ago, but Don is still hands-on in our 100,000-square-foot, state-of-the-art manufacturing facility in Southern California. FMF's goal? Design and manufacture the world's best performance exhausts, 100% in the USA, under one roof. FMF is a proud sponsor of the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championship for over 25 years. I'm Cooper Webb, and I choose OGF. I'm Christian Craig. I'm Dean Wilson. I'm Aaron Plessinger. I'm Jerry Martin. I'm Nate Thrasher. I'm Shane McElrath. I'm Hunter Lawrence. My name's Jet Lawrence. I'm Jordan Smith. I'm Talon Hawkins. Target Hampshire. I'm Hayden Deegan. I'm Colt Nichols, and I choose OGO. And I choose OGO. And I choose OGO. I'm Tom Diallo, I choose OGO. And I choose OGO. And I choose OGO. I'm Jiren Ferrandis, and I choose OGO. You likely know Racetech as the suspension and engine tuner of choice for the world's fastest privateers. But what you may not know is behind the scenes, Racetech is the trusted source for many OEMs and factory teams throughout the motorcycle industry. For nearly 40 years, Racetech has been producing high-performance suspension and engine components and services right here in the USA. Racetech doesn't just specialize in motocross. In fact, they have many off-road, hill climb, flat track, road racing, and supermoto championships on the mantle as well. Not a racer but want to smooth out the ride on the street or add some performance to your Harley? Racetech offers a full line of suspension solutions including industry-leading, built-to-order, G3S custom shocks. All Racetech products are 100% guaranteed to exceed your highest expectations. Don't wait. Experience the gold valve advantage today by logging on to Racetech.com. Don't forget to mention Pulp MX when ordering for a discount. With over 80 years experience manufacturing power sports pistons right here in the USA, WiseCo has evolved into a full range of performance components for dirt bikes and other power sports machines. Whether you ride a two-stroke or a four-stroke, WiseCo has a variety of pistons from reliable forged replacements to the performance-focused Racer Elite Series. WiseCo offers race-proven components for the rest of your engine, too. From garage buddy engine rebuild kits, clutch and valve train components, USA-made Racer Elite connecting rods, and their CB4 thermal protection line. WiseCo is proud to be a technical partner with Factory Honda HRC for the 2023 Supercross and Motocross. Driving professional level product development that gets passed down to you. Visit your favorite online or local dealer or WiseCo.com to find products for your machine. From beginners to seasoned vets, race teams, project builds, and magazine tests, Decal Works' mission is to cater to those who love to ride, upholding the true definition of quality, service, and knowledge. Visit decalmx.com and use promo code PULPMX23 to get 20% off your custom graphics. Decal Works, number one for many reasons. In 1990, my dad, Jamie Gregg, started Guts Racing. Guts stands for Gregg's Ultra Trick Seats. 
because I was just a little kid that wanted a trick seat. And if you're out there looking for a trick seat, go to GutsRacing.com, your local dealer, or Motosport and place your order. Support the people that support Pulp MX. You can use Pulp 2022 for 20% off at GutsRacing.com. Attention riders, welcome aboard the all-new Atlas Vision. We hope you enjoy the added mobility, quicker flight time, and additional views. Please follow along as we outline the safety features of this revolutionary device. The first thing you will notice is the added headroom. The fore and aft positions no longer come with annoying restrictions, so feel free to move about the cabin. Quicker flight times can be achieved by unmatched comforts and unencumbered movements. Yes, we're built for speed and comfort. And now available to all customers is a 360 panoramic view. Go ahead and look around the cabin. These new angles are available at no additional charge. Located on the underside of the frame is the gold standard of impact absorption, D3O. In the event we accidentally take a trip to Indonesia, we suggest that you remain with your neck in the underextended position and allow this proven material to do its job by reducing the forces over 50% better than ever before. Although the Atlas Vision will not be noticeable, it will be there when you need it. If you are riding with a child or someone who requires assistance, secure your vision first and then assist the other person with a prodigy, type, or brawl. We ask that you keep your brace on until your moto is finished. We remind you that Atlas makes flexible neck protection. Tampering with, disabling, or destroying the product is prohibited by the limited lifetime warranty. You will find this and all other safety information in the user manual located online at atlasbrace.com. At this time, we ask that you remain standing with throttles in the wide open position with your elbows up and hips fully unlocked. Whatever that means. On behalf of the captain and entire crew, thank you for flying Atlas Vision. Enjoy the views. At motorsport.com, our ride started in 1999 with a commitment to making your next ride your best ride. We take pride in having a huge selection of gear, accessories, and OEM parts for moto, street, off-road, ATV, and UTV. Riding is what connects us and makes us a family. From the track to the trail, tarmac to open roads, we're all connected because we ride. And that's what motorsport.com is all about. We've got your back. Our unrivaled and dedicated team of gearheads are willing to go that extra mile. No gimmicks, just high quality parts, the best customer service in the industry, and free shipping on all orders over $79. Our passion at motorsport.com is to ensure your next ride is your best ride. This is our invitation to you, from riders for riders. Visit us at motorsport.com. Maxima Racing Oils was created for world-class racers who challenge the limits of possibility. Their demands on equipment drive us to look beyond conventional ideas and to exceed industry standards. It's in our DNA to identify problems, formulate solutions, and execute at the highest levels of competition. Case in point, the championship-winning Factory Kawasaki Race Team, longtime Maxima partners who extensively use Maxima throughout the bike. Maxima's USA-made products exceed JSO requirements and can be used in all motorcycle brands. Kawasaki, Honda, Yamaha, Suzuki, KTM, Husqvarna, and more. Maxima Racing Oils. Experience the difference. Visit MaximaUSA.com for more information. It's time to elevate your life. At LiftedTrucksForSale.com, we put you in the driver's seat of your dream truck today. 
LiftedTrucksForSale.com is your one-stop shop for brand-new custom trucks from every major manufacturer. Full factory warranty, available financing, and a hassle-free ownership experience. What are you waiting for? Visit LiftedTrucksForSale.com today. Hi, it's Tomax Superfan Dylan here. The only thing I love more than seeing Eli win... Whoa, wait, Dylan. Sorry to cut you off like Steve does his callers and guests, but a lot has changed. Similar to your favorite rider being on a new team, the new Michelin StarCross 6 tire range provides significantly improved performance and durability. Designed to win. The new Michelin StarCross 6 tire range offers up to 16% more traction when new and up to 19% more traction when worn in comparison to the previous generation. This means consumers will not only benefit from improved performance on their first few rides, but that this performance increase will continue throughout the extended life of the tire. Michelin is a legendary innovator in motorcycle tire technology, and thanks to Michelin Silica technology, the Michelin Starcross 6 tire range provides up to 11% more durability than the previous generation. This means consumers will enjoy the significantly improved performance throughout the increased life of the tire. Take it from me as I too have to buy my own tires, this added value is great news. The new Michelin Starcross 6 tire range is available in six versions, specifically sand, mud, medium soft, medium hard, and hard versions, with the naming designation corresponding to the type of terrains and conditions where the tires were designed to win. Another innovation is the Michelin adaptive design, with specific positioning of the tread blocks in three zones, central, intermediate, and lateral zones, with the single goal to offer exceptional grip for the front tire and exceptional grip, traction, and longevity for the rear. To learn more about the new Michelin Starcross 6 tire line, and all the quality products that Michelin offers for motorcycle segments that Steve cares nothing about, visit michelinman.com slash motorcycle. And then visit your local dealer or online retailer to choose Michelin product to maximize your riding experiences. Also, too, make sure to follow at Michelin Motorcycle on Instagram and Facebook. Love the guys at Works Connection. They continue as a 10-year sponsor of this show because, yeah, just like you, they're committed to the sport for 33 years. They've been designing and distributing leading-edge performance products like the Elite Axle Blocks, Elite Clutch Perch, Pro Launch Start Device for performance, radiator braces and skid plates for protection, along with a shock pump, attack, hour meter, and more for maintenance. Works Connection, great guys up there in NorCal, and super cool company. I'm more stoked to be uh, associated with them. When you take a look around the AMA pitch, you'll see Works Connection proving ground for products under the canopies of Team Honda, HRC, Star Racing, and other top teams. And the best part of this whole deal is if you use the code PULPAMX20, you get 20% off your order. Visit your local dealer, check out motorsport.com, and uh, ask them to see the Works Connection product line for 2022. Great company, great products. Check it out. Thanks to Works Connection for coming on the show. PULPAMX20, the code to save. FMF Racing is proud to celebrate over 45 years of fun, building every FMF exhaust right here in the USA. Owner and founder Don Emler may have started FMF Racing in his garage 45 years ago, but Don is still hands-on in our 100,000-square-foot, state-of-the-art manufacturing facility in Southern California. FMF's goal? Design and manufacture the world's best performance exhausts, 100% in the USA, under one roof. FMF is a proud sponsor of the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championship for over 25 years. I'm 
Cooper Webb, and I choose OGF. I'm Christian Craig. I'm Dean Wilson. I'm Aaron Plessinger. I'm Jerry Martin. I'm Nate Thrasher. I'm Shane McElrath. I'm Hunter Lawrence. My name's Jet Lawrence. I'm Jordan Smith. I'm Talon Hawkins. Stargate Hampshire. I'm Hayden Deegan. I'm Cole Nichols, and I choose OGF. And I choose OGO. And I choose OGO. I'm Tom Diallo, I choose OGO. And I choose OGO. And I choose OGO. I'm Jiren Ferrandis, and I choose OGO. You likely know Racetech as the suspension and engine tuner of choice for the world's fastest privateers. But what you may not know is behind the scenes, Racetech is the trusted source for many OEMs and factory teams throughout the motorcycle industry. For nearly 40 years, Racetech has been producing high-performance suspension and engine components and services right here in the USA. Racetech doesn't just specialize in motocross. In fact, they have many off-road, hill climb, flat track, road racing, and supermoto championships on the mantle as well. Not a racer but want to smooth out the ride on the street or add some performance to your Harley? Racetech offers a full line of suspension solutions including industry-leading, built-to-order, G3S custom shops. All Racetech products are 100% guaranteed to exceed your highest expectations. Don't wait. Experience the gold valve advantage today by logging on to Racetech.com. Don't forget to mention Pulp MX when ordering for a discount. With over 80 years experience manufacturing power sports pistons right here in the USA, WiseCo has evolved into a full range of performance components for dirt bikes and other power sports machines. Whether you ride a two-stroke or a four-stroke, WiseCo has a variety of pistons from reliable forged replacements to the performance-focused Racer Elite Series. WiseCo offers race-proven components for the rest of your engine, too. From garage buddy engine rebuild kits, clutch and valve train components, USA-made Racer Elite connecting rods, and their CB4 thermal protection line. WiseCo is proud to be a technical partner with Factory Honda HRC for the 2023 Supercross and Motocross. Driving professional level product development that gets passed down to you. Visit your favorite online or local dealer or WiseCo.com to find products for your machine. From beginners to seasoned vets, race teams, project builds, and magazine tests, Decal Works' mission is to cater to those who love to ride, upholding the true definition of quality, service, and knowledge. Visit decalmx.com and use promo code PULPMX23 to get 20% off your custom graphics. Decal Works, number one for many reasons. In 1990, my dad, Jamie Gregg, started Guts Racing. Guts stands for Gregg's Ultra Trick Seats, because I was just a little kid that wanted a trick seat. And if you're out there looking for a trick seat, go to GutsRacing.com, your local dealer, or Motosport, and place your order. Support the people that support Pulp MX. You can use Pulp 2022 for 20% off at GutsRacing.com. Attention riders, 
Welcome aboard the all-new Atlas Vision. We hope you enjoy the added mobility, quicker flight time, and additional views. Please follow along as we outline the safety features of this revolutionary device. The first thing you will notice is the added headroom. The fore and aft positions no longer come with annoying restrictions, so feel free to move about the cabin. Quicker flight times can be achieved by unmatched comforts and unencumbered movements. Yes, we're built for speed and comfort. And now available to all customers is a 360 panoramic view. Go ahead and look around the cabin. These new angles are available at no additional charge. Located on the underside of the frame is the gold standard of impact absorption, D3O. In the event we accidentally take a trip to Indonesia, we suggest that you remain with your neck in the underextended position and allow this proven material to do its job by reducing the forces over 50% better than ever before. Although the Atlas Vision will not be noticeable, it will be there when you need it. If you are riding with a child or someone who requires assistance, secure your vision first and then assist the other person with a prodigy, type, or brawl. We ask that you keep your brace on until your moto is finished. We remind you that Atlas makes flexible neck protection. Tampering with, disabling, or destroying the product is prohibited by the limited lifetime warranty. You will find this and all other safety information in the user manual located online at atlasbrace.com. At this time, we ask that you remain standing with throttles in the wide open position with your elbows up and hips fully unlocked. Whatever that means. On behalf of the captain and entire crew, thank you for flying Atlas Vision. Enjoy the views. Welcome back, everybody. Pulp Mech Show presented by motorsport.com. Decal works. Fly racing. Yeah. Uh, At motorsport.com. There you go. There right, you go. Not really starting 2024 off, you know, Talon, with a bang. That's funny. It didn't loop earlier when I wanted it to loop, but now that I didn't want mm-hmm. it to loop, it looped. Yeah. 2024, not going well. You know what? I'm going to institute, I'm going to institute like a series of, uh, I don't know, like, like uh, mistakes made during the show. And then when they add up to five, we'll... You know, we'll, do we'll, nothing about it. We'll, we'll we'll issue fines, like cracking open a drink. It's the sound of an ice cold Red Bull. Oh boy, is it really? No. Oh. Uh, anyways, thank you for listening. Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. I want to thank the folks at Factory Chassis Parts. They're on board with us for twenty twenty four. Uh, in my experience as a factory mechanic, I've worked a ton with motor mounts. Over the years, whether it's on four strokes or two strokes, I can absolutely tell you that the, the riders notice a difference, that things make a difference um, for these engine mounts. And the guys at Factory Chassis Parts, uh, they test a lot with a lot of riders to figure out the best engine mount for your four-stroke. Phoenix Honda, Starling, FNH MXGP team, Rock River, many more use these uh, mounts. As they're designed to improve traction, handling, cornering, and feel out there. And please check them out. CNC machine parts out of high-quality aluminum and titanium. Easy to install and drastic improvements right away. Pulpamex-chassis is the code to save. Pulpamex-chassis is the code to save with factory chassis parts. FCP. You've seen the logo on many teams, I'm sure. So thank you to the folks at uh, FCP factory chassis parts. Use that code. And to learn more about them and their website, it's uh, pulpamexshow.com. Um, thank you to those guys. Motorsecondaryjobs.com. Uh, job of the week. Coming up here with JT right away uh, from Fly Racing. Danny Stevenson, by the way, in studio. Hello. Uh, Thor Brand Manager. Job of the week. It's a full-time job. It's in California. Uh, the Thor Brand Manager is responsible for the planning, management, and direction of all sales and marketing for the brand. This position will drive brand growth through social, sound business principles, program activation, coordination, and more. It's a really good job from the guys at Parts Unlimited and Thor. Danny, you're familiar with them as well over the years. Uh, MotorcycleNewsyJobs.com, Job of the Week brand manager for Thor and uh, upload your resume for free today on 
MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com. Also, could you send me that link? <clears throat> yeah, I need that. You want to do that? Yeah. Have you? Have you? Like, you're such a Nebraska guy. I know, right? Like, you love it. It's where you're from. It's where you grew, born and raised. Have you tried to get industry jobs from the, uh, that you could do from Nebraska? <laughs> like, there's not a lot out there. There's not a lot of remote stuff. But since COVID, more and more stuff has been that way. Have you looked to get a foot back uh, in the industry? I have not really at the moment. <clears throat> but I uh, <clears throat> back in '09. When the economy crashed is when I was doing an agent stuff with Bob Walker from Connections and yeah. worked with Josh and Trey at the time, and I got let go. And about that time, I was going through a divorce <clears throat> with my ex, now ex-wife, my yep. son, Riley's mom. And I had kind of called in the industry to look at getting something. And okay. at the time, it was like, man, you got to move to California. You got to be where the industry's at. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to move away from my son at the time, but he's now 21. Yeah. He's a senior in college. And so <clears throat> I'm definitely more... Yeah. Look, looking yeah. for something because now I, you're in the construction, you hose, yeah, hoses and I, stuff. And I, you so, know, I'm not getting any younger for being fit, manual labor. Yeah, something I enjoy. I enjoy creating, building something, but it's it's hard work. And uh, the winter's not, you know, the winter's have been a little bit better. But I feel like with your the amount of people that you know, the amount of people that like you, the amount of the smartness, the smartness, the the intelligence you've had in the industry from an agency or from a goggle brand. I've done a little oh, bit of everything. Yeah. TV jobs, <clears throat> etc. Yeah. Like, I feel like you could get something. I'd like to get into it again because I obviously, <clears throat> it's what I know. Yeah. Um, what I've been doing forever. You know, I'm a hanger on like yourself. <laughs> and um, Yeah. But I'd love it. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a passionate sport. So, um, yeah. I've talked with uh, a friend of mine about Scott Steffi over at Viral Brand Goggles or something. Um yeah. yeah, I yeah. mean, I might as well get stuff back into something that I enjoy and love and, and know Absolutely. something about. Yeah, no, I feel <clears throat> there's not a lot out there that I know outside of uh, outside of motor. And so. I feel like, uh, like I said, a lot of people know who you are. A lot of people like you. So you if you're know? outside, if you're yeah. out there listening, okay, and you had a job, Danny Steve, contact me at, at Steve Mathis. No, no, Instagram, DM me. I'll work out a fee and you know an exactly. agency and all that, and yep. we'll, we'll get Danny sorted. Uh, the seven o'clock hour brought to you by the folks at Off Road Warehouse O R W. This is the butt patch on the back of Phil Nicoletti. Uh, Jay Mart and Garrett Marchbanks. Marchbanks has some low-key hype right now. Uh, Club MX for how well he's riding. Uh, I wish he would have rode a 450, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, stop in and check out the latest in truck, Jeep, Overland, UTV, and racing products from the industry's leading brands. The code is PulpMX to save. So they are the stores are staffed by knowledgeable, experienced team, and they sell everything from suspension kits, tires, and wheels, and they stall it as well. And the code is PulpMX to uh to save that to uh to save that at off-road warehouse orw all right fly racing flyracing.com they're a big part of everything we do on pulp they are back with us for 2024 across the range uh thursday is the fly race and moto 60 show uh this thursday at 11 a.m pacific uh and of course fly racing uh please check them out at motorsport.com or your local dealer what's up jt how are you man I'm good. What are you guys up to? Oh, you know, just talking to Anaheim. Yeah. Yeah, just sitting around in a chair talking about dirt bikes. Yep, that's what we do. Yeah. All right. Yep. Uh, it should be exciting. We got Jeff Ward and Rick Johnson coming up here, um, two legends as well, to talk Anaheim. So that'll be great. And, and uh, earlier, uh, Jason, Steve said that you do not like aggressive riding. And I just wanted to ask you, is that because of Jacksonville Arena Cross? I just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was, hold on. That was practice. Yeah, well, like, hey, man, it's track not, time. Non-qualifying, <laughs> non-timed practice. Debo just lights me up. <laughs> really, Debo? Into the cheap seats. <clears throat> it's, a, it's a quick welcome to the, welcome to the bullring. It was. I, guess. I don't know that I would consider that a welcome. <laughs> um, it, it was something. So was that not the same night of the Bogard? 
It was the same weekend. Same weekend. So you you had this Denny guy taking you out in practice, <laughs> and then later on, a full-scale track brawl with Bogart. Welcome yeah, to Arena Cross, JT. Yeah, yeah. welcome. Carpet treatment. Just right, every lap, down the start straight. Are they fighting? They've not read. Like, dude, all right. It's the most insane story. Like, <laughs> it, it truly is. It, That's, it, yeah, Jason tells it awesome. And, and, <laughs> and Eddie Ray is involved with a silencer upside ahead the next week. That was the next weekend. Yeah, the yeah, next weekend. The next week. But that weekend in Jacksonville, he absolutely beat the hell out of Charlie and his mechanic weaving the stadium. That's what that's what brought on the full-on like right. urban warfare in, in Fort Worth with, with, a, with a pro circuit silencer to the side. <laughs> yeah, of and the I head. didn't hear about that till like the next day or maybe or the yeah. next the next night. People yeah. were like, did you hear what went on in the parking lot? And that's the way it was in Arena Crest. Like if you didn't like what went on the track. There might be a fight in the parking lot, and we I caused maybe a few of those myself. And But that was entertainment value. It was the WWE of it, dirt biking. It, it, <clears throat> poor Frank was in a headlock. It was, I mean, Denver Arena Cross. I, I knocked down, I think, Grayson Goodman. Again, I didn't even realize I was going through the pack. I won the race, and Grayson's coming up. We're, you know, I stopped on the track, and he's coming over me on his bike. I think he's going to congratulate me. Yeah. Throws his bike down punches me in the helmet my bike goes down we're wrestling mechanics are fighting security's trying to separate us this was 125 main mind you there's a 250 main so all of a sudden they're like my kids we got a race oh so everybody just okay everybody, everybody stops go get their other bike comes up for the next main event and then we all drink beers after so um it's, yeah great times great times and that's why i'm so open-minded to the chaos jt when you got the tough <laughs> ride the one year um, yeah uh for arena cross you know kind of like looking at trying to do something different, right? It's a paid ride, all that. Did you did you do any good? Or why did you – you got hurt? Or, I like, broke, how did yeah, it go? I broke my finger. I broke a finger and dislocated another finger the first night in Des Moines. The very the, first race. Okay. Yeah, the first turn of the, of the first main event. Um, I So I got hurt, like, right away. And I was, like, somewhat prepared. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have won, but I would have been a six – I don't know, five, six, something like that. What year would that have been? Um, that was the end of O two. Was was Cog your end team manager? Right, we discussed this. He right? was. Yeah, yep. he absolutely. Sure was. Yep. There you go. Yeah. So that put me out like a month, um, and then I kind of came in like way too early. Like I was not ready. Like I my t- fingers all taped up. Um, so it took me a while to kind of get going. And also remember, these guys were in like mid season form yeah. by then, right? So it took me a while. Like at the very end, right before I left, like I got a double podium in Memphis, and then I got the call the next weekend. And I think I think. Like Chuck and um, John Mitch at the subway kind of saw me like, okay, he's kind of back to form again, and that's when they called me, and that's when I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm good, I'm done with this. Like I finally <laughs> proved that I could be run with those guys. I'm like, I don't, yeah. I, I wasn't really enjoying it anyway, and I was like, you know, there, you know how I am about that type of riding. Yeah, and that's all it is. Oh. Like everybody's just smashing each other all the time. Yeah, you know? but there, there's an alternative universe where you don't break your finger, you enjoy some success in arena cross, and you keep it going. You know, uh, maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I just felt like Supercross was always going to be my destiny, right? Like I tried it and I don't, I don't know that it was ever going to be for me. Like those guys are so specialized at what they do. Um, and I've always said I that too. It, yeah. It, it's a different, it was a yeah. different sport. I mean, people didn't realize yeah. that. I mean, when, <clears throat> when Feld or whatever tried to make it to, you know, arena cross or Supercross junior, I'm like, nothing you do in arena cross translates to Supercross in the least. Right. Right. Yeah. I do think that when um, I kind of figured it out, like I raced so much in Germany and it's, it's very similar, like small tracks, big whoops. Like you, it's just a kind of rinse and repeat. Had I gone back like 06, 07 
08 time frame, I think I would have been ready, right? Mm-hmm. Like on a 450 or on a four stroke, like in that, I, I was finally had got my skill set kind of there. Um, I think I was just kind of jumping in. You know, you're jumping into the deep end. Those guys are so dialed in and they know exactly what they're doing. And you look at like Kyle Peters, like he knows exactly what's going to happen before he even gets there. And it's really hard for anybody to to really deal with that. Um, so yeah, like Dennis yeah. Dan, it's, it's a very specialized, very specific discipline. Yeah, it, uh, and then you got assholes like Danny knocking you down in untimed practice. <clears throat> well, I think there there was just a there's just like a code, right? Yeah. And like they're just there's they're hazing you, they're breaking you in. And yeah. I didn't like know it at the time. Like I have perspective on it now, yeah. but like. Yeah, you want to come race with us. We're not going to let you just come in and do well. Like, you're going to get bumped around a little bit. And, yeah, it wasn't anything personal. You yeah. know, it's like Mitch would send his guys over, and first yeah. thing we do is put them on the ground. Yeah, like, Nick, Nick raced Des Moines a few years, right? Uh, yeah. Rockford and stuff, yeah. you know, and Nathan did it. Pingree come over. I mean, you're super cross guys. I think Tedesco and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you know. Yeah. I mean, this is this is a 17-second tr- track with four lanes. It's going to be some chaos. Yeah, I, yeah. I said, like, my arena cross, you know, the dash for caches, they're four laps. Come one, come all. I will beat you in four laps. I don't care if you're McGrath. I don't care who the hell you are. I just got to go fast for two minutes. Not even that, probably. Right. You know, minute 30. Right. So, but it was fun. It's awesome. And I'm, yeah. I'm glad it's cool that, you know, Jason's experienced so much, JTS, um, you know, Europe and stuff. And he had such a long career. It's, it's really cool that he had that perspective and, 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 yeah. and talks highly of it and, and realizes how gnarly it was. Yeah. It was. The Arena Cross guys are back, by the way. They're, they're bringing it back. It's doing well. Kyle Peters is racing it. The next round is uh, the 5th of January, this weekend in Loveland, Colorado. Uh, round four of the series, arenacrossusa.com for tickets and more info. they got a two-stroke brawl coming up as well. Uh, select rounds are chasing a $20,000 total purse. Uh, they're in Daytona this year as well, Friday night before the Supercross. So uh, please check out arenacrossusa.com for more information. It's a, it's a series that Danny holds close to his heart. It was fun. I mean, I was blessed. Who would have thought I was going to race a motorcycle until... You know, 32 yeah. years old. I was what was, getting the, what was the most money you made in arena cost? <clears throat> in 2000, I, I rode uh, the Bills Pipe Prime Loompole Suzuki yeah. team with Budman, and we won everything. Yeah. We won, I think, 75% of the mains, and I won the dash title. He won the main title. I think I came four points behind him in that. And uh, I think it was like 150 I made. Yeah. Bonuses were good. Yeah. Dash for cash. I remember I had a Ziploc bag of cash that just was 10 yeah. grand sat in a, a sock drawer. Yeah. I'd kill for those days. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> well, we had KP on here a couple weeks ago, and he said he's going for Budman. This is his, if he wins this one, it's his fifth one. <clears throat> well, he ties Budman. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I listen to that, and it's cool. I mean, it, but it's a different era, and Kyle's good at it what he does. But, but Budman is, Budman's the king and will always be the king in my eyes. You know? Okay, all yeah. right, was, Denny. All it right. was so deep back then. Oh man, like it, it was, was really deep. Yeah. Like the talent level, we're all former Supercross winners. Like it was, it's a different time. Like that shouldn't. Like Kyle can't do anything about that. No, like, that's not his fault. You can only <laughs> race who shows up. But man, it was it was like the heyday. It was like the you know there will never be another era of arena cross across like that. You know, yeah, my, my no. kid was a great promoter, and, and now uh, they're doing a great job today. And I'm, yeah, I'm Robbie stoked. McCory is there yep. right now. So uh, Robbie's you, awesome. You've raced him. I've, um, yeah, yeah, I've talked to him a handful of times right. about you know helping him promote it because I think he's got the the goal and the direction and the vision yeah. of kind of Mike did, and uh, I, I look forward to it and I'm pumped for it. So I hope some of the riders, yeah, you know, dip their toe in it. I think there's some money to be made, and hopefully the manufacturers and teams kind of find some interest in it because yeah. they're getting good good TV coverage and and everything else. So. Yeah. Should be should be great. Uh, all right, let's talk 250 West a little bit, JT. Uh, we did the Race Rex preview shows, and we had you in studio a few weeks ago, so we kind of covered a lot of that. But let's go 250 West a little bit. R.J. Hampshire, Joe Schmoda, Levi Kitchen, Max Voland, Ryder D, Nate Thrasher, Jordan Smith, Julian Bomar, some of the guys that are racing. I 
feel like RJ is the slight favorite over Schmoda and Thrasher and Kitchen? Uh, are you guys with me? Or do you put Schmoda on the level of RJ and, like, same percent chance to win? I just – I know Joe's on a factory Honda, and there's always Joe hype, but let's see him come through when he's one of the favorite guys. He hasn't done that yet. And also – He's got one win. RJ's got five or whatever, you know. RJ's got more experience. So give me RJ, who yep. only RJ'd once last year. Yeah. Are, we, are we putting Forkner in this at all? Like Forkner's that, East. That group? Yeah. Forkner's East. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. Back. Pro all Circuit's right. Levi and, and Volan, who Volan has low-key okay. flying at the test track hype right now. So yeah. <clears throat> He's also um, made, no, I, He also missed two mains last year, which is – yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm. I'm so. You're gonna have to show me on Boland. Yeah, like I'm not there. Right. Absolutely okay. not. Fair like enough. He, yeah. he is. He's let me down too many times when I thought this was gonna be the time. You know. So, so Schmoda and he can't do well. I'm just not gonna count yeah. on it. Schmoda and Volan, or sorry, Schmoda and RJ. Do you put them on the same level? Yeah, I have them really close. Um, if you go off last year's results, it's really hard to argue with RJ being the favorite because outside of A2's disaster, uh, and then the you know, home plate slide in East Rutherford, he got second at every other race. So that's a pretty powerful stat to come in with. And then you take out Jet, who was unbelievable, right? Like, mm-hmm. RJ's your champ last week. And, and realistically, I, I think you would have argued for this, Steve. Jet probably shouldn't have been in 250 Supercross last year, right? Like, I, I know you believe that. So RJ could have very easily been the champ going in with a number one plate this year in a, you know, in an alternate universe. So I think that sets up really nicely for him. Um, the, the one question I have, and it's not so much a question as it is a stipulation for Joe changing that narrative, is he has to start really fast. And he really has never done that. Like no. It's almost been the complete opposite of him starting fast. Like It's, it's like this, he's like stuck in quicksand to start these series, and he does so much damage in the first half of any series he's in that he really can't even see the, you know, the championship by the end of it. So... If he comes out and really kind of impresses at A1, then I'm going to have to rethink all of it because that would be a fundamental change in everything he's done with championships so far. Where are you at, Denny? Um, <clears throat> I'm a, uh, I think RJ head and shoulders a little bit right now. Joe has a lot to prove to me as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, he just hasn't. He hasn't shown that blazing fast speed. You know, he again, he's a he's a slow moving truck that gets the job done, but he folds under pressure. Look at this SMX series. He had a chance in Coliseum when the pressure was on. He got kind of smoked in that last moto. Um, he hasn't really he has one win. He had that was what two years ago. He had one podium last year. Uh, I love the fact he's on Honda, but even Paris again. Paris was just a one off race. There was really nobody there for him to race. Vial, you know, he should have went six for six. He went what three for six? Three I think for six. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he and he blew it. He had he crashed, messed up in the first turn, coming through the pack. He could have easily got to the front, made another mistake. I mean, he. I think he showed his colors that he's still not clutch. He's not able to just put it down when it needs to be done mm-hmm. because I think he should have been six for six there easily, and he went three for six and he was still the prince. But um, he didn't show anything that I'm like, oh wow, right. holy right. cow, he's the man. Like he didn't show that blazing speed. He was a, he was the better rider, and he should have been the better rider, and he just didn't dominate like I thought he should have. Right. Okay. So kitchen. I don't know, man. He's kind of an anomaly, and then leaving Star, going to Pro Circuit, um, it's a different vibe. You know Mitch uh, better than I do, and I know Mitch pretty well. And the team, I don't know what kind of pressure, what kind of mentality he puts on over there, but there's been 
so many injuries coming into the season. Um, on I, Mitch's team, you mean? On Mitch's yeah, team, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and I think he's old school. <clears throat> you know, he he's the one. If you're not, he's not happy with you. He'll let you know it. Yeah. And I don't know if that breaks some of the riders mentally, puts too much pressure on them. Do they go out and crash their brains out trying to show show him that he's fat? They're fast in practice. Um, I think I, I think Levi's the star mentality is a lot like old school Mitch. So yeah. Levi's been through this. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Mitch's bikes definitely got fast there at the yeah. end of last year. I don't know what exactly it was, uh, but I think that's what they were missing. They weren't starting up front, and all of a sudden, what, yeah. Unadilla on, they are running top five every week. <clears throat> so if they got those bikes dialed in, Kitchen's dealt with it. He's also proven to be a starter. If he doesn't get the start, he's he's running seventh. If he gets yeah. the whole shot, he wins. Yeah, he's had some weird races. Yeah, yeah. and I think Thrasher's, Thrasher's kind of the same way. Um, when he, you know, when no one's really thinking about him in the last chance, he whole shots and wins the damn thing. Mm-hmm. Next week, he runs seventh or, or crashes. So these guys still got to prove they can make a nine-round season, which a lot of them haven't proven yet. And RJ has, like like Jason said. He's kind of clockwork. He's a machine. He knows it. He's 30 years old. He's been in this class for a yeah. decade now. Um, I think you have to kind of just put hands on that he's the guy. My question is the rookies. You know, Juju. Um, who else we got? Ryder uh, D. Ryder D. Romano. Are these guys going to jump in and run top five right away? Or are we going to see him run six through tenth, JT? Yeah, I think they. You know, all those guys have things that they're going to have to prove, right? Like, you know, I, I think that Juju was the one that really impressed the most. Like, he just looked like he kind of has it, right? His, he's so impressive in the whoops, and he looks like he can play the part. You know, for lack of a better term. Now, is he ready to take the next step and kind of, you know, be on the on the big stage in that moment? I don't know, but um, I, I think he truly does have something special. And I, I, in the end, I think that's why Red Bull KTM decided to go with him. And and you know, Max had to make the move to Monster Pro Circuit Kawasaki. Like I think they just see something special in him. So we'll see if how Max kind of responds to that. I did want to touch on what you're saying about Kitchen. Um, and really, for me. It's not a talent thing with Levi. It's not can he or can't he. But if you look at his results, whether it's indoors or out, there are these bright, shining moments where you're like, that guy can win. Like, he, he will be a champion. And then the next weekend, you're watching, you're going, what the hell is he doing out there? Right? Like, he's, he's, <clears throat> and he's in 11th, and, he, and he, can't, he can't pass anybody. And and I don't understand what's happening. And he's done that in outdoors on the same day. Absolutely. Yeah, yep. one moto, he wins. He the next like, one, he, he runs. He starts 11th, and he finishes 11th. And Yep, so like looking at his results last year, right, he goes 7 at the opener, 21 at the second race. There's a 4th in there, a 6th in there, and a 12th in there, right? Like, that will not get you anywhere near a championship. And in the end, he was 70 points off the lead, you know? So that's where I think he has to grow into this role. Like, if you want to be an elite guy that Mitch is counting on to be his championship contender – you have to be more consistent than that. You have to show up every weekend, right? It's, it's, you can't have these off weekends where you're running around in ninth and no one can really figure out why. You have to be on your best form every Saturday night. And that, that's the step I think RJ took last year. Yeah. RJ crashed some, yes, and he probably will crash again. But even in the crashes, he still has his best stuff every weekend. And there were way too many weekends last year where Levi just didn't have that. And the next weekend he'd be fine again. But guess what? You gave, you gave up. 18 points the, the prior weekend because you weren't very good. Yeah, and Levi, this is his third year of Supercross, but really only his second year because the first year he only rose one round and then 
hurt his shoulder. Oh yeah. And yep. then yeah. so then last year, so this is really his second year of 250 Supercross, which yeah, isn't really quite the time to start winning. But I would, you know, I would agree with you. But it, but like Denny said, that problem is consistent no matter where he races. It well, doesn't matter, right? Like. And it our, doesn't matter yeah. like Unadilla, he wins a moto the next weekend at Bud's Creek. He's like twelfth all day. Well, yeah. Like, what is happening? Or what even you know, on? like Seattle, he just whole shot and took off, right? Like so, like exactly, right? You know, he you he, know he showed, yeah, he showed it. So, yeah. can you can he find a way to summon that form every Saturday? That's going to be the difference in whether he's a champion, you know, in his career or not. In my opinion, I just you know like I look at and this is no offense to RJ or Jordan. Or, you know, I just I look at guys like RJ and Jordan. They've been there so long. Dude, they've been there so long. Right. They, they, when are they going to flip the switch? I, I, just, I don't think you are. I just – they are who like they are. Year, take I know, it, but, but, you can't, you, but there's a difference and, and, between between I'm the guy and I'm going to hope to beat this kid. You know, there's yeah, a little difference you, mentality of that. Did you watch um, – I went back just because I was – not necessarily for this reason, but I went back and watched A1 from last year. And RJ just straight up put it to Jet in the first heat race. Like, straight up put it to him. I'm like, that's the thing where I'm like, I don't know, man. That He has something that I don't know. You know, like Thrasher had it at times last year. I just don't know if, if he's on and he doesn't throw it away multiple times. Yeah. I don't know that those guys can go with him when he's on that form. Because no one else could. Like, even Jet was yeah. having a hard time, at, you know, in that, in that heat race. There's definitely, you know, a point where – yeah, like even Jordan. Jordan can go really fast. Yeah, I think that's an unfair yeah. comparison, RJ and Jordan. I mean, RJ, he's pretty solid, consistent. Jordan, one minute. Jordan's is, got more wins than RJ, I bet. I know, but that's it. He is up. like. That's like 2017, though. I mean, he, and he also, he crashes like clockwork. Like he, what's that one main? He crashed four times Look, in it. If, and if, then he didn't even make a main. I'm not I mean, trying to shit on RJ. No, now, no, but, no, not but, at all. But, but, but if it wasn't a triple crown, RJ crashes out of that one, too. He, he eats, still got 11th he, overall. It but he hits the deck hard. And, in the and, sand, right? We yeah. own the bars, and that was a triple crown. So he, he redeemed himself, <clears throat> yeah, by coming back. Like that's another, that's a DNF right there. And you know, he got fortunate by his triple crown. So think, think about yeah. listen to those results though. Yeah, two, two, the race you're talking about. Two, 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 the slide into the mud, which should have been a three. One, two. Yeah, like, and he he averaged twenty points around. Yeah, yeah. It's, so that's uh, that's a that's the lot, man. right around a third. Oh. Uh, Again, difference from like, <clears throat> hey, Jet's faster than me, and he's the favorite, and I'm and I'm on the underdog, and I'm going to try hard. Versus, I you have the so? points lead, and I need to, you know, I'm the fastest I, guy. So I don't. It's all bench racing. Right? I don't yeah. have a strong opinion anyway in any of this. But if I'm RJ, I have so much confidence going in because I look at like Joe has not really proven himself in Supercross. I kind of. I feel like I know who Levi is. Like, there are going to be nights where he's going to be a real problem, and then there's other going to be other nights where I may not see him. Yeah, I agree with you. Who is he? Real, who does he fear in yeah, the yeah. class right now? He has to look who, at himself as fear? a favorite. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yep, yep I agree. Uh, I think Joe would <clears throat> argue that, but in my eyes, no, RJ would be the favorite. I just said that at the top. He's so, got to. He's got to be the know. most confident, probably more than he's been. You hope because looked it on paper. Yeah, um, and you know he's oh. going to give it a hundred. 20 percent yeah he has to feel like this is the year yeah right? if he's gonna do it this is the year uh fly racing flyracing.com go to your local dealer or motorsport.com great great guys great company and uh that formula s helmet is next level please read up all about it it's a helmet with a brain and it can really possibly save your life uh and that's 
not really exaggeration. It really could. Is that just helmet hair? Yeah, that's the Formula S right there. That's pretty fancy. Yeah. Uh, all right, X Brown Goggle. Hey, oh, go, go ahead. One question. One yep. question before we move on. Uh, have you heard anything on Thrasher like form wise? I have n- nothing. 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 I heard nothing. No, I heard. Yeah, so uh, I, that's the big question mark for me because last year he was legit. Yep. I just don't know where he is in that process of coming back. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, it's been quiet on that scene for sure. Uh, X Brand Goggle Taros. It's the X Brand Taros segment. 15 second rapid fire. Rapid fire. X Brand Goggles, choice of champions everywhere. You know who's back in X Brand? Kyle fucking Chisholm. He's back. We got him. What was he wearing last year? Ah, he had some other team. Some deal. other brand. Yeah. yeah, but now he's back in X, and, and he's been X brand forever. And, and and how old is he now? He's a machine. Sixty one. Uh, that's about right. Yeah, yeah, a little older than us. I and think. Uh, Kyle Chisholm wearing X brand. Freddie Norn as well. By the way, Freddie wearing running number twenty two. Still a little weird for me. <laughs> Still a little weird. I'll get used to it, but yeah. Don't get don't get Ellie started on that. Uh, oh yeah, I know. <laughs> All you had to do is show up and race once. Uh, yeah. Way to go, Chad. <laughs> X-Brand Goggles, EKSBrand.com, Pulp Show 24 is code to save. These are rapid-fire questions. These are submitted by Corey Moser. Are you familiar with him at all, Denny? Moser? Yeah. The guy from Washington? I'm yep. not sure. Not sure either. Yeah. He rented you one uh, time. I know his dad's not real happy with me. I hope we're over that, but yeah. Okay, yeah. It, it, it was fun. All right. Good uh, time. Let's do this. Sounds gay. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't me. Steve, I've been trying to get a redemption, but I don't know if we're ever going to get that. <laughs> Who are you most looking forward to broing down at A1? Um, yeah, I don't uh, – yeah, great question. Uh, what does that even mean? Bro down, bro. I, I don't know. Yeah, bro down. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. Maybe maybe because I'm the captain of the ship, Chase Sexton. Hmm. Yeah. I see, I see the hat is not on the floor today. No, it's not. Good, good. JT, what's your favorite Debo story? Uh, the rent a Debo for Seattle. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. No, oh, that was that was yeah. epic. That went sideways. <laughs> I, I'll have to say they got what they bar- they got what they paid for. They yeah, did. nope. You delivered. I mean, you put me in a car with four adults and have to maybe out drink all of them. It's probably not going to end they, well. Uh, they, they're not yeah. yeah, they had no idea what they were getting their hand. I mean, I think that's the whole thing. They just didn't realize. Yeah, they didn't get right. it. They thought they were professionals, and then they got their world opened up to them. Totally. Yeah, that's uh, – but, you know, it is what it is. makes for a great story, um, which is what – You know what uh, it is? Have you ever seen, um, like, Winner's Take All when he, he like, goes to Dallas Supercross? That's where what it is. Like he thought he was amazing, and then you just show up and you're like, "Holy shit!" Like, next that, level. This is what Bad Billy Robinson's really like. <laughs> uh, all right, next question. Debo, who's going to struggle with bike setup this weekend? Well, I think we kind of covered it earlier. Um, I, if Chase is, uh, and I didn't really realize this because I don't really follow the off seasons quite as well, but I listened to. Uh, the, the preseason hype mm-hmm. between you and JT talking and the way Chase kind of looked at this kind of didn't have that brightness of his eyes. Like, Oh my God, the bike's phenomenal. And um, if you got that coming in a little questioning and then you go to a one and mm-hmm. uh, things are a little different, the track's completely different than what you've been practicing all year. I think Chase is going to be the one who's going to be kind of like, Hmm, okay. did I make the right decision? All right. Next question. Steven, who comes up just short in the 450 LCQ at a one? Cade. He's going to be so mad at you. I know. I had to pick someone, though. 
came up just short in that fantasy as long football as it's not championship, A-Ray, right? too. Yeah, yeah, A-Ray's, uh, he's in the stands getting hammered. <laughs> JT, MC always excelled at A1. Is there a current rider that has an advantage in Anaheim? Hmm. Uh, I think, well, I mean, Barsha won it three times, right? So I think anybody who doesn't have championship pressure like whether it's from internally or externally has an advantage at a one because they can just go in and kind of race carefree. Everybody else that's thinking championship is going to be way too nervous. All right. Debo, you have been on and off the Alito Mac bandwagon over the years. So where do you stand now and how's he going to do in 2024? Um, I think it's gonna be good. You know, I, my whole thing was Alito Mac was the fact that I thought there was more to Eli than Eli was being so he was kind of the doppelganger of Eli Elito like the three second hammer mm-hmm. then the next race he's running around seventh and eighth I think he got on the Yamaha he's happy he went to the nations he won he's he's uh he's in a good place and so I think he's he's not coming back to run around seventh and eighth people fans are like oh he's married now he's got a kid he's gonna no. change he's here for one reason and that's the win and I know he wants a piece of jet badly um I think Eli, Eli Elito's dead. This is Eli the man, and he's coming for 2024 Supercross title. Steve, percentage pie of fantasy blowback between disappointment, understanding, and hate that you've received? Oh, it's 33.3 across the board. It's great. Everyone can kind of agree. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's really, really nice to see the unity. <laughs> <laughs> You're just bringing people together. I love yep. it. Yep. JT, which quote-unquote rookie are you most excited to see? I mean, I had to say Jet, right? Like, I, it, it's impossible to not say Jet with where he is, with the storylines, the people he's going up against. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a it's an easy answer. It's a boring answer, but it's an easy one. Yep. Debo, last one. Besides Jim Hawley, who else do you think has gotten a blowjob before the main event? Um, I'm pretty sure Ch- Chicken had. I didn't realize that either. The Porta John on the way down to the starting line. Really? Uh, yeah, he did. Oh, it's another conversation that got brought up on a different show. Um, yeah. yeah. In a Porta John huh. on the way down to the start. I'm not stupid, dude. Oh, chicken. <laughs> guy's, a, guy's a, yeah. He's he, a legend. A legend. <laughs> My uh, dad always says, I really wish you would become better friends with Kodrowski and Loraco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pick the wrong guy. Pick the wrong. I'm like, well, they were no fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. X-Brand Goggle Towns. Uh, thanks, JT. Appreciate it. We'll see you Thursday. You'll be on the Moto 60 show and then uh, press conference on Friday. And then it's go time, man. Yeah. Yep. We and I are hosting the press conference on Friday. So we will we will see you there. JT, you've been doing a great job in the outdoors and stuff. So uh, just very just want to let you know. Proud of you. Doing great. Thanks, Keep man. it up. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Good to hear brother. from you. You as well. Keep, uh, we'll see you soon. Fly racing. Okay, guys. Thanks, JT. Late. See you. All right, everybody. Uh, we got a longtime friend on the line here. Uh, this is Ed on line four. What's up, Ed? You got to you got to talk to Denny. Yeah, I want to say hello, Denny. Uh, you still owe me for a clutch lever when you knock my bike over, and because uh, my little Mexican rider beat you. But uh, <laughs> yeah. long time no say hello. You look good. Hi, Ed. It's great to hear from you, brother. My. Uh, Old Don would love to hear from you. He's uh, he asks about you all the time, and uh, Ed Longegger, everybody, everybody yep. has long time Suzuki fan. Ed is fantastic. Uh, that was just part of the mechanic box fan days. You know, yeah. I'd jump in the box fan with Ed or or Lee McCollum. You know, it 
Uh, yeah, it's great to hear from you, Ed. It's, it's awesome. We had some great times back in the day, no question. Well, cool. Not a problem. Tell your dad we said hello. I just wanted to say, hey, Steve, I, I like your show. Thanks, Ed. Appreciate uh, it. Good deal. Uh, you guys aren't old enough yet, but uh, I'm still doing this. So what the heck? Oh, okay. That's nice. right. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, Ed. I'd love to hear from you. And, uh, yeah, I'll definitely tell Pops you said hello. He'll, he'll be very excited to hear, hear, hear from you. All right. You gentlemen, keep up the good work. Uh, have a good New Year's. Thanks, you too, Ed. Ed. Happy it. New Thanks Year, for brother. Calling. Appreciate it. That's Ed Longacre. Long t- oh, he was Budman's mechanic. He was Yogi's mechanic. Yeah, he... Uh, uh, long time. He was... Well, there's a couple different fights we got into with the Suzuki team. Um, when Budman and I were teammates at Suzuki in 2000, he had knocked me down in Salt Lake City. And I thought, well, I thought that was kind of off the table. I thought we were going to do that to each other. Yeah, so yeah. I came back and we were pitted together, obviously, in, indoors. And I came back and in the pits and just launched my bike into this bike, oh. into Bud in the lawn chair. Oh. And uh, it was okay, though. We didn't really get in a fight because we had to go race again. I didn't think that, yeah, you guys. And were... then in Denver, Rusty Holland had knocked me down for the second week, knocked us both down in the last corner. Yeah. End up instead of second and third, we ended up like fifth and sixth, and I'd had enough of it. So I went outside and tried to pick a fight with Rusty, and uh, he wouldn't come out, so I just pushed his bike off the stand. Ed was working for Rusty? Um, or I, how does Ed come into that? I think Ed worked for Suki at that time. Oh, oh. Yeah, so he didn't like that. Yeah. It, so there was a big fight in the parking lot about that, and then had to go ride to 250. And that I lined up for the 250, and my kid comes up and goes, tapped me on the shoulder. He's like, yeah, you're, you're gone. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It was my last year racing oh. across. I was kind of done with it, knew it. Right. I, it, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to go out with this fucking thing with a bang. And, Jeez. and so I had a, that was just Friday night. I went to the autograph sign on Saturday at the dealership on the phone with Mike begging, come on, man, let me race, please. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. understand. He's like, okay, well, your dad can't be a mechanic anymore. He's, he's gone. I'm like, okay, dad, you're, I, I'm going to race, but I got to get someone else to help me out. Jeez. And so then dad, pops got fired and they brought in, uh, I was riding for St. Louis Power Sport. Or no, I was riding for Tough that year. And that's how I met Matt Byton the very first time. Matt was just some Reno kid riding uh-huh. freestyle. And yeah. they're like, hey, man, we got this guy. going to come in and work for you. And that's the first that time. And, that was, uh, and I had enough and left. A Cherubis USA, thank you to the folks at a Cherubis. Discards, frame guards, chain blocks, and slider kits, of course. They got input from the current riders like Adam Cien Cirillo and others out there. A Cherubis is an industry leader in aftermarket <laughs> dirt bike, plastics, and accessories. Love the folks from a Cherubis, and they were longtime sponsors of Factory Kawasaki Forever. And when you think of Factory Kawasaki and you think of Forever, you think of our next guest on the phone, multi-time Supercross motocross champion, just a legend in the sport, Jeff Ward. What's up, Wardy? How are you, man? Uh, surprise, Wardy! What's happening? Johnson. There we uh, go. Wardy called Ricky Johnson. Oh, you moron! Oh, what? <laughs> That's what I was so confused. I have you down for seven thirty and Wardy for eight, and my guy working the phone said you were Wardy. This nope, is, nope, missed it by that that's, much. Okay. I don't think he ever rode a Kawasaki. <laughs> R, uh, no, I don't I think did, RJ I ever did. did. I, I, I never raced a Kawasaki, but I did test ride a Kawasaki, but they hired a machine. That's a whole other story. Oh, man. Talon, Talon. I'm just keeping you on your toes. Talon, this is Rick Johnson, and then Jeff Ward is next. Well, when I called him and said, hey, Wardy, what's up? He should you have been like, hey, this is Rick Johnson, <laughs> not no, Jeff no, Ward. No, he didn't. No, you didn't. You said, are you ready? And I said, yeah, and I thought that I was going on at eight. Yeah. But that's okay. Okay. Well, well, here right. I am. Okay. So it is supposed to be Wardy at 7.30. Yes, it is. That is what's written down here as well. So you called RJ, okay, at Wardy's time. Got it. Okay. But I, to be fair to myself, I did say, hey, Wardy, this is Talon from Pole. Okay. And he... he We're, 
2024. <laughs> yep, okay. We're off. It, well, I thought you said, hey, buddy. I don't know. Okay. Wardy, buddy. Same All right. Thing. Well, listen, Rick Johnson, right, we'll take go. you now. We'll talk to Wardy later. There Rick, we go. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me text. Let me text Wardy All and right. put him on. Verge. RJ, it's Denny. How are you, brother? It's good to hear your voice. What, what's up, Denny? I just listened to you talking about your pops. and Yeah. Uh, I was the announcer at some of those arena cross crazy days. Oh, they that's were right. White. <laughs> they were. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Did I feel like a? Did I feel like a turn a punch bowl there? I'm like, man, I don't. I'm not up to this. I thought that I was. I was supposed to be the bad boy, but I wasn't even in yeah. the same realm. I remember taking. We went out one night and we we showed uh, RJ a little bit. What, a little bit of arena what, cross. What's it's like to go out after a Saturday yeah, night yeah, after yeah. cross? Ricky was like, "Damn! Oh my! Yeah. Oh my God! We were in Baltimore and it was just un, <laughs> off the freaking chain. You know, I, I used, think I'm still hung over from that. I used to live with Lou Lopez, the Sunstar, right? I live with Lou, and yep. he would. He's working for Sunstar. And he's going to all the arena crosses, you know? And I'm like, hey, man, like, you don't go to supercrosses, Lou? Like, like it seems like the Sunstar athletes are, you know, pretty important in supercross. He's like, nah, man, I go to arena crosses. I like going to those. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, exactly, because the, the arena cross guys know how to have fun. Yeah. They would, yeah. Like, literally, they would be fist fighting there or at the end of the bar, at the end of the night yeah. at the bar, because someone dated somebody and somebody hated this. Fantastic. There was a lot more fun stuff than the sterile stuff we have going on at Supercross now. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Rick Johnson on the line, brought to you by the folks at a Cherubis, by the way. So there we go. And for um, me, I mean, can you imagine? I mean, me, I told this story. I mean, Rick uh, was one of my idols growing up, a hero on my wall. Uh, we was on Yamaha's. Um, I made my mom go buy me a red bandana so I could ride Did around. Did you really? Oh, yeah. Red bandana. Red bandana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, after Rodeal Cup, uh, Greg Tice, who we talked about, was a, 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 a bad boy, life's a beach no rep. Fear. Yeah. I had the Elroy shorts or my my yeah. mini, my pa- JT pants <laughs> yep. one time. I'm like, I emulated, you know, Rick uh, yeah. a lot. And to, uh, you know, call him a friend today and uh, is awesome. You know, he, and I've always told this story when Pops and I were winning in 90 and and it'd be, you know, we'd won a lot that year, and one of the races, Ricky had noticed I was we weren't celebrating like we'd had, and he basically just came over and talked to my dad and, and I, and you know, and just basically said, hey, you know, I congratulations, but you know, I've been watching you, and yeah. we I noticed that you guys have kind of tempered your excitement on the wins, and I just want to let you know that, um, you know, I think you're, you guys are great, but I want you guys to know that to always celebrate that your wins like they're the last one you're going to have because they quite possibly could be spoken from experience, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, for him to take the time and come over and, and and just you know give it just a word of advice like that, you yeah. know, it's just meant the world. And and that's kind of I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing because then I just celebrated even getting a fifth, you know, or a seventh. <laughs> <laughs> I uh... well, no, but the thing the thing was is that the first time that that Danny won, him and his dad are both crying, yeah. and it was just it was such a beautiful thing. And I'm like, this is awesome that you know. That you actually can work with your dad because I mean, me and my dad, we, there, there's no way I could have worked with him. It just yeah. he, he would have killed me or I would have killed him. <laughs> and and then then it got then one again and then one again and then I'm pretty sure that was down at Tampa when I couldn't race because my hand was broke and I think it was in '90. And um, I just like the, Denny won and his dad walks over and just like gives him a casual fist bump and Denny's like yeah blah blah blah. I'm like mm-hmm. oh fuck dude, don't make this routine. Because it's not. I mean, it, it, it's a blessing. You worked hard, yeah. and you deserve every win, and you guys have done everything right. But, dude, there's going to come a day that it ain't going to be there, and you're going to go, wow, I wish I would have really appreciated all of them. But, yeah, it was good because mm-hmm. I just pulled Don aside at the bar and the thing after the race, and 
I said, I'm going to say it. If he punches me, punches me. So what? He's a little guy. I'll kick his ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and it, it it was good. And then, you know, for for, for us to uh, become friends and you yeah. become announcing Arena Cross was pretty rad. And uh, and then for us, me to teach you a little lesson and uh, celebrating a Saturday night regardless. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no matter how you yes. did. Yeah. Uh, I remember RJ put the pants on, the short Life's a Beats over there, and me being in Canada – like there was one surf shop that imported these Life's a Beat shorts, and they were a hundred dollars Canadian. When I'm fourteen, oh when I'm fourteen and a hundred dollars, I mean, I remember I used to work for like a month pumping gas, and then my mom would take me to the place. I was about to buy one pair of Life's a shorts, Life's a Beat shorts. I had the Jetson ones. I had the little bat, the Batman ones. Yeah, I yeah. Had a few different ones, <clears throat> and it was like. Absolute the coolest thing in the world. Like, I have the same shorts that RJ has. And I forgot, <laughs> you wore them at an outdoor one time. I just read that article not long ago. Yeah, like, that was the Yeah, North that's, how, that's yeah. how it started. Well, that was the end. And you were a, a Fox guy, and you asked even Fox and even the team. No, Cinesalo. Could... He was, RJ, RJ was Cinesalo. Uh, Cinesalo. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the, yep. the Gainesville. And I said to Kenny Clark, so I met the guys in the parking lot. They're selling these big shorts because that was back in the days of Dolphins. Everything was high and tight. And they're selling these big bloomer shorts out of, out of the back of a little U-Haul truck. And so they gave me a couple pairs. And I said, yeah, I'll put them over my pants. And they yeah. said, yeah, right. Cause, and, and so I went to Kenny Clark. said, hey, I want to put these shorts over my pants to cool with that he goes you win the first moto i don't care if you ride naked i'm like all right so i won the first moto <laughs> so the second moto i, I slapped him over and so then they hear the the, mo the guys uh from my ceviche or the motor going up and they run over and then i'm wearing those uh, bl uh blue and black tiger stripes tiger shorts. Stripes, yeah. they're like oh my god so I'm, I'm leading the national and next thing you know, my my uh, my hose blows on my shocks. I'm riding around on a spring, and so I end up getting like fifth or seventh or something like that. They run back to their thing. They sold every pair of shorts. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> like all of a sudden, it was like it was like the thing to do. And I, everyone's like, "Yeah, he did it because he wanted the traction on the seat or this or that." I'm like, "No, I was just helping some friends out. That's all." Yeah, yeah, it, it was a great story. I, I awesome. I love that one I did with those guys. It was such a unique story with the no fear, the history of no fear, and it starts at Life's a Beach, of course. Yep. Wow, yep. what a what a what a ride those guys had. Uh, RJ, speaking of, of rides. Yeah. Um, you're doing something cool. I've followed you on social media. Uh, you're doing like a little bit of a 13 experience. Um, yourself and, and a group of VIPs going to watch 86 Anaheim with Bailey. I don't know what else you and David could possibly talk about when it comes to Anaheim 86, but that sounds really cool. And then you're going to take them to the race? Yeah, so so I've been doing this this. this uh, uh, adventure bike stuff. And I yeah. used to look at those things like, I'm like, those dudes are dorks. They wear the stupid helmet with the shield and the weird clothes and the boots and they ride BMWs, the cylinders poking out the sides about, you know. And then I went over, a friend of mine, Chris Cassidy, took me on a ride to the Alps and we went through into Munich and then went all, I mean, 10 days back and forth, Italy, France, Switzerland, um, Austria, you know, all over the place. And, I, and we rented BMWs and I'm like, God, these things are actually bitching for what you're trying to do you know and then also with my wrist because i can't really ride moto anymore because i can't get forward because i can't twist the throttle but if i'm sitting down if i stand up on a, on a real high handlebar i can ride and i'm like you know what i'm enjoying this and, and i'm really but then when covid hit that was my way to get away like ever the, the whole town was locked up and all different stuff and then i had covid early and i'm like i'm going for a motorcycle ride. i gotta get out of the house and i'm like you know what this is doing for me? It's really showing me 
how much I love riding a motorcycle. I don't have to, because I can't, go do doubles and triples mm-hmm. and blitz whoops and, and all this crazy shit. I just, my body won't allow me to do it. And so, but I can go out on this adventure bike and go down some dirt roads and <clears throat> go find country roads and shit like that. And it's really sparked my interest. And then I talked to Jeff Stanton and to Damon Bradshaw, one working for Triumph, the other one for Yamaha. And we all feel the same way that we really enjoy just going down country roads and stuff. And so I'm thinking if I can, if, if Jeff Stanton and Damon Bradshaw myself couldn't really enjoy this, what about the average guy who has to work all the time and, yeah. and has done this? So Mathis, I'm getting your ass out on a ride and Denny, of course, you know, you know, you and I will tear it down, <laughs> but that, that goes without saying, but to just get out on a motorcycle and, and the senses and all the different stuff, when I get in a car, I fall asleep. When I ride a motorcycle, I'm aware all the time of my balance of my feet, of my hands, of cars around me and dirt roads and rocks and all different stuff. So we got to get, we got to get men, back on motorcycles women too but but like dudes that have committed their life to their career or, or their job and or the military or whatever it is get them out on a motorcycle so that's what i started with this and with bmw releasing the new 1300 we thought you know what the old number 13 kicked the shit out of me <laughs> at the end of my career uh, we're gonna do a lucky 13 ride about the release of that so i got the guys from uh, riverside bmw gonna gonna sponsor all the meals and stuff and I said to David, I said, I want to do something before, you know, after I sell it out, I want to announce that you and I are going to sit down and watch 86 together because we've never done an interview together about mm-hmm. 86. And David always gets pigeonholed. They always take his comment, man, I hated him. And he, like, wants to explain it to me. And I'm like, David, you don't have to explain anything. I of course didn't not. hate yeah. me. Right. You hated me beating you, and I hated you beating me. And but we, we respect each other. We love each other today. And so I said, hey, I want to just come. And he's like, I don't want to be on TV. I'm like, you're not. We're going to sit there in an intimate room at Blackmore Ranch, and we're going to talk about where we were and how we met each other and where we are now with our family. And your son was, you know, was the ring bearer in my wedding. And there's a lot of shit that, David, our lives have crisscrossed back and forth starting in 1981 yeah. that people don't know. So, you know what, I, that, you know, I'm going to have these people sign up. The next day, I'm taking them to In and Out Burger in the morning. I, just found out the <laughs> I like that I found part. Out yeah, that was funny. Right? Yeah. I found out the schedules changed, so I got to I got to see what's going on there. Oh which, yeah. But you know, with the starting early, but then go to it. Then the guys that, that felt were cool enough to give me pit passes. I bought tickets, reserved seats, right up next to the knot hole, not in the knot hole, next to the knot hole. So I got a uh, guaranteed seat. And then we're going to do a little track walk to show what it's all about. So awesome. it's it's a, it's a combination of get on a motorcycle and ride, but let me let me take you behind uh, yeah. the curtain for a little bit. Watching Anaheim with RJ would be pretty cool, Denny. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I that was one of my first Supercrosses to watch. I mean, obviously Kansas City, Arrowhead was a couple years. Yeah. Um, but 1986, uh, my dad and I are out doing Golden States, flying back. I'm flying back and forth from Omaha and going to school and – uh, you know, he, he surprised me with tickets to go watch Anaheim 86, and I'm in the stands, my dad and I, old Don, and we're sitting above the first turn, or the second turn, where you and Burner came together. Oh, right? yeah. Burner, Burner did. did. And, that, and that triple there. And Poor Burner. I remember that race like yesterday, I and mean, I've watched it yeah. a dozen times, right. the battle you guys did, you know, kind of dropping in on each other. When David jumped the, the sand, doubled the sand pit, yep. 
Um, yep, I, did, I never did it. No, and it just, he did it one lap. One lap, just uncorks. He goes, burp, just jumps yep. over the whole sand pit. You're looked up, and I'm like, what the fuck was that? And then exactly. the finish line, the finish line was that was that funky, <laughs> was that real steep wall um, to like yep. a kind of a step down. Uh, then you took, yep. turned right and had that staircase whoops and staircase down yep. uh, that Bowen was just shredding through, I remember. Um, again, I mean, it was it, yeah. that was just one of the most iconic things. And to be there present, and uh, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, are you have any spots left, Rick, or are you doing this for A2? I, I actually have, yeah, have two spots, and then uh, I okay. just announced that Wardy and I are doing A2. Okay, awesome. So, so what's but, the best way for here, people to get a hold of you? They can go on to rickyjohnson.com, R-I-C-K-Y-J-O-H-N-S-O-N.com. Go to the contact page, uh, hit me up and say I'm interested in the ride. Okay. And I'll get everything. Because right now I'm, I'm kind of doing everything. I'm following Jeff Stan's lead. So I'm talking to his web guy okay. and how he's done it. Because Jeff is doing a great job yep. with Triumph and their, and their whole program. And I like the way his website's designed and how you can book and all the different stuff. So I'm putting all that stuff together. But right now, pretty much it's my wife and I. Cool. And, um, and Scott Cox helps me out, but we're, we're basically calling everybody. I was down today making sure that the hotel rooms are booked and that the taco truck's going to be at Blackmore Ranch. And nice. So, yeah, I'm doing everything. Oh, awesome. Okay. Yeah, yeah I yeah. heard about this so. earlier today. I talked with Scott Steffi of Viral, and he's, yeah. he, he's an old buddy of mine, and I've been kind of talking to him about doing some stuff with Viral possibly, and he's the one at first had told me about that. So, uh, yeah, I think well, that's – Well, it's funny you say that literally today because I, I knew Scott because we worked together at the Barn Pros team. And Scott is just an awesome guy. He raised pro. He's, he's a scrappy dude. I, I love everything about him. And I, I dig how hard he's working with Viral. And he goes, didn't even ask. I mean, I told him I'm an Oakley guy. He goes, I don't care. I'm going to send you 13 kits for sunglasses and, and, and goggles to give to your guys. Just, I'm like, well, what do you want in return? He goes, nothing. Just, that's cool. Yeah. I think it's cool what you're doing. And that's the, kind of, that's the kind of dude that we need more of in this racing, not the prima donnas that, that think they – I think they're changing the world by what they do. Yeah. Uh, I'll leave that alone on who you think that is. <laughs> well, listen, people, if you want to watch it, two spots open for this weekend for Anaheim 1. It's Tuesday today. Hit up RJ and then Anaheim 2, RJ and Wardy, and that'll be awesome. So, yeah, contact Ricky Johnson. and uh, What's your most right, – wait, one thing. I want to ask you oh, – go no, ahead. I want to ask you something. Yeah. So you you think Jessica is gonna gonna sweep this? You think who do you think is gonna give him a hard time? No, I don't think. I think it's it, you know we've had two rookies win this thing uh, in Supercross history. Maybe maybe three. I think just two. Um, and uh, so it's really hard to do. And I think although Jet's amazing at Supercross, he is a little weaker indoors than out over his 250 career. So I think he'll have some weekends where he's you and 86. But he'll have some weekends where he's you in 83, you know? Yeah. Uh, you crashed a lot in 83. Um, I don't think he's going to be that bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, my point is, is like it's tough, right? And so I think we're going to have the shoe is going to be underfoot. Last year's Sexton is going to be this year's Jet, where you're like, look at those times. Look at that speed and, oh, look at that mistake, you know? Yeah. Uh, but he's going to win races. He is going to win races and – He's going to be in the mix, so that's where I'm at with that. RJ, what about you? The kid, the kid's phenomenal. I mean, he, he he shows maturity and he lets off when when you're like, go, man, I would have just pinned it. You know right. what I mean? Like like what he did his first year when I go, he said, oh, fifty, I'm six year old kid, and I want to win. He's not doing that now. He takes his chance. He takes his time. He knows when the start is. It was like when I was working with uh, Jason Anderson on on eighties at, at Ponca. I'm like, listen, you're a big kid. You're not going to get the whole shot. Let's go start on the outside, come out in the top ten, 
You pass one guy a lap, or two guys a lap, and you're going to be fine. You don't need to pass all ten of them the first lap. And that's the thing. He's he's showing patience, but there's so many variables. As fast as these guys are coming into the first turns, and you know, uh, which that's another thing. I love to get rid of whole shot devices, and but it's just there's so many things that can happen in a in a supercross that lappers and and all the different stuff. So I I don't think he's going to sweep it, but I think he's definitely the guy to beat. And I'm curious to how Sexton is driving with that KTM, because remember the guys didn't like the back of the bike. Did they make a change, chassis change? I don't know. Yeah, there's definitely for people I talked to, Danny and I were speaking earlier about it. I don't think he's where he needs to be on the bike right now. He's still not 100% comfy. There's not a lot of like he's absolutely flying talk. You know, he'll figure it out, but, yeah, it's, I think he's going to start a little slower than what he wants. So, Well, and I hope, and I hope, I hope Tomac comes back just as strong as ever and, and with no hesitation. Do you think, Rick, and you've been in this spot as a defending champion coming into the first round, like in, 80, in 87 it didn't go well, right? 88 it yep. did. Um, 89 it went well. All eyes on you. You're the champ. What's how much does that one number one plate weigh? Yeah, like what what do you remember about those days as far as like, hey man, it's a long season. I'm on a long play this, or I want to set the tone and show these fuckers who's the guy is. Well, that was that was '87, and and I stepped on my you know stepped on my dick and, yeah. and crashed, knocked myself out. My I had I had ankles I had ankle surgery. I mean, I had a lot of things that I did wrong, and that's the thing that 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 I feel screwed my career is that I didn't really have management, meaning I had, I had Dave Arnold and Roger DeCoster. Those are team managers. I'm yeah. talking a personal manager, someone when I'm hurt to go, no, you have to do this, this, and this before you get on a bike. I just was like, get on a bike, tape it, let's go, and made a bunch of mistakes. And I think, I mean, he's he's how old, 18 now, 19? Who, Jet? How old's Jet? Uh, yeah. Just turning 20, I think. I think he just turned 20. Yeah. Now. Okay, he just turned 20. He's already bought a Bentley. He's <laughs> flying in jets after the races, to the races. He's got, his, biggest, his biggest problem, his biggest competitor is going to be himself and getting bored. You know, because it's like when you work so hard and you keep winning, you're like, why am I working so damn hard? You know, and then I made the mistake after I crushed Hannah and all the guys, you know, until I came in, I was kind of bored. And and uh, I think that was in '88, I think it was. Yeah. And uh, Hannah, uh, Brian Lannis goes, "What's the problem?" I said, "I want a challenge, man. I want to fight. I I, I I want the fight. I want to do that." And the universe heard me and said, "Okay, asshole, yeah, you can do it one-handed." <laughs> yeah, it does. I'm, I'm dead serious. The universe listens, it doesn't it? Yeah, it listens very well. And the thing is, is just how is how is he going to stay motivated if he keeps winning all the time? Because you same thing. I what the same thing I said to Denny. I'm watching his enthusiasm on the podium get less and less and less, and expecting it. And if you don't win, you're a complete little prick. Not him. I was the same way. Mm-hmm. I'm like I'm up there in second place. Like I just got like twentieth. Yeah. You know. Yep. And it's like you, you. It becomes such a such an addictive drug. And then, as I said, you get bored and you're looking for a challenge. When sometimes the universe finds it for you. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, you know, last year Tomac came out at A1. He crashed and still won and looked amazing. And we were all like, hey, this is, look at it, better than ever on a Yamaha. And this thing's yep. over. And then we saw what happened. He was still going to win the title outside of that disaster. But he was, 
the game manager, the t- play it safe, take your podiums, and go on to the next round, Eli Tomac, that we hadn't seen before. And it was a yep. smart way of doing it. And I just wonder, like, if if Chase and, and Jet and sort of the, the kids can – can realize that game or if it's just going to be like, Hey man, I want to crush everybody every race. Watch me do this and therefore lead to mistakes. So yeah. Interesting. Yes. And yes. Yes. And yes. Yeah. And, but, but I, I don't, I, the whatever, and I've never met the man, but Mr. Lawrence and his, I'm not taking anything from his wife and his wife. And, and now you got Hunter in the mix as well, but mm-hmm. whatever they've done to those kids, they stayed motivated. They stayed pretty humble. Yep. And, but, it's man, it's hard when when everybody wants to be you. It's a tough place to be because I I kind of know the pressure. Yeah, yeah. And seventeen rounds is a long time. Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, that is it, a lot of races, and especially twenty minute mains now. You know, instead of twenty yeah. laps, the tracks are getting beat. They're, the tracks are night and day different from morning to night to the end of the night. Uh, yeah, it's 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 gnarly. Supercross yeah. is freaking gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. Uh, yeah, it's great to, to Denny for us. You know, like obviously we're older, and you know we've been talking about that earlier. When people talk about Sexton and Jet and Tomac, and that's all what we're talking about these days, and it's everything we're talking about. Rick Johnson and Jeff Ward and the guys that are call- like they were Chase Sexton and Tomac uh, not that long ago, and it's great to have these guys on the line because yeah, I I, I just want our listeners and and. Rick, you're old. I'm old, but I think Denny and I can really appreciate that how bad of a dude you were, and number one rider in the world for multiple years. Yeah, you know the target on your back anywhere you raced, uh, and so you know, I, yeah, I enjoy talking to you about Sexton and Tomac and Jet because, yeah, man, you, you were them. You were that. Yeah, yeah you were you, them. You them, were that. Them was you. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just want to get our listeners to like have an idea of like just. Yeah, grasp what. Appreciate the past a little bit. <laughs> yeah, 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 it is, and, yeah. and and you know the battles that you guys had, and the, the mental games you guys played with each other. Um, you know, you never want to really give each other an inch because you knew yeah. that that could lead to a mile. Um, and you did it with flair and fun, which yeah. is you know kind of jet as well now, which I think kind yeah. of set the stage. And how I how I looked at the sport is it, it's not just a grind; it's fun. There's things to make the, to be you know happy about and to enjoy it because it is it's the time of your life really rick and jeremy were almost the same type of guy yeah uh show guys and and stylish right you watch rj on old videos and his style stands out so does ronnie's but for the most part rick is like a modern racer compared to some of the other guys right and i feel like jeremy took the bar and raised it you know in his uh, in his era Style, yeah, flair, right? Confidence, uh, right. you know, borderline cocky, but but didn't come off that way as arrogant. As arrogant, yeah. you know, just right. I'm here. I'm going to give the best I can, and and, I, and I'm I'm here to fucking win. And I I'm confident. You know, you're on Honda, which was iconic brand at the time. Uh, I just yeah, you you kind of checked all the marks. That's why I, I just you know one of my icons growing up as a kid, and and a great human being. That's always said. You know, motocross is one of the few sports I think where the heroes live up to the hype. Yeah, and uh, yeah. you know, I, so I appreciate you as, as as a friend and a and an old icon. So yeah, keep rocking, brother. No, no, and, and that's the thing is that and, and as you, you know, we're saying we're blowing too much smoke up each other. Ask we're going to explode here in a minute, but <laughs> but, but, 
but the thing is, is that you didn't have a second string. You didn't have breaks. When the when the when the gate dropped, you just had twenty minutes of hell. And you know, people think when you get in shape, it it doesn't hurt anymore. It still freaking hurts every time. But I just don't I I don't let it affect me as much. But it still hurts. And to put yourself up and do that week after week after week, you know, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, fly on Thursday, blah, 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 back and forth, back and forth. It's taxing, and it's really hard. And then emotionally, it's really hard on you because you've got to get yourself up. Like in outdoors, you're doing two motos. You're like, Ugh. you know, I'm about dead. Now i got to try to hydrate and do all this stuff to get ready for the next one. Supercross, too. You know, you're up, go out, go out get your heart rate to a gazillion qualifying, then do it in the heat, heat race, then do it in the main event, a lot of stuff. So it, it's a lot emotionally, physically, and everything on the guys. And so I am a huge fan of where the sport is, how the bikes have evolved, how the racing is, how, how the show is. I, I really want to take my hat off to the guys that fell. They do a great mm-hmm. job with it. Um, and also you guys, you guys, you guys let everybody see behind, you know, uh, behind the curtain and, 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 you know, because you guys have been there and done that, you know, what it's like to, to be on a factory team, you know, what it's like to, to, to see the fights in between motos and, and all the different stuff. So it's uh it, it's a great time. You know, we can always, bullshit, you know, say, Oh, it sucks. Cause too much social media and this and that, but yeah. dude, you got so much information. If you're a fan, which one of the things I want to point out, I went to a, a Broncos game because our niece is nutritionist for the Chargers, and so of course I was in a Charger sweatshirt at the okay. Broncos game. Oh yeah, didn't get, didn't get in a fight. Got yelled at by a bunch of people. Yeah. But I want to see motocross fans have the same kind of enthusiasm about their riders. Don't just be generic and come in and go. Ooh, you know, I hope Ken Roxon does good. Or I hope Jet. Yeah. Man, come out support. You know, this this dude I got a picture of, he, his head is bald. He painted a helmet, a Broncos helmet on his <laughs> oh, head, on his in his ears head. and everything. Oh, on his bald head. Oh, that's awesome. I'm like, that's freaking commitment, you know? So I, I just want to see fans have that kind of that kind of rage and stuff for – for the for the current racers because they deserve it. You yeah, know? I, th- I think they... I think they're sometimes spoiled today because it's so accessible. Races are live. You got five hours of coverage on a Saturday. Yeah, you know, I, it always goes back, man. I, I ran home a week later on a Tuesday from elementary school so I could get to the mailbox and read cycle news about a race that happened eight days ago. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I I get you. And you look at like the Lawrence brothers are doing this VIP thing at the races yeah. this year, right? They're going to hang out with some fans, and it's I mean, a great you pay and... for it, but <clears throat> it's a uh, yeah, the accessibility is a lot better, um, you know. Well, I don't know though. But I I went to Miami '89 as a kid, and I left the pits with my dad. And I remember Rick standing out there, last Supercross win by the way, and signed everything and anything. The pits were empty, and RJ was yeah. signing cigarette packs from fans. Right. I remember that as a kid. Uh, you had the kangaroo uh, seat on uh, that night too. That was pretty cool. Um, Kangaroo seat, yeah, a kangaroo cover or something. I don't know what's going on with it. No, nah, so I so that happened. I went to went to a Supercross race in '86. So, so we're in Japan at the factory, and they took us over to the Rockman's Honda's uh, Dakar bikes. Okay, and I'm feeling the seat. It's like suede. I'm like, what is this? Because if you rub it one way, it's slick, and then you rub it the other way, it's got trash. Which is the way the fur lays. I go. What is this? This is bitching. I'd, I'd like to have this on my on my bike because it give me more traction. This pre traction seat. Yeah. And they go, they go. It's kangaroo skin. I go, really? And they go, yeah, they're ten grand. I'm like, no, I really want one. <laughs> <laughs> what color was it? Was it brown? Dark red. It was red. Dark red. Yeah. It, was it was dark red. red. It was dark red. Yeah. It was pretty cool. 
Um, Wait, uh, what? And, uh, what? The year you rode Yamaha's number twenty-two, your open face helmet. I was doing a countdown and looking up riders and numbers each year, and you rode a Yamaha with red graphics. What was the Yamaha? Yeah, that was that was that was, that was, that was nineteen eighty-two at the LA Coliseum. What was funny is that they when when the when the light hit it, they turned red, but when it, when it was wasn't it was black so or white it was just it was these weird colors mm. they had them on mike bells and brocks and myself and stuff like that it really looked like dog shit but it it kind of it kind of was cool that's when i had my red bandana yeah 82 right yeah i didn't i didn't remember the red graphics and there was a low, f- photo of you and a the red ranger. across the across the uh the the the, the, the tank and stuff and the, and the shroud and i was like man i don't remember well, uh, we have Rick Johnson on the line right now, brought to you by Cherubis. Our next guest, we're going to bring him in on because you can't have one without the other. Absolutely. Because these guys are iconic. Uh, brought to you by OGO <laughs> Power Sports. It is also multi-time Supercross Motocross champion Jeff Ward. What's up, Wardy? How are you, man? Well, I was doing good, you know, because I had my warm bath, my warm milk, and medication put off to like eight, and you guys uh, oh, pushed me back. Well. So it's like it's almost at the retirement home here. I'm almost past my bed. Yeah, we had a little, you know, we're starting off 2024 yeah. with a bag. You're like so. Matt Damon on Jimmy Kimmel show. Yeah. <laughs> well, you we got, we got bumped. Yeah. Sorry, Jeff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but no, Wardy, RJ just told us you're going to do something with him for Anaheim 2. That's awesome. Uh, it's a really cool deal. Uh, fans should, should dig it. Yeah. Be great. Yeah, no, Ricky called me the other day about it. I mean, I knew his lucky 13 for this weekend coming up, and I didn't know he was going to do more. And then yeah. uh, he texted me saying, hey, I got something to talk to you about. So I gave Ricky a call. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I haven't done too much of that street bike. I mean, I've done, you know, charity rides and stuff like that, yeah. but I really haven't been out on the bike that, you know, we're going to go out on. But uh, um, You, got, you know you're going to end up racing each other, right? Yeah. No, yeah. no, I think we're smarter than that now. Oh. <laughs> what you should do, Wardy, is take them all out on a hundred mile mountain bike ride. See how it goes. Yeah, just yeah, just yeah. kill them. Right. Oh, fun. I got an electric motor for that. I'm not stupid. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Hey, I, the, my favorite story of you two guys, and, and we talked about, you know, before you came on, Wardy, about how, you know, you guys were just so iconic and, and such rivals in the day. And, my favorite story, and you've both told me this story separately, is, is I don't know, the flower track or something, yep. and you guys showed up on your own 500s. You didn't know the other guy was going to be there, and they, you part, it's just a Wednesday afternoon, and neither one was going to pull off. Like, this is in the middle no. of their rivalry, and neither one was going to pull out. It was just they were going. What track was it? I, I so it's a flower track right up by Carlsbad. So I roll in, and as I warned you, like right in the peak of hating each other, man, because we're dicing back and forth yeah. for this 500 championship. Of course, you know, don't do this, everybody. But he's by himself. I'm by myself. We don't have trainers. We don't have mechanics. Nobody. And I pull up and I look at him. He's in the back of his truck. He's already unloaded his bike. I give a nod, he gives a nod, and so then I'm like, fuck, i got to hurry up. So I unload my bike as quick as I can, I get dressed, he starts his bike, he takes off, <laughs> I take off, and we're going, and it's hard and slick, and so like every little bit, I'm like, ooh, I can see he spun the tire there, and then I gain a little bit, and I'm like, oh shit, I spun the tire, and <laughs> we're going back and forth where you cross this road, you could jump up the road and roll down it, and we're looking at each other, lap after lap after lap after lap, I'm going... I'm not quitting. I'm just, I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not. I this was a I mental just, game now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I quit watching the stopwatch. I know he did too. He ran out of gas and he's pushing his bike back to the truck. Dude. So we were out there at least 50 minutes. That's because it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't sand. It wasn't much throttle, but yeah. 
don't you think, Wardy? We're easily out there 50 yeah. minutes. Well, that full tank on the 500 would probably do an hour or more on that track. <laughs> or not, maybe not that. Yeah. Probably, it was probably more than 50 it, minutes because it was hot, and <laughs> it was actually so hot that you could really only do one moto. You know, so right, exactly. I was I pushed my bike back, which was like doing a half a second moto from the bottom of the hill, and then uh, yeah, it was pretty hilarious because we did we didn't say a word, didn't say a word, yep, just we didn't just loaded up and got out of there. <laughs> just some random Wednesday, Denny. Imagine if you're some moto yeah. fan, you're just like, you're hey, just, yeah, there's Rick Johnson and I've Jeff never, I've never heard that story. It's That's a awesome. great story. And, and the and fact that they're drive. by themselves, like, yeah. so RJ's going to ride by himself. Wardy's going to ride by themselves. <laughs> right, right. Thank God they were both there in case the other one crashed. They probably would have left exactly. the other one there to die, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he would have came and stomped me on the head. I'm like, well, I'm not the... dead. Quit <laughs> burying me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of gnarly. Well, because it's such it was a, it's not a, I mean, if people are thinking it's a track, it wasn't a track. It was just this flower farm on a hill, side of a hill with a road. That, that's why we jumped across the road, because you had to drive this road to get up to park. There was really no parking, so you had to park by each other, because there was probably enough room for, like, four trucks. Yeah. And then yeah. it was just a single track, track that, you know, somebody made, and it was just, uh, for a 500, it was probably not the best track. And I don't know why we went there, because it probably rained. Or something, and nothing yeah. was open. This was probably the best place to go. We just happened to show up at the same just time. Love it. Uh, but there was many times like that where, like, if Regan didn't show up, I would have been there by myself. And I've been out in the back of Elsinore. Danny knows these tracks back there. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you're riding by yourself. And I broke one time because you can't park your truck where the track is. On one of them, you had to ride, you know, about a mile over the hills to get to the track. And I snapped the chain out there on the 500 on my factory works bike. And I couldn't leave it there. So and I couldn't get my truck there, so I had to push the bike. It took me like an hour and a half to get up over to my truck to to leave. So what what was the track know. that you had to kind of squeeze by the gas station, like the quick shop? And yeah, back. that was uh, that was Elsinore there back in the back there where you drive with, through San Wash, and there was the, some old motor trailer park. It was know, gnarly, dude. It was rain rutted cliffs. You know, I'm yeah. I'm from Nebraska, not a lot of elevation. I think yeah. Chicken took me out there. I'm like, what the fuck is this? There's not. This is just. It's it's wasteland. He's right. like, no man, it's a yeah. track. You go up here and stuff. And I'm like, there's a sand watch. I'm here eating shit in the sand watch and fucking up my shoulder. I'm like, man, I thought this would be way cooler coming to California. <laughs> yeah, I just I just love that story because you guys are at your peak of the powers. You hate each other. One of you is winning each weekend. Once in a while, Dogger, you know, got, we'll show up out of nowhere. Yeah, and win. Dogger, get out. Dogger to figure things out and win, but basically either one or you two are winning every single weekend, and you show up on a Wednesday and you run out of gas because neither guy wants to show any weakness at all. I love no, it. Yeah, yeah we, we definitely got a good moto in that day because we probably we wouldn't have gone near as hard. We were probably doing ten seconds a lot faster than we should have been on that track. Yeah. <laughs> and the best part is that they had this, you know the, the watch on the handlebar, right? So you knew how long yeah. the road. Yeah, yeah, I remember doing that because you guys did it. And, yeah, yeah, no stopwatch, no one else. So you slow down and kind of look. Okay, I got, I'm like 25 yeah. minutes in or 30 minutes so in your moto. would you guys play the game back in the day? Like, now they do it, right? So uh, we every time they hit the track now, it's qualifying and all that, which you did, you guys didn't have. But no. would yeah. you pull in behind each other at a Supercross practice? Oh, all day long. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. 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 All day long. <laughs> and then you look back. Like, I remember – Daytona in 86, I was really fast, and Brock was on that clapped-out Yamaha, and I'll never forget, he pulled in behind me, I act like I didn't see him, and I rode the absolute roughest line on the course, <laughs> but as hard as I could possibly go, yeah. I just, 
<clears throat> and he came in and goes, dude, this is ridiculous. You're so much faster than me. You ride the worst fucking lines <laughs> on the track. I'm like, Brock, come on. Yeah. yeah I'm a little smarter than You're like exactly where I wanted to take you. Right. Was it Dallas well, Supercross that had the tunnel where you guys came together coming out? I think Gordon, yeah. that was Pontiac. Pontiac. Is that Pontiac? Yeah, yeah, Pontiac. Yeah, I fell down a couple times, and then I caught up. I was like, I was sucking wind so hard, and your lines so came, came together track. coming out of the tunnel. I think. Um, I took him out. So what happened? Was <laughs> yeah. we going? We going? Was and he buzzed me with his wheel as we tried to wheel tapping through the uh, through the whoops. And I'm like, I'm done with him. So I let off a little bit, and he comes to the outside, and then I brought up, I pinned it, and boom, shouldered him, and, and off he went. I was like, oh, my God, I can take a breath now. I'm so tired. Uh, yeah. Did and you guys, I was for him to punch me on the podium, but he didn't. He's did you guys friend. ever, like, as much as your rivalry was pretty gnarly, and like I said, it was one of you two winning championships every single year for, like, three years in a row. Did you guys ever, like, like actually get into a fight, like a screaming match? No. No, yeah. we never did. Not like Dogger? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 not not like that because it was different. It, it was, it was. we raced hard. Like I said, that one, I, that's the dirtiest thing I did to Wardy. But, yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, but, but it was just that, it, it was, was a, it was the hoops where he's hanging off the back. He's probably, and I was just starting to lean in to go towards the, the tunnel. Yep. And he was going to beat me to the end of it. So he couldn't turn the throttle off. Because he's, you know, yeah. he'd go over the bars, so it was just like, just happened. But we've never, we never raced to take each other out, and that, you know, that wasn't our style. Of, yeah, yeah, he'd hit me, mm-hmm. you know, I'd hit him, yeah. but it was never like, you know, Bradshaw or Chicken type mentality. Yeah, you guys never <laughs> got into it that way. Yeah, yeah, it was all no, no. 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 And what was funny is that. Every time we did motocross the nation, that's when we didn't. You know, we we raced with Bob, and, and Bob's like, "You guys are fags. You you know, you're acting like you like each other." And I'm like, "Well, I actually do. I actually do like them." You know, and he's like, "Oh, you guys are hanging like literally for the '87 motocross the nation." Wardy and I are parked side by side, walk on the track together, and Bob's yeah. like, "Fuck you. You guys are queers." Blah blah blah. I'm I'm parking down here, so he like parked away from us and wouldn't talk to us because he's like, "Well, you know, they pick." They pick, they pick, they put me on a 125. I'm like, for one, you can't touch me on a 250. Two, they don't have a 500. Right. And three, you're smaller than all of us. So you put your ass on a 125, and we put it together. But yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, yeah, it's interesting because, like, again, like as growing up, and Danny, you're a little older than I am, but growing up, you just assumed that Rick and Jeff just, you know hated each other and but it really was a mutual respect and like hey let's i want i hate you in the fact i want to beat you but hey if you beat i don't me, think it was dead. quite the stanton right. bale level right you we're know, just or bradshaw chicken or bradshaw everyone reed reed <laughs> stewart you know just go on and yeah, on, and yeah, on right? yeah all of these guys and they both well, been, yeah go well, ahead and so now it's funny as i look on on instagram and who are the best friends is dave scott and, and mark allen who who hated each other and like tried to crush each other in the Ironman triathlons year after year after year. But then I go on there and I look at Dave Scott and, and Mark Allen and him are doing that. And, and same thing. Yeah. Wardy and I, as we're getting older, we're going through all these surgeries and shit. Who do I get a call the morning of that I'm getting my knee replaced? Wardy, hey, buddy, make sure you're okay. Love you, man. Talk to you later. And then when it's hard thing, I'm like, I got it on my phone. I'm going to make sure I call him. Mm-hmm. Hey, what are you doing? Well, they, they pushed it back a little bit, you know, because yeah. here's the thing. I love it. I, I, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be me without him. You know what I mean? It, 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 
just going around riding and, and putting in laps and stuff like that, it's that conflict because when you're it, you think you're always Batman and someone else is the Joker, but in some people's eyes, you're the Joker and he's Batman and back and forth and back and forth, but you don't have Batman without the Joker. Yeah. And and that's the thing that I appreciate because, you know, I could I could kick Woody's ass one weekend. I mean, just give him a good schlacking. He would always come back faster. I mean, every time. And then he would whip my ass. I'm like, okay, where did he beat me? I got to do this, this, and this. And when you have a competitor that that, that scares the shit out of you, I mean, thank you so much, Warren. Yeah. yeah, I just I just <laughs> tell Steve. I watched the I just watched the Larry Bird, uh, Magic Johnson. Uh, documentary on netflix and how they came together and never hate like larry wanted to hate uh, magic magic tried to be friends and now they're like you know yeah brothers you know you know they they're, they're buddies but they're still separate but you guys remind me of that kind of deal you raised you made each other raise the level raise the level and then when it was time to come together like they did they went to the olympics worked together won, and uh, you know how many times do you guys race the nations together um two times 84 80 Oh, three times. 83 times, 87, 87 88. 84. 84. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 84, 87, 88, yep. Wardy's best, Wardy's best race. I, I know he's had a lot of great races, but that race, that guy, he was walking <laughs> on water. Yeah, in Finland. Sweden. I mean, oh, Finland, wasn't it? No, no. Sweden. Finland was the one oh, where he got knocked out we in Finland. <laughs> he, got not, he got knocked out. We were throwing up because some guy gave us a caffeine pill the size of a fucking apple. And both yeah. of us <laughs> 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 Just dry heaving our guts out, going, oh, because before the race, you thought we were all gacked out. We're like, man, I feel good. You feel good. I feel good. I'm not felt this good before. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> then all of a sudden, after the race, man, we both hit the deck. And then Wardy, I just, Wardy's had to sleep in my room, and I kept going, you okay? He's like, yeah. You dead? <laughs> no. No. Sounds, yeah. You guys were ready for arena cross then. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, what wait? What what race? What race was it, Wardy? It was a donations. It's a photo of you. You're on a 500. You're taking off to start. You have you have just a jersey on, no shoulder pads. You have an open face helmet on. You have your goggles on the on the top of your helmet. That's Unadilla, I think. That's Unadilla. Was that yeah. Dilla? No. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, the goggles got blown off in the first turn. I watched him get roosted off his face. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, that, so I, read, yeah I rode the whole race with the, no goggles on from 10th to the lead, and then I fell, and then I got I just, mud balls stuck right in my right eye where I couldn't open my eye. So I had to ride one-eyed for the last four or five laps. But I think the one you're thinking of is I raced it, it was in 83 over, and it was in Belgium. And I, ran, yeah. I had the, I was, I had the moto. I had the pair of goggles on, and then I had a pair of goggles on top of my helmet. Yep, yep. No, no because face mask, no shoulder pads on a fucking mm. five hundred. Yeah, mean, I, no, because it was misting so bad, and this track was like a dust bowl. So it was just we didn't have the tear offs they have now. You sure. put four off, five on, and you couldn't see. So it was like that's all you could really put on. So I put it on top of my helmet. So if it got that, I would just throw off the goggles I had take my hands off and put the new set of goggles on without having to pull into the pits. But Would you peel the other know. pair off or would you pull them down? No, I'd peel them off because I put the ones on top of the helmet underneath the, oh, yeah. the, uh, the outside. So I just grab mm. the, the strap and throw it off and then just put the other ones on. Got it, so, yeah. Um, yeah, that was that picture. It's funny, though. You bring up that destination Sweden. RJ, you brought it up. And uh, Dave Arnold, Glover, Pete Fox, I might have heard from somebody else, all told me that Wardy was un. Believable that day. Uh, no, no, it, it, was, it, was, it was it was poetry to watch. I was my my bike blew up. They put a stock cylinder on. I was cruising around like eight, <laughs> racing my ass off, and I'm just looking across the track, yeah. and he is all by himself. And 
just every jump and bump and it's like I've had a couple of those days in my life, but it's just like when when it's when it's right, it was just so right, like like literally. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that because he's on the phone. I've said it, and everybody <laughs> said it. When, no. when they experienced it, it was like, "Fuck, this oh, guy yeah, is no, good." No, I've heard it. Like I said, from Dave Arnold, from Pete Fox, who was there as a kid, and then Brock told me the same thing because Brock was there, right? Because he was watching. Yeah. And the next week, David he, got hurt. Yeah. yeah. Uh, David got hurt. And 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 they were just like, Wardy was un. Touchable. Oh, that was so, uh, trophy yeah. and, and motocross the yeah, nations. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was uh, one of those days. Uh, hey, Rick, we're going to let you go. We're going to talk to Wardy a little bit about some Anaheim stuff. Uh, but yes, thank you for your time tonight. Always great to talk to you. And yeah, please, people, a couple spots left for this weekend. And next uh, Anaheim too. Same idea. Uh, BMW tour ride. Some In and Out Burger. Some watching of the races. <laughs> Sounds like a great time. Tacos, all the shit. So one, one real quick story for you. So yeah. War, Troy calls us to do this big bit ride. So he gets Wardy and me. <laughs> so I'm I'm on an Africa Twin, mm-hmm. and Wardy's on a uh, KLX what two thirty. So it's a mini bike, <laughs> right? So so I take off. I'm leading because I'm the only one that knows how to do a GPS because I race in Mexico. So we're just blasting through people, going up these hills, and we got all these different guys together. And then we get down to the other side of the hill, and we stop. And we get off, and all of us stop. And then this guy goes up and goes, who the fuck is the fat guy on the Africa Twin and the kid on the KX, man? They're fat. <laughs> <laughs> the fat guy and the little kid. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like, well, I guess I'm the fat guy, but the little kid is like, you know, he's like 75 now, but he's got more chances than he ever thought of. Yeah. So, Anyway, I, lo- I love you, brother. Danny, you same too, thing. I'll see you guys. See you guys in Anaheim and Rory. Let's uh, we'll get our plan together for for the number two ride. Yeah, Ricky, tell yeah. Stephanie I said hello. I'll do it. See Thanks. you guys. Thanks, RJ. Appreciate Later, it. That's Rick Johnson. Brought, brought to you by the folks at the Cherubies. Jeff Ward on the show <laughs> brought to you by OGO Power Sports. And, uh, yeah, you'd absolutely know the name OGO. Uh, Pulp 15 is the code to save with those guys, whether it's travel bag, whether it's the 9800, whatever it is, OGO has got your back and the backpacks <clears throat> and all of it. Love those guys. Uh, yeah, I love love those stories, Denny. I can't. I've never I, had a conversation with both of them. So, yeah. yeah. And then uh, <laughs> and that was for me for 88, 80, you know, was when I was at the races and uh, – and seeing them together, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm in a stand as soon as the race is over watching these guys battle. And, and then, obviously, uh, beyond Cowies and, you know, Wardy took me under his wing at, at the track, you know. Yeah. You know, you know, tried to t- tell me as much as he could without saying it. Let's let's get you away from chicken as much as possible and hang out more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Poor, poor Wardy. First he had dogger, then he had chicken. He, he, yeah. Steve just would like, just tell yeah. me that. I've never considered that until Steve said it. Yeah, that's that's funny as hell. You, you were just like, man, t- can you do something else, Roy? Turner's just like, please <laughs> yeah. keep this raw machine guy straight and then three years later please keep this jeff chicken <laughs> straight. Yeah, chicken was worse because i actually had to ride with him, you know because he was on my way to the track so i blitzed by his house and you know he was probably still in bed you know to get him out riding but i wanted a riding partner because chicken was fast as hell right yeah so that would get my speed and then of course you know he would pull in early because it was too hot and then come back out while i'm still riding but it was good to have him out there to uh Pace-wise, because he was faster than shit. We were just talking about the 86 Anaheim, which for you was a brutal evening, huh? Yeah, they had, you know, the heat race when you finished 18th to 20th. As Larry said, you'd go home on the Greyhound bus. and never really happened before to where one of the the number one played or even the top guys would crash out and not make it, you know, in. So my throttle cable snapped on the first lap, and so I was done for the night. But it was kind of funny because I was up in the pits and 
this at this time we weren't in our box fans. They had a, like a big fenced area where we had to bring all our stuff in, mm. and our bikes were up against the fence, and everybody was kind of lined up like you were inside a stadium. But so we were all like you could kind of see everybody um, around. So they they uh, you went to a semi those races. You know, heat race to yep. semi. There's two <clears throat> semis to the main event. Our last chance to the main event. So I was undressed. And I was getting ready. I had my backpack, you know, my bag on my shoulder, and Turner comes running up, I think at the time, saying, hey, Osho's blown his knee out. He's not riding the semi. There's a spot on the gate. You know, the one more guy gets to get in, mm-hmm. so you can ride. So I just put on my, my gear with no knee pads, you know, like my street socks. I throw everything on, and I go down there. Well, Osho, Honda saw me getting ready to go down there. So I went down. I'm on the gate. And Osho pulls up, and they tapped me off to put Osho on the gate because he was gonna, not going to ride because he blew his knee out, I think, uh, at the Golden State that year. So he was just kind of surviving. And um, he took off, qualified for the main event, and I think he got third that night. Wow. So, yeah. So I, I would have been in. Go ahead. You know, but he, Honda's like, no way. We, you know, we're keeping yeah. the number one plate out because Bailey's still in there and, you know, and RJ and – so, uh, yeah, that kind of sucked. It, it is funny because it's such an iconic race, right? Everybody's talked about it. We've done Videos are done on it. You're the defending Supercross champion. If you don't have a broken throttle cable, you make the semi, you make the main, and we may have a different Anaheim 186. Like, it's just funny. Yeah, like, I was riding you know, really good because yeah. I won the next week. <clears throat> right, I right. I won Houston the next week. So I was, like, on point, even though, you know, that was the first year of the production year old in 86, and wow. I wasn't – I mean, I was happy with the bike, but it wasn't like my '85 works bike. No. So, um, yeah, I remember I my dad. A little bit. My dad and I were at the stands <clears throat> that night. I was, I was telling Ricky, you know, watching from uh, down by the second turn by that triple, and the start was obviously on the other side of the stadium. And I remember you, you know, going off during the heat, and I didn't realize that <clears throat> you couldn't, you know, if you didn't, you, know, yeah. you couldn't make it to the semi then by not making the top. So I remember us, my dad and I watching you come down the tunnel, and you're on the line, and they're pulling you off the line, and you know, I'm, we're like, what's yeah. going on? You know, what's happening? Number one guy, then the gate drops, and you're still at the gate. I remember just my dad and I were just yeah, totally but, baffled. It wasn't so like think about that if it happened today, like, hey, Sexton. <clears throat> Yeah, crash yeah. out of the heat and can't race the LCQ because of a rule, right. and he's just gonna zero. He's not gonna be in the main event. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I was over. I left after that, and I was over at the Mexican restaurant across the street when the main event was going. I could hear the crowd cheering and yeah. screaming. And you're probably not your little coach. pair. You're probably a little pair of pink shorts you're, you used to always wear. Probably yeah, some dolphin fin <laughs> shorts oh. and a tank top. You know, well, probably over there. Your old mechanic Halverson, <laughs> he was the road race guy at Yamaha when I was there. So. Yeah. For giggles every once in a while. It was great amusement to me. Zero amusement to Tom. I would go into the office with my throttle cable. Oh, shit. And I would be like, hey, Halvey, can you check this out? Holy fuck. He'd be like, fuck off. And I would, ah, ha, ha. And then I would would walk back to my bay. So I don't think Halvey, who's a great guy, by the way, great dude. uh, I don't think he really appreciated me going in there asking him to check my throttle cable. But, yeah. Uh, What was sad about that is it was a production. It was a thing in the production line where the cable was getting pressed in the middle of it like yeah you know something was trying to cut it where it shouldn't have been cut and japan knew about it that's what he told me yeah 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 this is so they never that's how the how good we communicated with japan was you know we have a throttle cables that are in our bike and nobody calls and tells us or or sends a pigeon or something you know (laughs) know. Uh, a telegraph 
Jeff Ward on the uh, on the Pulp Mech Show, presented by uh, OGO Power Sports. Always great to have Wardy on the line. Jeff, so and we talked to RJ a little bit about this too. Like you've been there coming. We, Anaheim '86, it didn't work out, but '88. Uh, yeah, you won in 88, right? No, you won in yeah, 87. Yeah, so the number one play. Yeah. 87, so I had the right. number one play right. in 88. Yeah. Right, so you come into 88, like, and put yourself in the shoes of Chase Sexton or any of these guys, not so much Jet because he's just a kid and happy to be there, but, like, yeah. as, a, as a veteran with a plate and championship aspirations, are you the type of guy to be like, hey, it's a long season, let's play it, let's play the long game, and I don't really, I'm not going to focus too much, or are you like, hey, I'm going to show these dudes just I'm going to set the tone right now and show them they're going to have a long year. How much weight did that number one plate carry? Yeah. Um, not a lot. Well, because I already had them before. Sure. It wasn't my first one. So, um, you know, maybe 86 was probably a little more than that. But um, I'd won the 125 and the two, you know, so I was, I don't know, when you're winning races, you know, throughout your career um, and then win the number one plate, I, I don't, it's not, it wasn't too much for me because, you know, you won so many races to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the biggest thing is, like, not to let your guard down and want it as bad as you did the year before. Like, you know, so you can get that remote or I don't know what they call it. Is it the sophomore year or whatever when you – your second year? I don't know what they call it, but – The sophomore um, jinx a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah something like that. Where you, <clears throat> I just think it's because the the hunger, you already got the plate. Now you can just kind of go, okay, I, I can still win, but then that other guy behind you – it's like I of the tiger, and you know, you're kind of like settled in and not fighting as hard maybe. But in my day, we used to run the Golden State Series before that. So we had like four races at the Golden States with <laughs> Bailey, you know, Johnny, yeah. Ricky, Lachine, all the competition. So you were kind of already warmed up. You already know what they got bike-wise. You've seen their bikes. They've raced their bikes. And mm-hmm. back then, Supercross set up from outdoor to the Supercross. I don't even know if we did much. Really, you know, there wasn't a big, huge change in our era, at least at the beginning. So, it, to me, it didn't carry too much, too much weight. But it seemed like um, you did have the big picture in mind more to where, okay, I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to, you know, do something stupid or get a, basically don't get in a first turn pile up and make it more mm-hmm. difficult. Um, but I think you always go there to win the race mentality wise, because if you don't, then I don't think you race to your sure. true potential. And if somebody is faster. Well, at least you're going to know it, not like, oh, okay, I'll pick it up next week. Yeah. <laughs> like, at least you know where you're at if you gave it your all. And I could see, you know, any one of these guys coming in there. Eli, I know everybody's thinking Eli just wants to get his feet wet and get back going again, <laughs> kind of like last year a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, I think he wants to come in and show that he's there to win races, you know. So, so I think all these guys. So on the that. flip side for you, and this may not even really apply, but you really broke out in 85, right? You won the both titles in 85, and you were all on your way for a five-year stretch where it was you or Rick, yeah. and you won everything. I mean, 84, I won yep. four Supercrosses True. and National Outdoors, eight out of ten events. and So let's go so 84. I was, yeah. yeah, I think 84. 83, I won a couple. I was in the championship. 82, I, went, I started winning my first race. So 84 is really when I kicked it into gear and – you know, I was confident. On a side note, uh, we talked about this all last year, Wardy. You were the guy that kicked off Cowie's winning in '83, and they had not—they'd won a race every single year since uh, then, right? Since oh, really? then, until Joe Schmoda won the final round of Ironman. Otherwise, Cowie would have gone winless for the first time since you were there in '81. Oh wow! Yeah, 
So yeah. Shimoda got it done at the final round. Good, but, good uh, job, Shimoda. Right. <laughs> kept Cowie's streak alive. But my question to you, Wardy, is so from 84 to your breakout to, you know, 91 yeah. when you're a little older and, and you know, uh, got a couple years left. Yeah. Uh, did you ever get into – and we talked about Fro winning the title in 97 and then slumping. Did you get mm-hmm. into a – and I can't think of one off the top of my head because you were that fucking good. But did you, ever, did you ever get into a slump, Wardy, where, like, you just couldn't get a win? It, you were hurt, probably ankles and all this shit that was going on mm-hmm. with you. But And then how did you break that? How did you flip it around to be like, no, I still got it. Like, I haven't won for a month. I haven't won for a month and a half or whatever. And, no, I'm going to break this. And how did you do that? Um, I don't know. I, I don't think I ever – even when I was injured, I always felt like I could win. Okay, you know, that was right. my mentality. Like, I always, I always looked at like I went to triathlons on the weekend, and I, I, I went there thinking I could win. <laughs> you know, like, and I'm not even in the but taking off the line in my brain. Yeah, it's like, and then about you know three minutes in, I realized I'm up shit creek, you know, in the <laughs> swim or whatever. But just my brain wouldn't let me think that way. Like okay. I was going to prove that I could win with. A broken ankle, which I won the, the Supercross that year yeah. in '87 when I broke it the third race in. I had surgery on it and shattered when they drilled it, so I had struggling, and I still won races with it. So um, I think that's why I'm still competitive to the day. I just don't let that guard down to where. So you never had a slump, get, is what I guess you're telling yeah. me. Yeah, I, mean, I remember. I remember when he had his broken ankle. Yeah, and it was yeah. still just. Would you would you I just tape it? Bad. Would Spencer tape it up and just throw it in a boot or what? Yeah, tape it before I'd leave here, yeah, at home, and then I'd fly with it with the tape, and then I'd race with it and cut it off on the way home wow. on the airplane. So, yeah, I just, I mean, I I don't know if I had slumps. I had mm-hmm. my years with some bad bikes early on uh, more than anything, and then once, you know, we got to the, the bikes were good in 87, right. 88. The 500s were excellent. Um, I had my off days. I think, yeah. you know, and everybody does, yeah. but I never got like, oh shit, I'm, I know I can't beat that guy next week. He so, beat me. We had so many guys that could just, I was, I was never a dominant rider. I was never in supercross. I don't, that wasn't my forte. Uh-huh. Outdoors was probably my better riding style. Um, so I never really felt like I should be winning every race because I knew Ricky could beat me. I knew Johnny could be, <laughs> there's, there were so many guys out there and you just had to read the situation at the time of the race when you're going and some tracks fit my style, some mm-hmm. tracks fit Ricky's style and there are the tracks that fitted Lachine's style when he won. Um, so yeah, no, I was always yeah. uh, pretty, pretty even keel. So even in those, my career lasted so long. Yeah. Even in those early years when you were sort of a mini cycle star, right on a Honda and then you flipped to, to Cowie for the pro ranks and, and it didn't come easy. Like you said, bikes weren't great. No, I got smoked. Yeah. You got beat pretty bad. Did, did you have your sense of confidence of like, I'll get it. Like it's I'll coming. It's it. coming. Yeah. Like, did you think that? Um, then it was, I was super small. Like my first year on the nationals, my license, I was four eleven and ninety five pounds. So <laughs> Jesus, yeah, that's that's small for <laughs> for an eighty. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I used to be Myerskoff, you know, on the minis, and then he moved up and on the Suzuki and was killing it. And then I moved up the next year and I got lapped at Hangtown. I think I finished tenth, but I got lapped both uh-huh. motos by like the like like the top eight guys and then i was just i whole shot at both motos but i just yeah sucked and it was in the sand because it was at the old place at plymouth so it was a sand track which i've never been a sand rider and then we went to racing world the next week and they moved the track to the back track and i used to practice there and i think i ended up getting fifth overall i led a moto i got 
third one moto behind Glover and Chandler, I think. And and then from there, I was pretty good. You know, I think I was okay. top yep. five. And then I switched from Suzuki that year halfway to Yamaha in the middle of the season. They were going to pick me up for the next year, and I went on their stock bike, and I got smoked on that stock Yamaha compared to the Suzuki until they gave me Brock's backup bike on the last two nationals I got to run his OW uh, backup bike and led the one my first moto on it till the last corner when Mosier got by me and I got second so, so if you had a bike you realize you're like hey I got a bike I can you know especially yeah. back then bikes were more important than they are saying no oh, yeah like you you had confidence like hey if you give me a bike I can do this yeah so that was kind of right. the whole thing and uh but yeah it took me you know I didn't win the championship till 84 I came mm-hmm. in it you know that was what six years yeah so it wasn't come easy, so but I always had confidence. So I guess that's why I stuck around, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's interesting because, like nowadays, you know, like it's it, it is a confidence game. Like well, I could be, I would have been thrown out the back door by if I would have went to Mitch's team and got the yeah. results back. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I would have never made it. You know, I would have came off the mini bikes like Cincerello, you know, just killing it. And then I would have went to the, you know, but we didn't have the two fifty <clears> class. We had to go right to the main class where, yeah. you know, I went from. A mini bikes to racing against Bob Hanna, Marty Smith, Ken yeah. Howerton, you know, right? Fifteen guys that had won championships in the seventies uh, racing Supercross um, and trying to go to a main event. So it was a lot different of getting confidence racing, the, jumping into the deep end. But um, nowadays, yeah, if I did that going into the two fifty class, which I probably would, because these guys in the two fifty are any bit as fast as the guys in the four fifty. Yeah, they just need to learn the bike, right? If I got smoked like that and I was on Mitch Payton's team, I wouldn't have lasted two years. Yeah, good point. You right. know? Yep. No, you're no, yeah. Not. I mean, I mean, maybe I got second my first, you know, the first year on my Nationals on that good bike. So on a good bike, I might have been better. But my size and if the tracks were the way they were right now, mm-hmm. you know, I'd have had to wait until I was like 24 to make it. Um, a question about training aspect. Like today's training is, you know, more scientific um, with Alden and everything. And uh, you, you were kind of the first, I think, working with Spencer um, mm-hmm. Where did Spencer come well, from, and how did your relationship with him develop? Well, Honda had Jeff up for their team for what four years, three years, like from '81 or something. Um, he he managed the Honda team, and oh, yeah, and, uh, yeah, he was with uh, Johnny and David. Um, they kind of had him under their deal, and then I approached him in '84 and asked him if he would. I don't know if Honda would wasn't going to do it anymore or what it was, but I got him. To, to be my trainer solely so it was just myself um and that just out of the blue i don't know if I, I can't remember if i called him or he called me or um or we talked somewhere but yeah so that's kind of where i started my training program was going through jeff with uh my weight program and, and cycling program because he was olympic cycleist sprinter so he knew cardio you know cardio stuff really good so i had a really good program with cycling and running to do my uh cardio stuff and sprints and and the weightlifting was really good with Olympic lifts up in Pasadena or at the college up there. There was a, a Russian gold medalist weightlifter that was there uh, that I trained with for powerlifting. So technique-wise, I was really good with all that, and that just built like pure strength for me from um, doing that through 84 and into 85. And I, I stayed with Jeff my whole, till my whole career at the end of the 92. And it, did you get chicken involved with Jeff then? Yeah, I- yeah, Chicken came in, 
Um, couldn't get Ron, couldn't struggling. get Ronnie, couldn't get Ronnie. <laughs> no, we couldn't hit Ronnie. Ronnie never asked. So, uh, he, he just disappeared when the conversation came up. Like, oh, yeah, wasn't, yeah, Je- wasn't uh, Ronnie was just standing here? <laughs> yeah, we're talking Biden bicycles. No, nah, I'm out of here. So, yeah, I got chicken in that, and it was just funny because chicken was really weak. Like, you know, chicken, mm-hmm. you know, my warm up from 10 lifts with, you know, the cleans, he couldn't do that for his max. So Jeez. it took a long time to where he got up to where he was, you know, right. he was still a ways off, but the, the progression and the strength that he built from just doing that was, it was unbelievable. So it was really cool. To, and, and at the time, you know, chicken wasn't a threat to me. Um, I was still winning races at that time on the mm-hmm. 500 um, and Supercross, of course he was coming on, but I was looked at as, as, you know, I mean, with a teammate that can help you out and push you is just only yeah. going to make me better. So, you know, if I was the fastest guy on the team, then there was a problem because, I, you know, at that time in my career, I wasn't the fastest guy on the track. I was just solid, and I was going to be there to fight you for the win. But Chicken brought that energy in of, you know, doing different things on the track and, and you know, corner speed starts. He was a really good starter, so I learned, you know, better starts from him. And it rubbed off, so I was willing to go like, yeah, let's just do this together. And it worked out good. Is there a, is there a path, Denny, where you don't leave Cowie and you – Step into a chicken's 125 ride? Um, no, they no, didn't. They was. didn't. They were not interested in me. No. Yeah, they kind of think we're focused on fro, and and that was after you know having a relationship with all these guys. Yeah, and riding at the Cowie track. Yeah, because you were you know an up and coming team. Eighty eight. Yeah, I mean I was team green from eighty two till eighty nine, and um, you know, uh, yeah, I just had Wardy and, and Chicken and, and Dogger. You know, I did on the test track. Even when I was an amateur, they'd have me out, and right. Uh, even when I was staying with Chicken, I think that by then I was on a cat, Suzuki now, and. Uh, Jeff, that's when Chicken had a house in Anaheim Hills, and he had the second yeah, floor yeah. built for a gym, mm-hmm. you know, and it was a gnarly gym. And, and Spencer would come to Chicken's house and train him. Oh, so Chicken would actually take this pretty seriously for a little it bit. It was like, and, yeah. and so yeah. Chicken's like, "Hey, ask Jeff if I could join in." And yeah. Jeff's like, "Yeah, you know, no big deal. You just do what, just come follow us around yeah. the circuit." Yeah. And so I was doing all the same weightlifting and stuff that they were doing. And I remember showing up for the first round and. I hadn't seen my dad in like a month or something. He's like, holy fuck, you got a neck. Yeah, yeah. You know, you got definition and stuff. Like, And I'm like, yeah, you know, Spencer's been letting me work with him. And, you yeah. know, Wardy, Jeff, Chicken suggested it to him. And it was cool. And I think I ended up getting hurt like the f- first round or something. It might have been 91 or something. And I decided, man, that was a lot of work for nothing. I don't think I'm going to do that again. <laughs> uh, and now we know where Wardy is and where you are. Yeah. No offense, but no offense. But these guys were awesome. You know, uh, I mean, they all took me under the wing. Like, like I said, it goes back to 90 and Atlanta. Atlanta yeah. when I won my first Supercross on Suzuki, and yeah. I sat in the stands afterwards and, and watched, you know, one of the best two mains as well when Wardy came from about eighth yep. to win on the last lap and do the triple quadruple fist you know, pump, fist yeah. pump and, <laughs> and we were so stoked for each other and stuff. And they're, you know, like Suzuki was like, "Good job, Danny. We'll see you next week." And Turner and the Cowie guys are going, "We're taking you guys out, Danny. Come with us." Yeah. I'm like, "Dude, I'm 18 or 19. I can't go." Tazner, you look just like him. Give, give Stevenson your ID. You know, so we yeah, went to this. We went to the, some strip club there in Atlanta, and I remember walking in, and Turner's like, "You guys take your team coats off and stuff. We don't want them to be representative." Yeah. And by the end of the night, Turner had given his coat away to the fucking strippers on stage. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. I always, you know, the Cowie guys were always my family. Even I was at Suzuki, and yeah. you know, Chicken would take me to the Cowie track. We've talked about that. And, yeah. You know, getting yeah. yelled, you know, uh. getting yelled at. They get a call. Chicken's like, "Man, how the fuck? Why do you know we're here?" That's someone by the road, saw the yellow bike. We knew it was you and Denny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. So, uh, Wardy, just for the record, can we clarify, like, did Dogger train with you ever off the bike? No. No. Like, ever? Never. I never. Never got on a bicycle? Never. never. 
<laughs> Never did. Well, did he tell the story yes. when he went riding bicycling one time? He'd stop and take the hose and yeah, and drip it on him, and then well, bicycling an hour later. I, I just yeah, he, he never came with us. I never saw him do anything except maybe play basketball. Okay, maybe. yeah, certain basketball. If, I don't even know if he did that. I right. don't know. If, I don't even think it, he did that. That was too much work. It's like yeah, literally really. like the stereotype is all true. All the story, and we had Ronnie oh, yeah. on here. We had Ronnie on here a few months ago. For 927 day for Maximo, he called in. Oh, perfect. And I said, Ronnie, like, you, at this point, there's so many mythical stories about you. There's so many. <laughs> I said, but honestly, like, with with most of these guys, 75% of it is true and the 25% is BS. I said, Ronnie, I think your ratio, seriously, is 95% true and 5% yeah. false. Like, all the stories you hear, they're I mean, true. Yeah. Wardy knows the one. All, with... the, all the false parts are that he trained. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the Wardy can tell the story at, at the Cowie track. Uh, you know, I'm there with those guys, and I'm and Dogger shows up an hour late, tells them he forgets their boots, and you know, Wardy yeah. tell that one. I mean, that was just unreal. Well, he was yeah, he was driving there, and we're at you know we're already I think doing a moto, or he's already late to begin with, and it and then he pulled because we didn't have cell phones I don't at that time, so he had to pull over somewhere. I don't even know how he got the message to the track that. He was going to pick his boat up in like Ontario because he forgot his boots or something. So, but then Turner, uh, he must have went over to the, the Corner Clay place where they had the phone over there, and must have. I, I think they called there. I have no idea because when was that? No, we had phones back then, didn't we? I, yeah, Chicken was... had a cell because it was basically Dogger showed up late. Everyone yeah, was pissed yeah. at him. He had to get a. He said, that, but then he left to go get his boat, and then Turner got. Then he called him, and Turner went down and bought boots at the local. Yeah. Well, they uh, tried to do that. They sent, they sent Ash to go look for boots. But they were size too small. Yeah. They couldn't get 13s. They only could get like 12s or 11s or something. So Dogger's like, I'm out of here, guys. And Turner's like, hey, get over here and piss in this cup. And Dogger's like, fuck you, Turner. Unbelievable, oh, yeah. right? Hour later, uh, he comes down the fucking 15, honking and waving with the boat on the back of the truck. And, and think about like, you're some kid, Denny, and you're just like, wait. Ronald Sheen just told his manager to like fuck off. It was a crazy thing. I'm like, my dad and I are mouth open. Like, is this? this yeah, it was. Like, it this was, is uh, crazy. I don't know how he made money the, those couple of years getting fined because he had five thousand dollars <laughs> fines for everything he missed. And he missed like five things a week. Yeah, or Southwick yeah. when he uh, when he went to prom Saturday yeah. night. Yeah, prom and flew in the next morning. Won the first moto. Yeah, drank so much water that he. We had we had a spreadsheet moto. like yeah. what time he's coming in like you know one of those like right. pickle cards or whatever. Yeah, and he he got there he got there before anyone even thought he should have. Wait, like, I think he got second first. He got he second. Won, no, he won the he first won. moto. Okay, he did yeah. win. Yeah, and then he drank so much water because he was so tired he cramped up and like again yeah, like he, those stories Dodgers. like you seem like they're fake but they're not they're not fake. No, we got there's a hundred more. <laughs> no, exactly. Uh, Wardy, let's let's flip it back to this Anaheim. Um, yeah. And you've been there in a sense uh, as a racer. Do you think, like, we talked about Jet earlier, and, like, he's going to win. I don't think he's going to win the title. He could, though. I could be wrong. Denny is kind of mm-hmm. the same way as I am. Like, there's no doubt he's going to win races and, and, and all of that, and his titles will come. But, or Wardy, I'm flipping it back to you. Like, is this the start? Of an MC type of era, is this the start of like, oh shit, you know? No, I don't think it's the MC era because you got to look at the, I mean, the guys that are, he's racing right now with Eli and Cooper and, you know, I mean, uh, Anderson. There, there's a lot of champions that are in there, um, right now. Yeah, you know, and guys that have won races and stuff like that. When McGrath was going, I mean, Stan was still there. 
Um, he was on his way out. Bale left. I left. You know, he had Kudrowski and LaRocco. They weren't the best Supercross riders, so he had them covered, mm-hmm. you know. he. Did, I don't think Jet had a lot of guys covered here, speed-wise and race-wise and, and championship-wise for the full season. There's a lot of guys that they can grind it out, so... I don't think he's not. I don't think he's going to do a McGrath. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. You know, maybe three years down the road when you know, I don't know if Eli's out and Cooper's out and mm-hmm. Fernandez is. All these guys are out, then I don't know the crop coming up right now if, if it's going to be that level for a while. You know, because right now it's pretty deep. With uh, you can't. I don't think you can get a bad start and and get through all these guys to win a race with. Yep. The, you know, three faster guys at, up front by the time you get into fourth or whatever. So you are, though, like you're fully on the board of him winning races and all that, though, like I'm being – For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he's I, – I can't take him out of the championship hunt. Right, right. You know, by no means because he's not a rookie. I mean, yeah, he is a rookie riding this 450, but, I mean, look at the stuff he's done on the outdoor and then in the Supercross on the 250. Um, their lap times are the same as the – the 450s mm-hmm. is not faster. They do everything. It's a little heavier bike. It's not, a, and he's grown now. He's a lot stronger, I think, than he was a couple years ago. He's got a big neck. Like he, they put him in some he's serious strain. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you look at him. He's got a neck on him, so he's not a weak kid. So, um, he he could win the championship as easy as anything. But um, it is 17 races compared mm-hmm. to what he's used to, and that plays, a, I think, a bigger factor probably more than than uh, than anything. Right. Uh, we got Alec on the phone. Uh, he's got a question about the Supermoto days. Uh, Alec, uh, welcome to the show. You're on the line with Jeff Ward. Uh, what's your Supermoto question? How's it going, guys? How's it hey, going? I uh, just want to say, Steve, love the show. Uh, you guys are awesome. Love listening every week. Um, Wardy, my question for you was, uh, you were a little bit before my time when you were racing motocross and stuff, but, uh, Mm -hmm. I actually became a really big fan of yours, um, from early 2000s when you were running Supermoto. Uh, my dad and I would tune in to OCN every weekend, uh, well, whenever the race was on, um, and watch you and Doug Henry, Phil Moore, Burkhart, and all you guys kind of go to battle with it. And, uh, we always tried to make it to those races. So I wanted to ask you, what are some of your kind of best memories and best battles and stuff from when, uh, you ran Supermoto with those guys? Um, yeah, it was cool. Um, because I mean, I never, I mean, I don't even know if I raced Henry, Doug too many times. And I mean, I definitely never raced McGrath except for one race at like uh, Paris raceway, you know, a uh, Supercross when he was just getting into the 250 class. But I thought the X games were cool because I got to race against guys I never raced against. And, and then you got to race against guys on the road race side, like Ben Bostrom and Nikki Hayden and Kevin Schwantz and Travis Pastrana. And, you know, I got to race against Chad Reed and Kevin Windham. And so it was like, it was super cool to be in that, that feeling of uh, racing motorcycles with guys that, um, you know, I've been watching for years after I retired. So um, that was the coolest part about it. But it, that super motor racing was really fun. It was a lot of fun at some of the tracks we got to go to. And um, the X game was always the, the kind of the pinnacle of it with the, how they built the track. And it was pretty extreme for, for riding bikes with 17-inch wheels with slicks on them. And yeah, the, the X Games was, stuff was, was cool. pretty gnarly. X Games was a cool time, man. I did a couple of those with Yamaha. It was huge because Timmy was hurt, and so I was helping Burkhart and Henry. And man, yeah. those were everyone was there. It was a star-filled thing. It was really neat. It was crazy how Moto yeah. took over it. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. That's what happened. It was like the Super Moto was the. That's why Chad and them wanted to do it because they wanted to be in the X Games so bad mm-hmm. that there was nothing else they could. They're not going to go for the you know the, the high jump thing and all that. 
So Supermoto was a way to come in and be in the X Games and to, to win a gold medal. And then when Supercross came in, they all jumped over there because that's their forte. Yeah. And then now there's no stars in the Supermoto side. So it just kind of fell off. You know, there's, they're not going to watch some Euros they never heard of and a couple old guys. Yeah, did got, you, did you ever race, right? Did you ever race the Superbikers? Yeah, I raced the Superbikes at Carlsbad. I was at the first ones that raced them uh, back when Chandler won and, yeah. and uh, Jimmy Weiner. I got second or third the one year, my first year. That was gnarly, that was gnarly right? Yeah, how gnarly was that? How fast were you guys going? Oh. We were doing 130 miles an hour on those 500s. But, and was it a motocross yeah. bike that adapted down? Is that what it was? Yeah, motocross bike. Yeah, full motocross bike Yeah, um, with, uh, like, TT tires on them, not even road. So they were really slippery on the pavement. Uh, they worked better in the dirt. But um, we had no hand guards, no just leathers with knee cups and a, a chest protector, you know, and you're doing 130 oh. and his head shake. And when, when, when Magoo we were, goes down the start straight that one time, the concrete, and he just, and he just squeezes he, he through. He pins it between the oh, wall, and dude, I think, it, I don't know who the, it was. Uh, Steve Wise, I think it was Wise. Steve Wise, yeah. I, yeah, it was insane. Insane, and the, and the dirt part was so fast, too. At that point, uh, if you're Steve yeah. Wise, you're like, hey, Magoo, you want it? Just take it. Man. Yeah. Just, just take it. Dude. Like, you just yeah, went underneath was, him. Yeah. That's that's where the kind of the you know where it came from sure. really, but it was on Wide World of Sports. It was super huge, yeah. so you had to do it. But it was pretty gnarly, and I was pretty young back then too, so I was still like nineteen or eighteen or something. Uh, Alec, thanks for the call. Thank you. Thank you, Alec. Yeah, thank, Alec. thank you, guys. Uh, you know, um, working at Yamaha those years, I just grilled John R. and Keith and Bob Oliver. You know, all the stories and everything else. And out of all the things that Bob Oliver's done, and you know he 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 won Supercrosses as a mechanic, and you know built motors and like incredible career, right? The number one thing that he was most proud of is Eddie Lawson winning Superbikers, because yeah. he said Honda had a huge advantage, obviously, because they were Honda, right? Custom built mm-hmm. bikes, and they their bikes were amazing, and you know, and they built some piece of shit YZ490 that Eddie Lawson won on, and ABC, like Wardy said, Wild World of Sports, all of that. Huge. Bob Oliver was yeah. the most stoked on Eddie Lawson's win. He said out of anything he's done is in the sport. How cool! Yeah, Eddie can ride, man. Yeah, the road racers got Ben Bostrom and those guys on by Mickey Hayden. Like, and even nowadays, the guys that ride yeah. moto, Jack Miller, they're fast. Yeah. on motocross bikes. Well, that's <laughs> like the like what Marquez, the, the MotoGP guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he, he rides too. moto dang good. So you put them on like a, a bike like that on pavement with that kind of they they haul the mail, but it was. It was pretty cool. I mean, I was 47 when I won the gold medal at the X Games, 45 and 47. Yeah, so, that's cool. To hang it out like that, the year, last year I got hurt before that, but Stuart was there, James. And um, he oh, was I forgot. Fast. Damn. Yeah, so I got behind him on one of our qualifying uh, runs, you know, just to get in behind. And I had to back out because I was so scared <laughs> watching him almost hit, <laughs> hit guardrails and – I mean, it was like I was not going to be involved in that in that carnage. So, but he never went down. But um, yeah, you know, at, I qualified at, him. I got second. I think I got passed on the last lap for qualifying time wise. But um, I have no memory think, of James Stewart racing. Super I Moto. forgot that too. Yeah. yeah, and he would be great. Yeah. And, and and you at forty five, forty seven, like you said, yeah. your brain's not supposed to be doing that shit. <laughs> yeah, I was forty. I was 48 when he when he did that, or 49, because he came in a couple of years after I won the gold medal. Jeez. So I was almost 50 years old. Um, and had, like you, you said, know, how, so how, was, how rad was that, the race with guys that the younger generation? That would be just badass. You know, how many, no one's really done that. Yeah, it was tough because the, the year I won in 80, I mean, when I was 47, they had it was a shorter event. They had like a, 
couple qualifiers, and then our race wasn't that long. But the, uh, we didn't have pit stops that year. But the, uh, the years before, I got second. Burkhart, the one year I was leading to the last lap, and he got by me. But the year before, was it's an hour race. And it was like always 100 degrees. Wow. You had to do a pit stop, change a tire. Yep. Um, you have leathers on, right? Because you have to have leathers on. It's just, it's a brutal, the pace that you're running for an hour. And then for me to even be in that shape, to be able to hang on, it was, you know, it was a lot of work. So, um, yeah, it was like my teammate Fillmore, what, he was 17, you know, 18, <laughs> and I'm 47. <laughs> like, I forget it was an hour event. What what year yeah. was your Daytona 500 year? Or not Daytona, Indy uh, 500, Indy I'm sorry. Uh, Indy 500. Uh, 97 I raced from 97 to 2002. So And then I did 2005 after that one year, but... So 2002 was my last year in IndyCars, and then Supermotor started in 2003, and then I did that up till 2009. Oh. I did it every year. So that was a long, lot of racing. A lot of second I, career for you, yeah. You've yeah, had a, a lot of, yeah, yeah, from, a lot of, from four years old to 49 years old. That's just yeah. insane. Oh. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of injuries, too, in that Supermotor. Man, I wrecked my knee more than I ever did racing motocross. Just broke my wrist, broke my shoulder. Jeez. I was like, because <laughs> when you go down on those pavement, it's it hurts. Like, you're doing like 80 miles an hour, and you grab the front brake, and the front just goes away, and you just slap the pavement and slide for like, you know, 80 yards into the tire barriers. Make, makes Carl's bad look like a sand track. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Like, what am I? What am I doing? Like, it, was, uh, we got a co- it was a lot of fun because we had Troy Lee, the team, and and uh, McGrath was on the team the first year, and um, it was just a lot of fun, kind of new, and all these new places, and it was a cool event. It was a bummer it kind of stopped, but yeah. Um, and it did. It kind of came out of nowhere, and then it just ended out of nowhere. Yeah, it just kind of disappeared. Troy started the motocross team, so he kind of pulled out. and It was out of the X Games, and then it just AMA kind of lost uh, interest in it. And they're still going a little bit and doing some stuff, but um, none of the big, you know, yeah. motocross guys are ever thinking about doing a career in supermoto after they're done. No, for sure. Uh, we got two more calls for you, Wardy, and then we'll let you go. Yep. Uh, Preston, no Preston's on three. What's up, Preston? What's your question for Jeff Ward? Hey guys, thanks for taking my call, Steve. Thanks for having uh, yeah on the same night my uh, two childhood heroes. On. Yeah, no, it's cool. <clears throat> this question's for Jeff. Just uh, yeah, regarding Jeff was iconic for having the open face helmet and the Oakley face shield. And I just want to get Jeff's insight as to why he preferred that. And was it a rule that he had to go away from, or that he had to go away from it, or or just uh, it seemed like a good idea to keep your face clear? But I was always wondering about. Gordy <laughs> was one of the last yeah. holdouts too. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, I started with a full face as a kid, the Bell Star, um, and then I went to an open face for a little while as a kid, and then actually my first year on Cali, I had a Bell Moto, I don't know what, the Moto 1 or whatever it was. My first year there, I had a, a full face for a few few races, but then I went back to an open face when I went back on the Yamaha for some reason, because <laughs> I got the pictures. I got pictures of it. That's yeah. the only reason why I know. And I'm like, why am I? I had a full face at the beginning of the year, I think, on <laughs> not on Cowie, but on Suzuki. Yeah. And then I, I like, and then I went to the open face, and then and then on Cowie, the next year I had a full face when I was number seven, and I don't know if I wore it that whole year or not, but then I went back to the open face. So I didn't, no reason why. I think for comfort, because I just don't think that the full face was that comfortable back then, and. Um, yeah, I went to the you know the Jofa, they opened it all the way through till, um, yeah, I raced five hundreds with the open face for quite a few, and then what happened was, 
Joey, my sponsor, who I was racing for all those years, stopped making open face helmets. So I went like a year or two with the open face helmets, and they're like, "Hey, we we don't sell those helmets. <laughs> so like, we need you to wear a helmet that we you know we sell, so that we're you know we we can pay you." Um, and Troy, their helmets were just really ugly. It had a square front on it, yeah. and so Troy Lee took it over and sanded it and did this and made it long, a little longer. And I'm like, okay, cool, I can wear that. That looks good. Um, so that's when he kind of got tied in with Showy a little bit, uh, kind of helping their helmets out, and I mean, just... kind of got him started in the helmet business, really, because he was kind of helping Showy and 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 doing that. And then he started his own stuff. You know, I don't know what year that was, but. Wardy, just uh, going I, up, just going up Horsepower Hill with an Oakley face mask on a 500 at Washougal, just getting pelted with rocks. Insane. Yeah. And, and no chest protector either. Most of the time, I didn't wear one. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and your last helmet, your on your 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 farewell year, when you when you painted the helmet with all your numbers all over it, that was badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was cool. Yeah, all my number one, seven number ones on there, and then all of my race numbers that I had, you know, yeah. prior to that. So that was a cool helmet, but. Yeah, the open face was uh, it was it was kind of you know kind of gnarly, but it made you take different lines. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> so Thank- you, didn't fo- you didn't follow. Thanks, yeah, Preston. Yeah. Thanks for the call. Yep. Thank you. Thanks, yep. Preston. Thank you, Preston. Uh, uh, next call for Wardy from Tony. Tony's on one. Uh, Tony, what's your question for Jeff Ward? Yeah, Jeff, uh, Denny, honored to be on with you guys, uh, legends of the sport. Um, I just I had to weigh in on something. Uh, the electric bike phase is coming up, and uh, I just wanted to know what you guys are thinking on this. I mean, you guys went through the two-stroke era, you know, going into the four-stroke, so now we're going into the four-stroke era into the electric. Um, and my opinion, I just think that uh, I don't think it's going to compete with the combustion engine. I don't know if, you know, Feld's going to ever find a regulation between, you know, the horsepower and and all that. But um, I think, in my opinion, it's going to be its own series. I think it's going to give guys more opportunity to uh, more stars of the sport, give more amateurs opportunities. Uh, you, you, I, I just want to weigh in on what you guys think about it because you guys have lived it, Steve, you too, and uh, you guys have been through it. So I just wanted actually all three of your guys' opinion on it. What do you think, Wardy? Um, I mean, I've ridden one. I used to, I read, I rode the um, uh, Stark? Supermoto version of it. What was the first one they had coming out there? Oh, the, Alta? Uh, the Alta? Alta. Yeah, I went up there to their factory. I rode the motocross bike, and, I'm, and then I raced mm-hmm. one of their bikes with mickey diamond at sturges kind of a local mm-hmm. ama type thing and for the supermoto it was pretty awesome um mm-hmm. but the motocross side i mean even watching them today they they're heavy i mean i mean they may even mm-hmm. be i mean they're still a little heavier than the 450 or whatever but they just land mm-hmm. really different i mean you don't have the same feeling going up jumps because of the when right. you shut off the throttle. When I rode it, it had three different mappings where if you shut off, it decelled quicker and you had to go to this other map so it rolled freer. Um, right. They may have that all figured out now, but um, it was strange. I, I don't know you know, how they'd classify it, like you said, for for the classes mm-hmm. to, to see, but I, I mean, I don't know. I could see somebody maybe trying to ride one to see where we're at. Well, definitely seeing, seeing Honda have one with Canard, right? Racing in Japan. Yeah. Like that tells me like yeah. they're pretty far down the line. You know? yeah, yeah, that bike looks right. That bike looked really good, and yeah. I think yeah. the one I rode, like I said, it's one of the first ones, so I know it's. Do you guys have, do you guys ever see it being its own series though? 
I mean, from combustion. Well, they have it for, like, give it, it like arena cross, super cross, you know? Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, down yeah. the road. Yeah. I don't yeah. think they should right. ever race right. together. You know, I think no, it, yeah, no, I don't uh, think that's what I'm getting at too. Yeah, right. And right, I think right, they're yeah. going to do it. They're going to try that, like World Supercross next year or something. They were considering it, or maybe well, a couple other rounds. Yeah, uh, Varese and Doe raced them in Paris. Uh, Varese never raced though. They, they raced right? in the afternoon. Oh, it was a separate series. Separate, electric? Electric? Se- separate race. Oh, yeah, I thought okay. it was separate series. I, 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 Steve, I'm talking separate series. Yeah, now. yeah, no, I no. Mean, there's just not yeah. enough of them right now. But sure, I could see if there's enough. You know, manufacturing of them, if the Japanese get involved in it, like Honda right, is, right, I could see yeah. it for sure. Yeah. Well, that's what I was telling Steve yeah, when be, I was, I went and watched the Nitro yeah. Cir- Nitro Cross with Pastrana and Deegan race the rally cars. Well, they're racing electric mm-hmm. cars. And yeah. mm-hmm. it was crazy. Yeah. I've never been to an event that, you know, rally cars are loud. <laughs> bah, 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 you know, that noise. Yeah. The, the, the yeah, right, right. And it was just, it was fucking quiet, man. It, the gate dropped yeah. or the whatever, and, and you couldn't even hear them. Yeah. All of a sudden they come in the picture. Yeah. And he watched, yeah. you know, seven laps of just yeah. pure silence, and it was yeah. just bizarre. The racing was fantastic, but yeah. it was weird yeah. watching but, it quiet. But but, but, then, but Danny, you of all people coming from arena cross, and you know you're yelling stuff out. You you know you're talking shit out of your helmet. Oh yeah, you could with, yell. I can, you could have a conversation. Yeah. You could really yell. <laughs> so uh, the fans would actually be hearing everybody talking. <laughs> thanks, Mac. You know. Yeah. Thanks for the call, yeah. Tony. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, yeah. Steve. All right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It should be interesting to see what they end up doing with that. Um, Briggs is yeah, a, the Honda looked nice. It, it, ride, the bike canard ran looked pretty sweet. But and, and then I was talking to the guys at Honda, and I said, "Hey, is that just like a CRF frame?" And uh, you guys figured it out. They're like, "Nope, all new frame, yeah. like all new design for the for the battery, for the motor, like all of that." So Honda, it is weird riding without a clutch. I, I would almost just put a clutch uh, lever on there just to pull something <laughs> for the fun of it. Yeah, because my finger was looking for that thing every time it came in a corner. It was like it's just not there. You know, it's just it's like. I guess if he started on one, he wouldn't know. But like, and I think, but it's ridden a motocross bike because it's weird. And I think that's where it started. You know, you get these the KTM making these you know, the fifties and stuff. Now, if you get these keys, kids young, yeah, they're never going to know any different. You know, it's it's a big yeah, the deal. The guys go- doing the fifty KTM race, and they're going to go on to the next electric bike, next electric bike, and they're going to have it figured out speed wise. Yeah, you know, traction wise. Like right now, you come up to a double or something, you don't have that gear to know. The speed, you know, second gear, you know, when you're wide open, how far you go. Exactly. You, know, you have to shift to third. You don't have that. You just come out, and it's all just speed feeling, and that's hard to time a jump when you're just doing that with I was, without shifting. I was over jumping the shit out of stuff when I rode one a few times. Yeah. I just, I just couldn't, yeah. couldn't figure that quite out. Uh, Briggs is on line three. What's up, Briggs? What's your question for Jeff Ward? Not much, guys. It's actually kind of more of a story and a cool uh, okay. thing, actually. So. I grew up around motocross. My dad and uncle were both Western New York, um, really fast pros, worked on the circuit. So super young, one of my earliest things I can remember is Jeff Ward being my idol. Like Green Kawasaki, Jeff Ward, big number three, like Mm -hmm. just was always a pivotal icon for me. So we would go to the races early. Um, I think it was either Broome or Unadilla. And uh, I went up to uh, Jeff on, I think it was Friday or Saturday, to practice during the day. And I remember asking him, being nervous and going up to him, being like, hey, can I have your jersey, please? And uh, he's like, you know what? After tomorrow, like, yeah, you're, you're good. So um, I remember the other thing I remember that weekend, I don't remember what year it was. Um, I remember walking around after the second moto, and the kids and people were just screaming around the fences for Wardy just like because he was just, I mean, mm-hmm. he was the man, right? Like, right. Uh, and they're just screaming. I remember walking across 
or walking around the side of the box in, and he was coming around the back corner, walking towards like the driver's side of the door. And uh, he said to the kids, oh, I'm sorry, I can't do it, guys. I already promised it to somebody. And I remember hearing that and then walking around the corner and him, like, literally bumping into me, handing me the jersey and just being like, whatever. And I'm actually sitting here right now at my <laughs> kitchen table at 40 years old looking at this jersey. Oh, nice. Oh, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah that's really cool. Uh, listen, I thought you were going to be one of those guys that said, uh, <laughs> I, I, I didn't give it to him. I'm an a-hole. I was waiting no. for that as well. Did he fuck him over? What's going to happen here? I, uh, yeah, yeah. No. It I, all sounded good, and I thought it was going to be. I came up to get it, and he said, fuck out of here, kid. I asked, uh, I asked Stanton for a jersey, Millville 89, and he about – bit my head off and i'm still like trying to get, get over, over it because jeff's a great guy but holy crap as a kid i was jeff was not so having funny, it that yeah. day yeah. did bail beat him yeah probably but you know it's yeah. funny and then you get to know these guys and you get to be around these guys Absolutely. And you really, everyone well, has good days and bad days and it's you know yeah, yeah you forget it's a job right and you, and you don't know what's going on you're injured you know and you got how many people asking and mm-hmm. you say yeah or no and then you give it to somebody else that you shouldn't have gave it to and then they come up and they're like what the fuck you know and you're yeah. like Sorry, dude. You know, I gave it to this girl, or I gave it to this little kid. He was crying. His mom needed it. And so, but then, then, you know, now you still get it on Instagram, or you know, you, you got these things. Everybody's going, "Oh, Wardy's cold." And then you'll be like, "No, man, Wardy's a dick. He told me to get out of here." <laughs> no, it was it was it was totally awesome because That's the cool, hero yeah. that I had in my life, and like honestly, till this day, like to me, like especially when he won his the the, the Indy car race, I was like. We were pumped. Like, as a motocross community, we were pumped for him that our icon mm-hmm. went on to, mm-hmm. to do that. You know what I'm saying? So um, so I guess yeah. I got a follow-up question. What year is this jersey I'm looking at? I'm trying to remember because I was probably under five years old. What number is it? Uh, what is it? It's number It's number three. It's a Sensalo jersey. Um, you have uh, Jeff Spencer training on the chest. Yeah. Um, 90. That was three for two years. Yeah. Um, so it's like uh, it's like the green number three with the the blue ward and it's kind of like that zebra print kind of like it's got like the white lines to it. Yeah, caught it probably ninety. It re- yeah, I remember zebra print. Yeah, okay. so like uh, seven years. Yeah, nineteen ninety. There you go, buddy. You got yeah, it. that's a, that's I a would keeper. Say that. Yeah, keep that's keep, awesome. Hold on, that so, thing because unlike like nowadays, like you know, the, those aren't made. That's that's the one of one what you got there. Yeah, so, exactly. Huh? We didn't get many of those <laughs> back then. No, you actually had a wash up. <laughs> yeah, how, and how about just wearing those cotton jerseys with the cuffs, the the, the solid cuffs on them? He wore those axle ones. He wore I, gnarly. Yeah, yeah. I, I cut them off. I cut the yeah. cuffs off. I yep. cut the jersey up. That's true. Usually, yeah. I'll, He's all my jerseys has holes. Any hot day, they had holes cut in. That's how I learned it from those guys. Yeah, (laughs) thanks. In the back of our van and cut them up. Yeah, thanks, Briggs. (laughs) Thanks for the question. Thanks for the story. I should say. Thank you. Thanks, man. Yeah, send me an Instagram. I'll I'll repost it. Yep. Cool. Uh, Thanks, Briggs. Appreciate it. Wardy, do you have like a lot of your helmets and gear? And like, are you a collector guy? No, no. No? I mean, I have a couple of stuff from Motocostinations. You know, like the the number helmet. Troy's got few of them i yeah. got more indy car helmets probably than i have definitely more indy car helmets than i have uh um motocross helmets because they were just back then they were we'd, we i ran my same helmet in 85 the whole year yeah i never got a new helmet and they, they didn't have pads that changed out by the time the end of that year came it wasn't even a helmet anymore i don't think <laughs> it was like a bowling ball with yeah some tape tape inside it's crazy i have some my old helmets from then too and it's literally just a oh, shell God. with some with some foam in it it's so bad and it weighs like 
five oh. ounces or something. You know, it's like it's. I'm like, no wonder I was always getting knocked out in these things. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, I'm like, how did I not die? Yeah, I mean, it's like I hit the ground so hard a few times, and you look at that helmet, and you put it on, you're like, it just hurts putting it on. Yeah, it's like if somebody hit me on the head with their hand, it would like hurt. Yeah, I have you some helmets like, on my wall here, and they're they're so heavy, and you're just like, oh, huh. Bailey, yeah, Bailey but, had a New Year's Eve party one year when we were living out there, Michelle and I, and. Um, Raleigh's mom and we got invited. Everybody's hanging out, and uh, uh, David had a, one of his ALS JT helmets yeah. like on the mantler up on a shelf. And I was joking I was going to steal it by the end of the night. He's like, you know, got serious. Like Denny, no, like that's the only helmet I have left. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. you only have one. He's yeah. like, that's the only one I got. Yeah. Well, you're going to miss that by the end of the night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Uh, so I got a few jerseys, a couple of pants laying around somewhere, in my storage somewhere, but. Yeah, I have really nothing in my house here. Yeah, at you're all. not a, not a big collector guy of all that stuff, no. Um, no, it didn't. At the, back then, they weren't worth collecting. Almost it seemed like right. they weren't that nice. <laughs> well, we were joking because he's got an old Barnett here one, and I have yeah. some old ones from back in the day that I'd gotten. Um, and they're they're tiny. Like, why were jerseys so small yeah. back then? Yeah, yeah. I I have a yeah. rollerball jersey, and rollerball is a big dude, as we all know, and. It's a this, medium. <laughs> this thing's so small. I'm like, how did Ross ever wear this? Do they shrink? I don't even know. But I'm like, maybe this is a fake. I don't know. But like, I can't see Rollerball yeah. putting his jersey on. Like, he's a big guy. So, <laughs> no, they were they were weird. They were helmets were not great back then. No, nothing. Helmets, uh, jerseys. Hey, Wardy, thanks for the time, man. Always fun to catch up and bench race guys. Anaheim one. Are you going this weekend? You'll be there, or yeah, yeah, yeah. I got tickets. We'll be up there. I might go early. I think I get a hard card, so I get around a little easier than. Trying to yeah. find paths and stuff. So yeah, that's um, awesome. Yeah, for um, sure. Oh, I just I heard. I don't know if I was listening. The, they're starting the racing earlier this year. Yeah, main events, uh, night show. I should say. Sorry, at five o'clock. Yeah, Jeez. I heard that, and then I started looking at the uh, like the other races. Looks like all of them almost start at five o'clock. The earlier. West, yeah, the West are now going to be all an earlier start. For East okay. Coast time zones, yeah, for the, right, for the yeah, TV. Right, yeah, yeah, so, I figured because I know all my friends like, man, I can't stay up to midnight to yeah. watch. I, I, yeah, I, honestly, I don't like it from sort of a fan point of view, but I get it if you're felled. And, Dude, they don't start till yeah. 10 p.m. on East Coast. I mean, right. I'm obviously Midwest, that's 9 yeah. to midnight. Yeah. yeah, New York, you know, it's, it's, it's 10 to it's 1. It's still dark at 5. It's still dark at 5.30 right now, so it's not a big deal. The, the bummer is that when it's like the sun's still up yeah. and the main events are starting. and Just a different never, vibe. It never looks good when the sun's out in Supercross for some reason. No one wants another Oklahoma City 1990 again, I'll tell you that. Oh, boy. <laughs> you definitely not you. Not me, for yeah. sure. Yeah. 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 You, you cased that jump a little bit there, Danny. On yeah. The, uh, it just, I, I landed top of that thing and went, Bree! All the way to the bottom, uh, man. Uh, and, and later uh, going, man, that really now, Hey, that was another race that Cooper threw away. Yeah, he yeah, was. Uh, I, I watched that one from the infield because I was still standing around from the race. Yeah. There was whoops right there. In the infield, he like went blitzed him and went up on the front wheel, into he, the he, over him, got up the silencer was straight up, and he's finishing the race. Just the loudest bike on the track yeah, at that point. Yeah, that's coop. Yeah, that's that's air coop. Yeah. Air time, baby. Uh, thanks, Wardy. Good that's to fun. see you. Thank Good you guys, to you. man. Later, Wardy. We'll Great talking to you. Thank you. You too, Danny. Later, see brother. That's uh, that's Jeff Ward, everybody, and RJ. Before that, thank you to those guys for coming on. Great legends and. Got a lot of their time tonight. Uh, I love talking to those guys. I, I really do. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you and I both, you know, we've seen the magazines and to hear the stories out of their mouth, uh, it's outstanding. And to have them chew together because, like you said, they were they were bird magic. They brought, yeah. they brought out the best of each other. And, uh, you know, they didn't hate each other. They didn't want to kill each other. They just respected each other and wanted to kill each other. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the 9 o'clock hour brought to you by the folks at Weisco, the Honda HRC guys involved with Weisco. And uh, they're doing good work for those guys when, when Honda's using your pistons, two-stroke and four-stroke. 
Uh, they've got a variety of pistons from reliable forge replacements to the Performance Focus Racer Elite Series. Pulp 23 is the code to say. They've got a full range of performance components for dirt bikes, UTVs, ATVs, jet skis, you name it. And again, uh, partner of the Honda HRC guy. So thank you, the folks at Wiseco, for making this thing happen. Uh, Maxima and Pro Filter, speaking of dogger. Uh, Maximum Pro Filter Pulp 20 is the code to save with those guys. Uh, get your oil, get your oil filters pre-oiled, ready to use. Uh, uh, Pulp 20 is the code to save with those guys. How about Maxima. Dogger being a fisherman now? Yeah, he loves fishing. Yeah, he's always has. Yeah, I know. I just such a you know such a change of the chaos and just the piece of a waiting. But around. even when he was you know back in the day, he loved fishing. Was he fishing? Yeah, back yeah he's then fishing as well? back then too. Yeah, he always yeah, he's got some stories of fishing some illegal spots. Oh yeah, and yeah. he goes out in the, like the. The hip, hip waiters and yeah, all that. Yeah. yeah it's not how about early. how about just Wardy just confirming that like never did Dogger train. There wasn't even like, hey man, I'm gonna be in a straight and narrow for a month, you know, train. Like there's none of that. And it it's mind blowing to the fact that you knew how hard Wardy trained. You knew how yeah. hard Ricky trained. You knew those guys didn't fuck around. And to have you know, Stan, you saw how mad Stanton would get a bail because yeah. Bale, you know, kind of trained, I think. I don't know. But yeah. I know Stanton get mad because he had a Snickers bar and beat him or something. But that was, Bale but, did that on purpose. But yeah. Dogger was the opposite. You know, even further down the other, you know, yeah. he was. There was no mind games of him trying to trick you into thinking he was training. No, he, he didn't. He, didn't he just told you, basically. He didn't yeah. care. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay up all night and kick your ass, you it, know, and, and do it with a smile on his face and laugh. And, yeah. You know, when you asked Ricky if he ever got in a real fight with Wardy and yelling yeah. at you know, I think that. Wardy was kind of, or uh, Dogger was kind of to Ricky as Bale was a stand. Yeah. You know, he knew already. He knew him from the street growing up as a kid. Yeah, I didn't know the story about uh, the Cowie deal. I never had heard that. Wardy, remember Johnson said that Ricky. Oh, said riding the Cowie. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. he tested it, yeah. and then Dogger got the ride. I did yep. not. I've never heard that story. So I'd like to hear that again sometime from or what or what the details were. But right. you know, like again, he showed up, took his high school girlfriend to prom, flew the red eye, landed. Came to the track, showed up at Southwick at 8 a.m. on Sunday morning, and won the first moto at one of the gnarliest tracks yeah. against some of the baddest-ass riders. It's just, yeah, think about, like, um, all the work that R.J. Wardy, Hannah, yeah. all did it for Southwick to get ready, to ride, to get in shape. They knew it would be hot. They knew it would be rough. And this dude flies all night from a prom where he probably wasn't, you know. <laughs> wasn't right. Yeah. Probably wasn't on the straight and narrow. Yeah. And then... Works everybody in the Moto One. Yeah, yeah, and just and he was so and he was wasn't a punk kid to do it. He was just like such a fan favorite. Yeah, you, you know. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, he wasn't a punk about it. When J Law was height of J Law, I would always be like, he's kind of an asshole. Like J Law's kind of an asshole. Like he would just do dick things and take people out. And I saw him throw eating f food out of his mouth and spit throw it at people. I saw him do a lot of asshole things. Right. And then people would talk about J Law and Ronnie like, and and old timers that were around. We're like, no, no, no. Everyone loved Ronnie. Yeah. Everyone thought he was a cool dude. He was the nicest, goofy kid. Absolutely. Everyone loved Ronnie. Yep. And he he didn't ride like an idiot. Anything that kind of J-Law did when he was the height of J-Law. And yeah. so people would get upset that you would even put those two in the same which is, category. You yeah, know? I mean, if he was Ronnie, he would have won 450 races. Which, you know, he's yeah. a good rider. I have yeah. no, you know, I'm yeah. not bagging on, no, on for him. Sure. But they were... Two different breeds and two different yeah. people and, and yeah. Two Ronnie won Disnations. Two different talents. overalls. Ronnie won four fifty supercrosses. He won everything. He won everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he could jump on a five hundred and, and wax them. He could show up on a one twenty five out of the blue, wax them. I mean, I remember when he he had he had gotten some trouble. With Ronnie had, and we told the story I think before too. And out at, we're out at Paris one day. My dad and I, and uh, my dad had known Ronnie, you know, for years. Always loved the guy, and 
he had gotten out of jail, I think Ronnie had, and showed mm-hmm. up on some old clapped-out Honda 250 or okay. something. And he's trying to work, and Ronnie was pretty big at the time, and he couldn't get something working. So my dad goes over and kind of starts working on the bike a little yeah. bit, helping him. And he takes off. My dad, I asked, you know, what what was what did you have to do? It's like, dude, the clutch won't even pull in. The throttle won't turn. So I got the throttle used to turn, so it's not going to stick wide open. Oh. And yeah, I don't think I don't know how long it had been on a, yeah. had not been on a bike. He rose right rides on Paris track and had that big huge double that was like at the base of that rock yeah, mound there. Yeah. Right. Right, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably hadn't been on a bike in three years or something, right, you know. Right. And on a bike that he should not have been on. Yeah. Yeah. Goes out and just shreds for about five. Yeah, there, laps. there was a little uh a little dogger comeback after the tough days even. Um he was uh, a ride supercross in Europe a lot, and he was number one hundred wearing JT gear yep. on like a perimeter frame cow. And he made some main events. Yep, he didn't do much in the mains, but he, he still was, looked good. Yeah, he still looked good, right? Yeah. Uh, so thanks for Jeff Ward for coming on. Uh, I talked about FCP earlier, and they're on board with us. Also on board with us for the twenty twenty four guys. LiftedTrucksForSale dot com. Elevate your own journey at LiftedTrucksForSale dot com. Their one stop shop for premium, brand new, custom trucks as your ultimate vehicle search engine. LiftedTrucksForSale.com offers top brands like Black Widow, Rocky Ridge, Black Ops, Outside Van, Shelby American, Harley-Davidson, all in stock and available at your preferred dealer, and they retain the factory warranty. So if you're looking for an ultimate tricked-out truck, go to LiftedTrucksForSale.com. <coughs> Excuse me. I've got this cough. I've Speaking been, of tough, yep. is that Bowen's helmet, 24? Yeah. Yeah, Bowen's helmet. Yeah. Classic. Uh, LiftedTrucksForSale.com. Go on PulpMechShow.com to learn more about those guys. Thank you to them. Uh, Moto Money Shootout at Pax Track. You ever been to Pax Track? Nope. Where is it? Florida. Nope. It's been around a while, but maybe, yeah, not quite for you. Are the Wednesday before Daytona Supercross, one-day oh. Supercross format. Is that the big tr- money race they're doing yeah. there? Like yeah. Like $1,000 to enter or yeah, something crazy? Yeah. I don't know if it's 1,000 uh, entries per cl- over 100 entries per class, six classes, cash payouts, and continuously card payouts for amateurs in all classes. No bullshit, huge payouts. Moto Money shootout.com I, I think i saw that and yeah. this is the wednesday before daytona so a lot of privateers are listening you want to make some money go to pax track it's not far from daytona and uh good track and a uh, moto money shootout so please check that out as well uh all right denny stevenson in studio here brought to you by decal works of course time for the race tech rant <laughs> racetech.com pop mx 24 is the code to save with those guys you did you ever use race tech at any point in your long career um no, I don't think I, I ever <laughs> yeah, did. Yeah, I was you wondering because I used a lot of you know the, the factory stuff, or then it was uh, Bones did a bunch of yeah. stuff for us. Um, okay, well, but if you did use Race Tech, it'd be amazing. So Race Tech, Ray Checker is one of my best yeah, friends. Yeah, Checker's kicking ass right. there, and uh, uh, we I love sh- Race Tech. And yeah. this is the Race Tech rant of the night. I had a rant kind of ready to go, but it was more tits legendary. Our buddy here would help me with the rant, and he's not in tonight, so I'm going to save. I'm going to holster my rant. Uh, for now, I've got a couple now that I've thought of. But. Yeah, so let's just go. Let's go with Denny Stevenson's race tech rants tonight, and I'll I'll have something co- coming in hot next week. Uh, what do you got, Denny? Well, my first one is we we talked about earlier is is the the MC seventy two wins. Yeah, you know the Jets. I guess he's publicly said he's shooting for it. Um, it just seems outlandish to me. Uh, I think I think Rick, Ricky's wins are are out untouchable. I think. Jeremy's wins of 72 are untouchable. We've all thought that they're going to come in and, and break it. You know, look at Ricky's come in. Villapoto's come in. Stewart's come in. They've got to 50. You know, there's still 20 away from him. Um, and for Jet to kind of come in, everybody's like, dude, first of all, win one before you start counting 72 and seven titles. Well, the question I have for you is I, I did see something about this. 
Who would ask Jed about 72 wins? Like, who would think that that's... A reasonable question? A reasonable question to ask a guy who's got zero. Nobody, I, I don't know. But I didn't Jet say I, that's my shooting for? I don't know. if he know, did he? Okay. Yeah. I'd heard he, he did. I did not okay. hear he did. I so I could that. be misspoken. Yeah. Um, but it's my opinion, it, it goes back to Harrelings. When, when you start counting wins as a rider and you're, you're keeping track of them, of any type of thing, I think that's when your reason is gone. You know, is that a goal? Your goal should be just winning and beating the guys on the track, not, yeah. not shooting for these high, outlandish expectations of winning numbers and titles. And can't, you, you, you count wins and titles when you're done. In my aspect. Well, especially in a sport as dangerous as Supercross, where injuries <clears throat> happen a lot, yeah. like you have to not only be fast as balls, you have to stay healthy. you got to survive. This is a yeah. gnarly, gnarly, yeah. dangerous, crushing sport. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I had eight wins in 90, which I, I guess was a record. I didn't even know that until Ricky broke it 10 years later. Oh, okay. And I was like, when I brought it up, like, oh, yeah, he got nine wins in a season, beat Stevenson's eight. And I'm like... How long did I have this record? I should have made bumper <laughs> stickers and should have made a T-shirt. I should have talked more about this. You know, <laughs> um, it was just something that never was even discussed. And yeah. uh, same with you know, as little when Budman was winning arena cross things, he never counted how many. It was like yeah. at the end, like oh yeah, he had these many wins. Yeah, or he got a hundred one time. Like oh, that's rad. Like that's cool. I'd yeah, never even kept track of that. I don't think Ricky was ever counting them um, until the very end. Mm-hmm. You know, when he got done. So I just, I just, if if he said it, it's outlandish. If he didn't fine if, yeah. it, if the fans are thinking it let's temper your expectations let's, a little bit so your rant is about like let's let's calm this 72 stuff down let's put things in reality well, and then jeremy talked about it at the live show we did at skips brewery yes you know a little bit and he did it very uh you know i just caught a little bit in uh, the little blurb and yeah he said it as politically correct as you can and he didn't he didn't say anything negative about jet he just basically said it's gnarly for one you got to do it your longevity in the sports got to be really long yeah jet's making a lot of money I mean, he's going to have to average 10 wins over seven seasons. He's young now, but I don't see why you would ha- want to race that long if you're making that money and you've already won. He's got other things and other plans. I don't think he's got a young entrepreneur business mind with, with Myrtle and all this stuff going on. Yeah, It's a much different deal. I don't see it's gonna be, he's going to get to 7-2. That's a long ways. Okay. And my second one is yeah. tabletops, not doubles. A single tabletop single is a triple. It's not a quad. <laughs> I mean... No, it's a quad. It's because, not a quad. Because it's three so, jumps. So if you Carmichael agrees with me and let's just, you know. Not I didn't know he did, but he did. Okay. <laughs> so if you just take one jump and fill it in eighty feet, mm. that's a double? It's a tabletop still. But no, but say say there's a single before it. Oh. So you're just doubling? I call. I say it. Well, let's why, a du- why a simplify it and say it's a triple. Why don't you just say it's a double over a tabletop? Well, if it's a triple, I tripled over the tabletop. I tripled onto the tabletop. Or I tripled over the tabletop. I mean, what's why simplify it and go? It's a quad. Why, so if you, you know, if you jump onto the tabletop, is that considered a double? If you jump onto the table, you jump on and off. You know, if you do an on off, it's not a double double. Of a tabletop, you know, you jump on. You're not clearing it, right? If you just jump on, you know, and off, that's a that's not a double double. It's a single. It's a on off. You know, it it seems like they're trying to simplify things that don't need to be simplified. And this thing, it's a debate. I know what you're saying. Yeah, I know with it. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I totally understand it. But to me, it's like this tabletop that you're clearing is basically two humps of dirt with dirt in the middle, and so it's a double. So now you're tripling. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not on that page. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'll, yeah. I will acknowledge that you say it's a tabletop because if you say you're tripling over a tabletop, you're acknowledging it's a longer than a double yeah. than, than it is, a, you know, a single. 
But it's just a funny rant we had on, on yeah. uh, social media. And I think I saw Twitter. that. Yeah, it was on, it was on Twitter it's, for a it, while. Yeah. Osborne kind of brought it up, and then yeah. Ricky stepped in. So it's just a, another way to just talk about the sport. Yeah. You know, it's not we're not going to go down, and I might not, I might not fight yet. You know, it's not, yeah. like, not like Rusty Holland. <laughs> Russ. Love Russ. Love Russ. Uh, okay, so uh, Denny Stevenson here on the uh, Pulp Mix Show presented by Motorsport.com. What would you Decal be your rant? Racing? Do you have to prepare one or what? Uh, I had one, but it was, a, it was an off-sport rant that involved my friend tits but he's not here and so i'm oh, gonna you save it to, okay yeah i'm gonna save it for when he's here because he'll help me he'll help me with this rant and do i you, have a do rant. you agree or separate you have different opinions what you and tits you no to no, no no yeah tits tits is just gonna help me with my rant oh he's gonna it. support you yes uh he's gonna fill it in based <laughs> on sort of things that he does for a living okay my other rant i'm gonna save it because i gotta go ask ama some questions this weekend oh yeah so i have a rant about 22nd place in Supercross. Needs a point. It's no points. They changed it. I know. They need a and point. And I need to talk to some important people this weekend Yes. before I just Unload. blast this thing out. But I want to warn you, I'm holstered and I'm ready to go because I think it's the stupidest thing ever. But I need to ask a couple questions. Right. What's their mentality? Why'd they do it? Yep. yep. Stay I'm tuned. With you. Stay tuned next week. I'll have to listen to that because I agree with you 100%. Yeah. If you make a main event, you deserve a fucking point. You should earn more than the guy who got did not make the so, main event. So, sh- yeah, should you just fucking not race? Like, why Why race? Yeah, and I, I think it's, it, it's it, dumb as hell. It, first of all, the difference between last in the LCQ, or sorry, the first, the first spot in the LCQ that you don't make it in, and then the last spot in the main, Yeah, that's about 200 bucks. Difference. So, yeah, difference. Yeah. So, I don't get a point. And I get 200 bucks more for 20 minutes of death-defying effort, I'm out. Right. I'm out. Like, I, like I'm going to save my 200 bucks, the wear and tear on my bike, yeah. and then the ruts that are going to develop at the end of this 20-minute thing, and, I don't, and I'm out. What if you're Tomac or you're Jet and you DNF a race? You got 20 seconds. You're not going to give them a fucking point? And they lose the championship by a point? Well, it's going to... Yeah, just, I'm with you. Yeah. So... I thought we would do a funny little game here, uh, the, the six degrees of separation from Denny, <laughs> the two degrees of separation from Denny, whatever it works. It's degrees, it, yeah. I guarantee you, you've done a lot in this sport. You've been around a long time, know a lot of people. And so I pulled up the national numbers from 92, and I'm going to name some random guys off. Back when you actually had to earn them. What's that? Back when yeah, you actually had yeah. to earn them. I'm going to name off some guys here. <clears throat> Just an old guy yelling at clouds. And you're going to tell me, like, your interaction with them or your friend that you know that may know this person? Like, how right. many degrees away are we going to get from some of these guys for you? Okay, yeah, okay, I get it now. You right, know, right. You know what I'm saying? doesn't have to be necessarily me, but no. I know it's something of that person yep. through someone else. Yep, or whatever. Yeah, okay. yeah exactly. Because I'm... Whether it's on the track or off. I'm thinking... Okay, first of all, do you agree that I, sh- I can pull a national number 92, or 1992? Is that a good year? Or would you? Is there a year you prefer? The '92 is good. I, mean, I feel like '92 would be good. That would have been my second year in 250s. Uh, yeah, racing 125 and 125 outdoor 250 okay. Supercross. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm going to start off hard right away. Okay, Kurt McMillan. Uh, Kurt McMillan. I actually, when I went back and raced, <laughs> here we go. This is what we. Well, for this me, this is what I'm here for. Yeah, Loretta Lynn's. You know, I went back in '06 and '07. <laughs> yep. And I'm racing against, you know, Treadwell, Keith Johnson, uh, John Gruey, uh, Earl May, and Kurt McMillan 
kind of out of the blue. I never really raced Kurt too much, maybe mm-hmm. a few times at, at English Town. Yeah. Um, He's Chris Coleman era. Yeah. And I somehow, like, I raced, you know, both like 30, 35, I think the two years I went in 06, 07. It didn't matter where I ended up starting. Somehow it was me and Kurt. Yeah. Racing together. Okay. And he's kind of got a squirrely style, you know. Okay. And I felt, you know, man, I got to, you know, I should be beating him. You know, yep. I beat him back then and yep. I should beat him now. And we'd be just so tired, you know. It's 100 degrees, 100% right. humidity. And we're just having a slow motion battle, like through the you know through the Ten Commandments and stuff. So, yeah. So okay. I I Kurt raced. Yep. Yeah, Kurt All McMillan. Right. Uh, randomly, national number forty six, Lance Smale. Lance Smale. Um, <laughs> well, he's from Washington. Yep. And uh, I. <laughs> He was known for doing something I'd heard at some time. I heard that too. That story. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm buddies with Scott Steffi from yeah. up there, from yeah. Ireland, from that area, and, and a lot of guys. And, and he was kind of infamous. You know, he yeah. had that, he was a, kind of a, a, a little wild man, you know. And Did you ever confirm this story? I, God, I'm trying to think where, it, I think we, it's one year when we all went to Europe or Japan and, it could come out and stuff, and, and he didn't deny it. He so, so you went to Japan with him? Went to Japan with him, and like, everybody kind of started. That's when yeah. the story kind of come yeah, out. Yeah. So started talking. I think we were sitting in the stands watching practice, watching him work on the track, and we were trying to hit him up about it, and he was okay. like, he just kind of smiled and laughed. Yep. Oh, so, pie. Yeah. Okay. That's funny uh, you heard that same thing. Let's go with uh, national number 91, Jim Chester. Chester the Molester, they would call him. Yeah. Not, not that he was, yeah. but that was his nickname. Yeah. Uh, Jim, built like a brick shithouse. And uh, I remember him racing in Supercross and stuff, but uh, Arena Cross is where Arena I Cross, yeah. worked with him because he, strong guy, passionate, kind of like Todd DeHoop. If you wanted to move him, you had to move him. And then if you did, if you pass him, if you pass him clean, get out of there. Get out of there quick because Jim's coming hard, man. And he went North Carolina guy, I believe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay. See, I knew this. I there's I there's just nobody. Well, this is what Chicken used to make fun of me for because I was always buddies with everybody, so I always would know somebody hanging out. All right. Um, oh, Eric McClear, Nuclear McClear. I just hung out with him at the Donations <laughs> at two thousand at the Redbud, and everybody had these air horns yeah. that you can hook on to, to drill guns. Okay. And I don't know, it's some type of uh, adap- adapter you put in there. And he had one that was so loud that they took it away from him. Oh, wow. Because he, was so, he could hear it a yeah. mile away. Yeah. And so that's okay. my nuclear McClear one. Yeah. Michigan boy, Michigan yeah, Mafia. Michigan. Did you yeah. race against him? Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I, I think since many days and okay. stuff like that. Absolutely. He okay. was a DGY guy. Yep. All right. I got a couple more here. This is, yeah, this is just perfect. Nobody's stumping you. This, None. Is, this is great. Uh, let's go. Jeff Pistana, national number 67. California guy, right? Yeah. No, 67, yep. Um, super nice guy, California guy with the blonde hair, yeah. surfer boy, kind of always tan, looking good. You kind of always had hot chicks around him and stuff. Um, I don't really know him that oh, well at stuff, okay. I don't think. Um, I just remember who he was, and that, yeah. he was just always super cool and nice. And, okay. But I never really hung out with him in a social aspect, and he was California kind of. Uh, Brian McElroy. Um. I know him, of oh. him, but I don't really have a story with him, really. I don't okay. really... Where was he from? Florida. Yep, I got nothing. It took a while, so we stumped you. Yeah. I we mean, I know the name, obviously, but yeah. I, I've never really had any interaction with him. We stumped the buoy. Yeah. But I don't know anyone else. Uh, this one you won't get. Bill Wallen. Bill Wallen? Yeah. 
I don't not know that Canadian name. national number guy. He, oh yeah, yeah. He was like you know what uh, number was he? Th- he was eighty one. Eighty one. Yeah, I did not know Bill Wallen. Um, Stevie Herman. Stevie Herman, Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. Um, just dark haired guy, I remember, and he was kind of um a good starter, hard to pass, but I, um didn't really hang out with him okay. either either. Dean Matson. Dean Matson, wild oh, man. Oh yeah. I'd heard stories when one year we all went to, I don't know what, it was over in Europe somewhere, and there was a rumor that him and someone else were shooting adrenaline shots in their butt. Yeah, yeah. And and they'd get hole shots and run wide open for like three laps. (laughs) And you'd think that they, you know, the rumor, I don't know if it was true or not, but it's like, well, it kind of makes sense. Because shoot, he was, he'd get a hole shot, go as fast as anyone on the track, and all of a sudden just Just kind of blow up. up. Oh, that's funny. And then one, I think when Chick and I were out here in Vegas, he hit me up on social media and and wanted, you know, said, hey, man, you're out in Vegas. Let's hang out. Yeah, I I, I hung out with him a few times here. And he's just a super nice guy. Uh, You know, I I didn't, because I was with Chicken that night and had to just make sure he got back to the hotel safe that night. And I didn't end up hanging out with Madsen, but he kind of hit me back. Hey, man, I thought we were going to hang out. I'm like, it, it was chicken world. I didn't get a chance. Yeah, to do, yeah I didn't get a chance too it's, much. It's anything. a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what's funny is this year, 92, RJ would have been national number 55. Because he barely raced in 91, right? Yeah. yeah. He had Thor gear. And, and that was tough for me because he was 13 that year in, in yeah. Daytona. And I remember being behind him as an on-off. You know, none of those jumps yep. were Daytona, big curbs. And I think he might have hit a neutral or something on the on-off part and just went, eh right in front of me and i'm like no yeah <laughs> you know might, i think it was his last race i think, I think it, it. might have been yeah or maybe when his was that when his wrist stuck at no, yeah yeah at san diego that year too one yeah. time and then he came that back was for, a rough year it was yeah. um all right there we go six degrees of separation with denny stevenson not 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 bad not bad one stumped you really just once the wall one i did not have any yeah. idea yeah that, i wouldn't expect that one that one was that, you did on purpose that, that, did you yeah, do I, did. yeah. I did um, all right, motorsport.com, tweet at Talon. You could have said Doug DeHaan. I, he's Canadian, right? Yeah. 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 No, that's my mom. <laughs> motorsport.com. It's the motorsport.com tweets at Talon segment. No. What's, what's this shock? Uh, that is off of uh, Harley or something. I don't know. It's some sort of display unit Racetech gave me. That's cool. Yeah, Racetech.com. I thought it might be like a miniature version oh, or something. No, no, it's a it's I, a real I, shock. I don't know. You just ask checkers. I'll I'll take a picture and ask. Yeah, them. do that. Uh, these questions are submitted to at Pulp and Happy Show birthday to Checkers. Oh, it's Checkers birthday. Christmas. He's a Christmas baby. Oh, is he really? Yep. God, I always wonder what that was like, getting a, a birthday on Christmas. Well, he uh, he came to Omaha one year for like New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. hang out with all of us because it was an arena cross in Omaha. And I knew he was a Tedesco fan. And I had an old set of Tedesco gear from his Yamaha Troy. Yep. I had the hot sauce patch, the Tabasco sauce patch on the butt yeah. and stuff. And he had signed it. And I think it was back when I was working at Smith. And so I gave it to Checkers for his birthday. Oh, wow. Yeah. And Where then at, at Millville, Tedesco came by to hang out with a – didn't know – he was just like in a cow. Yeah. And I yelled at him. Checkers just fawned over him all night. Never, oh, wow. I'd never seen Checkers speechless. He yeah, just, yeah. Wow. He, he just looked I, at him like a doe-eyed teenage girl. I did not know that. <laughs> hey, before I get too far into this MTX breaking, available in over 800 Power Sports dealers. The code is PULPMX. It's an introductory pulp deal. These are mtxbraking.com. These are mountain bike brakes. Uh, for motor, they're inspired by motocross and power sports. And make your mountain bike brakes better, more power, better modulation while remaining dead silent. They got the, the red compound and the gold compound. I use the red compound for e-bikes and love these brakes at MTX Braking. So if you're looking for brakes for your e-bike, for your mountain bike, mtxbraking.com. The code is pulpmx. 
and you can save with those guys. Thank you to them. Motorsport.com, of course, a dedicated team of gearheads there. Uh, and uh, whether it's OEM parts or aftermarket parts, like if it's FMF or Atlas neck brace or uh, Works Connection, Guts, all the guys that we work with are available at Motorsport.com. Great prices, great shipping, and uh, dedicated team of gearheads there except for, except for Talon. And, um, yeah, uh, everybody does a great job at Motorsport. I'm uh, leading with conversion, call conversion to sales right now. So are you really? I, I must be decently dedicated. I don't know what that means. Like, so because if you aren't they calling to already place an order, or they're calling to say, "Hey, where's my package?" or remove an item or do yeah, a return. But, uh, so how are you converting these people? Because I'm just magic over here. But do you know what I'm saying? But they're calling into it. Order. It really is kind of just luck of which calls you get. I'll be honest. But right. I'm I'm still great at my job. Well, not really. My return took a long time. <laughs> you, and he's here even. Yeah. He couldn't just brought it in. All right. At Paul Pamek Show on Twitter. Questions for myself and uh, the great Denny Stevenson. Uh, from J-Dog, 435. Does anyone know if Bogle is racing Supercross? All I see him doing on Instagram is riding the Stark. Yeah, I think he's got a Stark deal, like an ambassador deal, and he's going to race some uh, uh, UK arena crosses, I think, on it or something. So Where did he race? He raced it recently. Some, he did? I thought over there. Bogle did? It was on his Instagram where he did. He was his... supposed to do a UK arena cross or something, but I don't know if he if he did. There's okay. a picture. There's a video of him starting on it with a, with a group of guys. So, Yep. Uh, from Treddy912. Denny, this past year we saw Emig at Loretta's, McGrath at World Vets, and Ferry at the Northeast Vet Championship. Any chance we see you back on a bike in the near future? Uh, I know T. Ready. That's my friend Trisha Voden. She's a part of a good group of uh, friends with uh, Play Fantasy Games. Joe, Ian, Andy, uh, Roost. Um, yeah, so no, she knows that. She knows very well that that's not going to happen. But uh, she is like uh, she. We had a fantasy game for Paris, and she won. So she is the queen of Paris. We call her. Nice. So Trisha, she knows. No, there'll be no chance of that. Although Steve's trying to get me to ride in, in England, but that's probably not going to happen. Either. At least you can go to hang out. I'm definitely going to go hang out. Okay. That'd be awesome. Have some bangers and mash. Yeah. It was cool. You know, I hung out with a lot there. Not a lot, but who I really got to hang out with was Dave Thorpe. Oh, and, dude, the guy is rad. Did you know him previously? Not really. I. I interviewed him right but didn't know him but he knew me so that was cool right and then to have dave thorpe say hey you do a great job that's awesome I'm like, holy shit and then we ended up growing down at the beer tent and on the podcast show we did a live show and then at some point i was like just talking to him and i'm like hey like mxa called you the world's slowest novice and, and the, the americans would you know do this and, and he's like we i hang out with rj and all those guys all the time. I right. saw him in Japan. I saw him in Europe. Like, we were tight. Like, there was no rivalry. Like, it was, you know. And he was unbelievable on a 500. Yeah. And, and you know, they, I, he had that I Euro think, straight back riding style. I think he liked the fact that I said, you know what? Yes, in 86, they kicked your ass. Like When Johnny won. I get it. Yeah. I said, but everyone forgets in 85, in Germany, the year before, you won. You, you beat everybody. You yeah. beat Bailey. You beat everybody. He liked that. That's ass. rad. Yeah. He was a badass, that Honda. I had that happen one time at Loretta Lynn's. I walked up to Marty Tripes. Oh, yeah. And Marty goes, hey, Denny. And I'm like, Marty Tripes? Yeah, Marty Tripes. All right. Hey, Marty. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Jordan LaCroix 10. Steve, put put aside the love you have for the Ferry family. Tell me how you think Evan Ferry will will do in the next next few years. I think he's an eight to five guy. Would you go five to eight? 
if you're going to say how uh, you eight to I five, got... I thought it was going to be hours. Because yeah, he's working. yeah, yeah. Is that is that what it meant? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he's going to be five to ten, right? Uh, you know, he's not he's not on that level of of winning. Evan, races. yeah, Evan, yeah. I just think you know that's why he's had a very missed a couple of years. We talked about yeah. this new bike. Um, he just got he's got a lot to, on his plate, as Timmy said. You know, new bike, a rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I have him outside the top ten first first few rounds, I think. But I think he'll get there. Yeah. I mean, it comes. I wanted to talk about Timmy about the muscle memory growing up on a Supercross track, a lot like Hayden. Um, I think it'll come around for him. Sure, for sure. From IRR seven one seven for Denny, excluding Freeze, who do you think the recurring knockdown probation battle will be between this year? Well, it's got to be Barsh. I mean, he does it just to do it, and I don't think he does it. You know purposely i think he's good at it he's been doing it since he was on mini bikes nothing was better as when i think it was kristen beat interviewed him he t- did this full soliloquy oh he's changed i don't want people to know me as bam bam mm-hmm. and then i think even that night he knocked down a couple guys and it's just yeah leopard ain't gonna change the yeah. spots and i have no problem with the way he rides and he he's an assassin on the bike and he does it well because it's a it's a it's a learned skill to knock someone down yeah and he does it well and I, I didn't like the when we center punched you know Malcolm that time so no. much, but um, he does get loose. He knows yeah. you just. It's one of those things when you when you got a guy behind you and you know who it is, you mm-hmm. got to ride differently. Yep. You know you don't ride like it's you know someone else behind you when you know there's an assassin behind you. Ride accordingly and protect yourself. <laughs> Duck. <laughs> Spoken from experience. Spoken from experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I knew it and I knew when I was going to get killed. But my point, my, I got so pissed at Rusty is, if you're going to do it, take me down. Don't take us both down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you yeah, take us both yeah. down, and if you're going to do it, get up fast and maybe beat me. Don't yeah. just lay on top of me and get you know kill right. both our diets. So. Right. Yeah, you're not good enough to do this without knocking yourself down. Don't do it. Don't do it then. Right. Yeah. yeah, just take second, third, and let's call it a night and go grab a beer. But don't ruin both our nights. You know. <laughs> Uh, from Shane Borden, I don't know if you guys know about this one, but what would the benefit of a one-piece gear set that Christian Craig is supposed to be running at A1? Any more details you can say on that? No, I, I've seen photos of it. It's out there, but I don't I get it. But I don't know. I also, like when 7 came out with a super tight bib and then a bib over top, I'm like, what the hell's up with that? And then eventually it was like, oh, yeah, that's okay. So, yeah, Craig's wearing like a one-piece pajamas. I saw that, and I didn't really even see what it was until yeah. I read the comments. I work construction, mm-hmm. and, you know, they have the, the one one piece, you know, zip-up car hearts and shit like that. I You can't wear – I mean, it's obviously not made of the yeah. microfiber shit yeah. like that. But when you move, it all grabs everywhere. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I would wear, you know, jeans and long johns and shit separately because when I try to wear that, you're moving. It's, it's – like, again, it's – Yeah, but I feel like – Something like that. It's, it's gonna, so stretchy. It's going to be so stretchy and so tight. I just don't. That Craig won't. That won't happen for Craig. You know. I just think. Well, I hate the fact Look, when Spider-Man, your pants. Spider Man. When your pants start falling down. Works for Spider Man. Or the the Jason Anderson jersey yeah. flop. I I can't see anyone buying it. It's just like you know how many people are built like a professional motocrosser yeah. for one. You're going to look like Santa Claus out there trying to ride in a onesie. How do you pee? I, or like you know Joe DeCosta in a, in a lime green. Mankini. Yeah. You don't want it. It's, it's only for the movies. Uh, Jimmy G for Denny. If Tim Ferry had a different mechanic during the Mathis years, how much better or worse do you think he would have done? Oh, that's a low blow. That's rude. Yeah, that's rude. Well, I, you know, it's better is uh, an option, too. I think it's rad. He has such a relationship with Timmy. And, you know, and I, it's kind of with my dad and I was my mechanic my whole life. And he just knew 
when you have a relationship with someone as well as you and Tim have, it was a love relationship. You guys were family. And I think Tim would just knew that your, his best interest was always at heart for you. It wasn't like having Lunas who yeah. his goal was like, I'm better. I'm the most important person here. You're just a fucking interchangeable writer. Yeah. And if I'm not happy with you, fuck you. I'm going to get you to retire as he did to Damon, as he did to Kondrowski. Yeah. Total douchebag is my point. In my opinion, he's a legend to Carrick, but asshole in the other sense. But so just want to get that yeah. ran out. There so I go. think it's rad. I think Timmy, you brought out the best of him and, yeah, I look, I was, a, I was a good mechanic. I was not a great mechanic. I was not Cliff White. Right. You know, I was not these great guys like that. I was a good mechanic. My bike rarely broke. I don't know if it ever broke because of something I left loose. Just weird things that I couldn't really foresee. So, yeah, I, I, I just I, – but I – you know, I – like you said, when it was Nick Way or Kelly Smith or Tim Ferry, when I was your mechanic, I had your back all the way. Right. I didn't – I didn't have the. T- I wasn't the bros with the team manager and like fuck the rider. I was the riders' advocate. Right. At any team I worked on, and I butted heads with truck drivers, with management, more than a few times over things that I was fighting for my rider. Yeah. So I really had that attitude where I'm your guy. Yep. Uh, that was the strength, you know. A, a little bit of weakness too, but. <coughs> and I saw that. I was. Yeah. yeah. And I think you yeah. brought out the best of Timmy and Timmy, you know. And that now was with my dad. I, he knew my bike, how to set up a bike for me perfectly. I, I wouldn't even be around. I'd get on the thing. Everything was done the way I wanted. And there's mm-hmm. a few races I go do by myself. And I'm like, fuck, I had to, you know, I had to, some guy, you know, didn't speak English. And yeah. I'm like, okay, I have to get the levers. Some, I don't yeah, fucking even like, know what? how I like them. Yeah. I they were just always done, you know? Yeah. All right. Uh, Lax defense coach, if you were a manager and offered the, cho- the choice to bring one 450 rider down to the 250s for a mulligan season, what rider would you sign to win the title that has previously not won a 250 title? Say that again. So you're picking a 450 rider who hasn't won a 250 title to win the 250 class, to drop back down. Mm. Oh, are we, are we bringing up the Joey and uh, McKellarath type thing? Yeah, I guess. Uh, I, don't... I think they're the only ones that, <clears throat> well, I, as far as I know, I didn't realize, you know, they, from social media, I mean, apparently Dean, Joey. Dean Wilson and... never won a title. So what? Dean Wilson never won a title, so you could. He never won a 2D Supercross title? No. Not Supercross, no, yeah. yeah. No. Supercross. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't, yeah. Well, that's jo- what, Joey, that's... I love Joey. He's a great guy. He came in studio. Sure. Stop it, Joey. Stop. stop. I, I'm ag- I agree. You know, go race the 450 class. And, stop you it. Know, stop it's, it. It's just... Stop it. Like, it becomes the rule just... was the rule. You got, him, you got kicked out because of the rule. Yeah. Not to mention that they adjusted the rule for him two years before that. To, to stay keep, longer, to right? To stay longer. Yeah, they were going to kick him out. And then they adjusted the rule. Yeah. To stay longer, and it's like he won a bunch of money and he won a bunch of races. He did everything but win a title. I mean, yeah. he came this close. Yep. And like that's like sometimes life deals you. You know, it isn't always fair. A rotten apple. And he's a great rider. I mean, he he's is. a top ten, top yeah. eight, four fifty rider. I I'd like watching him race. I yeah. hated seeing him. You know, he always has some type of say that. Like, man, just go. The other guys showed up and bought their bikes or, you know, Cole yeah. Nichols showed up in an outdoor. You know, everything doesn't have to be perfect. Right. You know, sometimes just racers race and, uh, you know, it sucks. But I, I look forward to see what he does outdoors on the Triumph. So. All right. From Philator for you, Debo. Can you tell us about the Acupoco Supercross by Fox from 92 and why Jason Wygant and Mathis need to make it a re-raceable? Yeah, I saw that earlier. Um I wasn't there. I didn't think you went. Yeah, I was not. Bernard won. 
I've never seen the photos. Yeah, yeah. It was dreamy, and yeah. I think Chicken had told me about it. But yeah, I, I never went to that race, right. so I and don't really. We, I did talk to Pete Fox about doing something, and he said he would, and then he, he his trail went cold. Yeah, cold, so um, Pete's awesome, but he's he's yeah. a different character, but very talented, very uh, yeah. awesome. the Fox thing, the Renan thing. I think is pretty cool yeah. now. And yeah, I, I, um, we we want to do this to, to the guy on Twitter asking that question. We want to get Pete on the phone to talk. Great about storyteller this. too. Yeah. You know, he's it's seen great. so much. It's yeah. like he talked about it as a kid. He remembers yeah. these things and vividly. He didn't knock himself out as many times right. as we did, but yeah, I I think Pete's great. So it'd be interesting to see what he thought of it as well. And the photo, like the advertising campaign, yeah. was fantastic. Yeah, it's great, right? Yeah. All right, last one from Bobby G. There are four 450 Supercross winners in 24. Who are they? Four? Four. Jet, Chase, Eli. Ken. Is that you're going to say Ken? Yeah, I'm going to say Ken. Webb's not going to win. Anderson's not going to win. Ken's going to win. As, 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 stu- as, as bad as I make myself look from last year, <laughs> that complete flip-flop. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Ken looks good. On, I, he looked a little off in Paris. I'll, I'll say again my whole debate with Ken. It's, I was shocked that the bike did so well. I yeah. was shocked that Ken was so happy on the bike. He was. But I still think he the fastest I've seen him ride was that Honda that he put together and rode at Paris in oh, some yeah. of the World Supercross rounds. Yeah. He looked like one on that bike. Yeah. And A1 last year, I think he would have won A1 if he had been on that Honda. He was yeah. still kind of fighting that Suzuki. It took, him, it took him a month on that Suzuki. Definitely did. And I still think it's still a little off. Right. Even he looked a little, didn't still look as one with it at Paris. Mm-hmm. But then him showing up at High Point, the Nations. Yeah. I mean, he just, the guy, I, I, every time I try and count someone out, even Webb, they just do it, man. They show up. He's, uh, he's going to be up here in Mesquite uh, riding. Who? Ken. Oh. Uh, during January. I'm, I'm trying to get him to come down in studio. What's in Mesquite? Supercross track. Well, his in-laws are up in uh, St. George. Oh, I didn't know that. So I'm going to try to get him in studio here this month. Uh, you guys are pretty tight, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're good. He'd um, be a great storyteller. He would be great. So I'm going to try to get him to come in studio. We'll see if he does it or not. His but. stories of uh, his GPs and... Yeah. My, my first time he... Well, my, my mom hadn't been to a Supercross forever, and we went to Phoenix years ago when he when he won. Yeah. I think Ken won the, I think he won the four fifty or something. But, but my mom was blown away. He's he was German. I'm like, he's German. He just yeah. came she's like what? He yeah. speaks better English yeah, than the Americans. He's, a, he's amazing. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. Uh all right, this motorsport.com. Tweet at Talon. Oh, that's horrible. Is Tits in next week? The schedule's not done out that far, so oh, wow. we have no idea. Oh wow! Look, Aren't look, you the look, boss? Look, like, look don't you just don't you snap? And... <laughs> Listen, you would think I'm the boss. Everyone would think that, but these fucks don't. I'm care. seeing a very much different dynamic here. No, they you don't. are definitely at their mercy. <laughs> they make fun of me. They treat me like shit. They do what they want to do. Yeah, and I still pay them. I it's, have more respect for Travis than ever now. <laughs> it's amazing. It's it's the, the fucking dynamic, and it's going to change in 2024. Anonymity. And I remember when Tits was, uh, you know, kind of quiet, docile, you know, the guy in the corner yeah. doing his stuff. I'm on no, no, he's kind of, he's taking things over, yeah, hasn't he's he? he's mouthy. He's mouthy like the rest yeah, of them. Well, yeah, no, yeah. It's yeah. good that you, you, you know, that you're keeping them under your reign. Yeah, <laughs> I am a shitty media guy. Thanks, you guys, for letting Steve do his show. Uh, okay. <laughs> Anaheim, one. Talon, give me your top three. Top three. Uh, Sexton... Rocks and Tomac. Travis? Wow. That's pretty much what I was going to say. Uh, I'm going to say Sexton just for the sake of my fantasy draft. 
that we did. And then I will say Jet Tomac. Okay, Danny. When did you do a draft? Did you guys do a draft? We did a draft where we just take the total points uh, of Ryder. Wait, yeah, we I do one similar like that. Yeah. Like from the we, football, we did, we did four 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 fifties and two two fifties. That's yeah. We do two 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 four fifties, two east and two west. Oh, okay. And we do segments yeah. like you, so that we can redraft. And if somebody gets hurt, you can you got to pay oh. five bucks to replace them. Oh shit, we don't do any of that. Yeah, no, we just, well, you know, you know me, I always take it yeah. too far. Uh, I we did this last year, and I had Malcolm and and Marvin, and they got hurt within three weeks, and I was done. So you cannot you can't replace him after no. the hurt, and it's for the whole season. Yeah, yeah. It, we, oh, wanted, we really wanted to keep it simple for Kiefer. That is really simple. Yeah, I mean, it, we wanted to keep it really simple for Kiefer. <laughs> so. I'm gonna win. Yeah, that's that's Again. yeah, that's a crapshoot right there. What's your top three? Um, Tomac, Jet, Ken. Okay, Ken's always good at the opener. Yep. So, because he can hold shot and just be, because Anaheim one is weird. I'm going to go Jet, Kenny, E.T. Same three, then, just different order. Yeah, yeah. I don't see Saxon in my top three. I don't either. Not right now. Not for What do you time. think? We haven't talked. Webb hasn't been spoken of at all. He has not. Like, I wanted to ask you and Ricky about it. And we haven't talked. His name has not been mentioned once in the whole night. You and I sitting downstairs talking when I first got here. Yeah. Not mentioned once. Yeah. What's going on? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't hear good or bad. I haven't heard much. Uh, he's a gamer, right? He's a gamer. He's a fighter. So you know he'll be in the mix. Do you think he looks a little pudgy again? He did at Paris. Yeah, I thought he he posted a video on his Instagram the other day. I thought he looked better. Yeah, than Paris. So that's good. Because I heard like Paris. Like, I think you said it during the when you were talking with Paul. Did he only put himself like seventy five percent? Yeah, you know, ready. Like what like did he been doing since outdoors till? Well, I don't know. Maybe he took time off of SMX. SMX, he yeah, stopped. And SMX wasn't great either. No. You know, so, is it the bike? I mean, Yamaha's. It's just, it's sometimes you just don't get along with the bike. It's Yamaha, it's Blue Cruz, best bike of the year. <laughs> um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Like, no one has him winning this thing that I know of. You know, like no, I, I industry people and like people I talk to, no one has him winning this championship. I haven't seen his name come right. up in any in, right. on social media. Not fans bring him up. Yeah. Industry doesn't bring him up. Right. Yeah, and. I'll tell you, like I had, I'd written him off at this first time leaving Yamaha. Yeah, because it, and I, you know, I sponsored him at Smith when he was on Red Bull Honda kid. Yeah, saw him on a one to two fifty. I mean, he was just a gnarly. And they got in that four fifty, and everything just changed. Yeah, and so I'm like, oh, he's done. You know, once you break the spirit, I thought. Yeah, and then grinded it out on the KTM. Awesome, got two titles. Um, and then everybody was talking like he was going to win again last year, and I'm like, no, I don't think he's gonna. Yeah, all of a sudden there he was. Yeah, at the end. So. Well. So what he has, what he has in common this year with other years that he didn't do well was Alden Baker's not his trainer. So Swanepoel is. He's back with Gary Swanepoel. And before that, he was doing his own thing. Uh, and then KTM made him go back with Baker. So he's been successful with Baker, not successful away from Baker. Yes. So that tells me, like, you know, the discipline and the, 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 grind. the grind isn't there. Now, will it be this year? I don't know. But I'm waiting to see. Because his season turned back around when he started going back with yes, Alden yes, last year. Absolutely. So yeah. There was no coincidence to that. No, no, I don't think so. When you know, when he's jokingly with his, you know, helmet with him yeah. laying on the couch. Right, and, right. And it looked like you were on the couch, but <laughs> I mean I and I'm not saying it negatively because I I know the difference in, in yeah. that and uh it was night and day difference. So him with Swanee, I don't know anything about Swanee, but Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, no, we'll see. So I'm a little on the fence with Coop as far as that goes. Yeah, we'll see. How um, about Jay Coop? Quiet, right? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I he feel was got- like I feel like Jay Coop and Hunter will be the same. 
Yeah, I don't. Five to ten. Jay Coop had some good rounds, seven yeah. dates and stuff, pretty yeah. solid. Yeah. Uh, with the full stack class, Yeah, I have Hunter five to three. And then Cooper back. Seven to eight, okay. nine, kind of, sure. I think. Sure. Um, yeah, dude, like I said off the top of the show, someone's going to be 11th at Anaheim 1 and going to yeah. be like, what the fuck happened? Ferrandez on the Honda. Yeah. Like last year he had two or three really good rounds right off the bat and came from the back of the pack, fifth, sixth, fourth, I yeah. think he had. And then obviously he did a you know supercross madman, mm-hmm. but uh, can he run top five on this Honda? Uh, I don't know. Or is he an afterthought yeah, now? I don't know, man. A private effort, like the team's first effort at a high level rider. Is it uh, Phoenix? Oh, it's Phoenix. Phoenix Honda, yeah. Not Firepower or no, no. Interesting. Well, being happy obviously is huge yeah, for all these guys. Yeah, that's a big thing, right? That yeah. We're seeing Ken what he did, and yep. you you always talked about the snowflake mentality. You know, if something goes wrong, oh yeah. Nowadays, if you're happy, it goes a long ways. So we'll see. Um. All right. Um, and do you have Shimoda winning or Hampshire? I think Hampshire, but yeah. I just don't think he's as much of a like. I, I get a sense of in the industry, in the pits, in my group text that everyone's just picking RJ. Yeah, you know, everyone likes RJ. He's a good dude. Everyone and he is a good guy, and everybody likes him. And um, I think they're letting their heart overrule, you know, things he's done in the past. So, I just don't see anyone at that whole conversation with, yeah. with JT. I just don't yeah. think it, I don't see anyone behind him. I think Joe will pull it together, but I don't think he's any way yeah. going to flip a switch either. And RJ. I don't know. I hope he puts it together. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Um, Has Husky won a 250 Supercross title? I forget. Osborne. Oh, yeah. Osborne. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, that was a good one. It was. Did uh, best interview tonight? Wardy, Timmy, RJ. Three different characters. Uh, Timmy's, I haven't talked to him in a while. Oh, I did at Loretta's. So yeah. It was nice to hear that, ask, that point of view. RJ's always awesome. Wardy's got more subtle stories as well. Mm-hmm. They're all fantastic. So I appreciate the lineup oh, yeah, okay. when you text me. It's yeah. always nice to catch up with those guys, and it worked well for the opening round. Instead of bringing putting some on the phone, like I said, well, yeah, do mechanical answers. Yeah, I figured we'd try something different. I liked it, and uh, and I know you're such a bench racer and such a fan of the sport that you would you know you would appreciate talking to all these guys. You yeah, know? and that's you know like I said at, when like Glover came was working at Dunlop obviously and came to a few arena crosses back mm-hmm. then today, and he'd stand in the pits and talk to me and Bud Man, and <clears throat> I remember seeing photos. I remember there was a photo of him going. I was in motocross action. He's going down a hill, and the front brake cable was over the front of his helmet. Oh yeah, and, the, and I, you know, remembered that. Brought yeah. it up. He's, oh man, he tells a story yeah, about yeah. how he. <laughs> so that's you know having these guys, these images that I have in my head as a kid, and be able to bring them up and then have them tell the backstory. I yeah. think it's just phenomenal. Right. Yeah. Uh, also, by the way, shout out to Troll Training as well. I didn't mention them earlier. They're back on for this year. Trolltraining.com doing great things with a lot of riders out there. Uh, Jason Anderson, Troll Training rider. A what? Troll Training. Alex Martin. Oh. Yeah. So where is, is he still in New Mexico, or is he up in Minnesota training with no, Troll or North Carolina? No, he's doing remotely, like remotely. Yeah, he's in California. How would you remotely. do today? <laughs> well, it's, you know, you can monitor everything on a log and Well, I think Jason's a kind of seems like nowadays a self-starter, what he wants to do, but yeah. it was kind of a weird weird year last year, yeah. coming off eight wins yeah. he had. Yeah, he's definitely, uh, from what the Troll training guys say, he's... What about AC? He's going to stay healthy? I hope so. I hope so. He yeah. did last year, for the most part. He missed a couple of races. I saw yeah. his interview, or him talking... Like he does, great speaker. He can really put a thought and verbalize it. Of him saying, you know, I didn't really hang it out last year. My most important thing was getting through the season. Yeah, and he said this time you might see a little craziness. I think he kind of said and laughed. Yeah. I, I like I, that was funny. I yeah, like, he he definitely was a tamer AC last yeah. year. Um, 
But I can't. I mean, I've had dealing with some neck issues. My hand goes tingly sometimes. And I, I can't imagine. You know, racing, doing a supercross. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go do this quad and yeah. with the ruts and these whoops. Like my pinky's half numb. You know, yeah, no, for sure, <laughs> it's gnarly. Uh, well, hey man, thanks for coming in, Danny. I appreciate it. You have fun. I always do. Thank you Good. for having me. Yeah. Let's not forget Moto Extreme 360. Yep, Fantasy Supercross. Check it out. It's Tormley Khan. We're giving away a little 110. Having some fun. Um, love the sport. Anytime we can play games, I make them up. I love you guys. Do a draft and. Uh, if we're going to do it with football, why not do it with Samoto? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, no, ex- it's good to have you here. Uh, like I said, you're a big fan of the sport, so it's always great to – and you were a great champion too. So it's cool to have you be so good on the bike in your in your career and then be so into it now off the bike. So yeah, no, I appreciate it. It's a it. rare combination, right? You know, we go yeah. back, like you said, 96 when you're working at, at the Yamaha Extreme Team. I'm yeah. at Great Western. FMF, you're working for parts. I'm working for Smith. We're standing next to each other at Boost talking. That's when you're doing observations. And yeah. uh, thank you for doing it. Congratulations to what you've accomplished in this whole media empire you got going on. Uh, I enjoy following you. I don't listen to any podcast. I don't take it personal. Yeah, yeah, no. I'm but uh, yeah. it's okay. awesome. And, and, yeah. and the sport is such a great time, you know, that that's what makes the stories hearing from Ricky and those Wardy. We didn't hear those back yeah. then. You yeah. know, like all we had is the cycle news and maybe the occasional yeah. supercross. Didn't and, really know much going on. You yeah. know, so to have this ability, fans should just be loving the fact that they instead of complaining about five ninety nine for Peacock, embrace five hours of live racing every weekend and yeah. and, and, and reality TV from Bravo. And you're going to be, uh, maybe we'll get you back in. You're in Phoenix for another little while, so maybe we'll get you back out. Yeah, yeah that'd be great. I think I'm, I'm definitely going to be at Dallas um, going down for, for Demuse uh, Memorial Okay, and um, maybe Nashville or something. And, and maybe do some stuff with viral, maybe hit up some of the East Coast rounds. So rent the Denny? Well, I'm trying to get a redemption out there in okay. Seattle from oh uh from Moser oh and boy. uh and those guys. So I, it's always a joke, but uh anytime I'd love to come out and yeah. be a part of it and talk stories because once the season starts, yeah. The stories they they, they, they kind of feed themselves. They so. really do. Yeah. Uh so yeah, thank you for coming in. Great job tonight. Thank Appreciate you for the it. sushi. Your home is beautiful. It's just an average house. It's beautiful. It's cool, man. Average house. Yeah. Um, you earned it. You worked hard for it. Thanks to Swisscore. Thanks to Pookie, of course. Uh, Marks, thank you. My pleasure. Talon, Taylor, thanks, buddy. I want to thank, thank Travis you. Great show. for being a third-rate media guy. <laughs> oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> just trying to stay true to my uh, core there. <laughs> had to, had, hey, congratulations on your fantasy football title, brother. I had thank to you. drop that before thank we you. went, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, thanks, everybody, for listening. I really appreciate it. Anaheim won next Monday. Uh, Daniel Blair's in studio. And we are going to talk. Anaheim won. So that's really cool to have some racing to talk about because uh, it's been a long off season for all of us. I, I don't think you're going to – there's not enough time to cover what goes on at Anaheim, especially no. last year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be nuts. Awesome. And, it, so, and no rain. Yeah, looks good. The weather yeah. forecast looks fine. Uh, thanks to Jeff Ward and Rick Johnson and Tim Ferry. And, of course, again, thank you, Denny Stevenson. I'm Steve Mathis. See you next week. I'm not stupid, dude. There's something I want to get off my chest. And it's about that summer when you went away to community college. I got an offer to do Playgirl magazine. And I did it. I did a full spread for Playgirl magazine. I, I mean spread, man. I pulled my butt apart and stuff. And I was totally nude. And it was weird. I, I mean, you probably didn't hear about it because I went under the name of Mike Honcho. But I just wanted you to know that. You could hear me if it got into your brain somehow that I spread my butt cheeks as Mike Honcho.
sword inside your flame. 